ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mask, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their Kung Fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly Kung Fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of Kung Fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of Kung Fu justice. Five new Kung Fu killing techniques. The whipping triple-jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stake, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的。Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走，后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋一成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。
雪星，漫长路快要走过。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界。有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟噶，我哥系产就唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手啊，即刻转翻转头Consult your listings. One of the ten best films of the year, a high octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. A 
outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance, rated R, starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. What do you want me to do? All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. dogs before pulp fiction the original men in black shook the world of action cinema in the original a better tomorrow Proudly presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Wu and Troy Hawk take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. A better tomorrow, too.
the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. That enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. That's a bunch of gobbledygook. Peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a scream fire. Like we can't see who lit it. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these federal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these federal protectors they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me when will it end? All right, welcome to the show. I am the hard bastard, and uh, I'm back home now, so we should be uh, pretty much back to normal. Um, Slight change, we're streaming a full new stream tonight, and it's Sunday, and I think I'll be streaming tomorrow, and then I think the next stream after that will be Thursday, but I'll keep you posted. But uh, we should pretty much be uh, back to normal. So we're going to start here with um, the Supreme Court agreeing to re review the decision from the AIDS commie um, Colorado State Supreme Court in regards to removing Trump from the ballot. The U.S. Supreme Court agreed Friday to review Colorado's unprecedented decision to remove Donald Trump from the primary ballot. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled 4-3 last month that Trump could not appear on the ballot, citing the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment, totally retarded and made up. Trump filed an appeal on Wednesday asking the Supreme Court to overturn the state's ruling and the court agreed to look at the case. Uh, per the justice's orders, the case will move quickly with oral arguments scheduled to start on February 8th, according to The Hill. The high court's decision will likely affect other states across the nation as Trump was also removed from the primary ballot in Maine, and groups of voters in Illinois and Massachusetts are seeking to remove Trump from the ballot. The former president has also appealed the decision of Maine's cat piss secretary of state, Sheena Bellows removing him from the state's 2024 presidential primary ballot, calling Bellows a biased decision maker. Yeah, and she's a fucking whore. Uh, the, the secretary should have recused herself due to her bias against President Trump and demonstrated by a documented history of prior statements prejudging the issue presented, Trump's lawyers argued. Both the Colorado Supreme Court and Maine Secretary of State's decision were put on hold pending Trump's appeals meaning the former president's name remains on each state's ballot for now. So we'll see what the result is. Um, I do think there's a definite chance the Supreme Court does not allow the Democrats to get away with this fuckery, but I don't trust any of these institutions, so who the fuck knows what's going to happen. 
All right, so it looks like the uh, strategy for the 2024 election is uh, is a lot clearer now. It's not surprising, but Joe Biden is going to try to treat every person who doesn't vote for him as a terrorist. Um, the pedophile president celebrates hundreds of prison sentences for Trump supporters three years after the mostly peaceful protests at the Capitol on January 6th. The pedophile president, Joe Biden, celebrated the prosecution of hundreds of his chief political rival supporters Friday, nearly three years after the January 6th mostly peaceful protests at the Capitol. Biden appeared before a crowd in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, near Valley Forge on Friday afternoon to address the mostly peaceful protests on the 6th. The uh, piece of shit fucker said, and I quote, Since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol, and nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. And again, most of these people did not engage in any violence. So this is the absolute worst political persecution in American history, at least that I can think of. Maybe you can think of something else. But this is literally rounding up and imprisoning your political opponents uh, and the voters, and it's going to get worse, and we'll get into that. Um, so uh, the pedophile continued, What's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these insurrectionist patriots, and he promises to pardon them if he returns to office. Trump said that there was a lot of love on January 6th. The rest of the nation, including law enforcement, saw a lot of hate and violence. Bullshit. Immediately following the mostly peaceful protests, the FBI began a years-long investigation into those who were present or participated in the massive demonstration on Capitol Hill as Congress met to vote on certification of the 2020 election. Since then, the Department of Justice has charged 452 people with assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees, which includes 123 people who have been charged with using a deadly or dangerous weapon or causing serious bodily injury to an officer. The vast majority of charges, 1,186, are for entering or remaining in a restricted federal building or grounds. Some who weren't even present at the Capitol on January 6 have since been sentenced. Former Proud Boys chairman Enrique Tarrio was sentenced to 22 years in prison uh, and was found guilty of serious conspiracy because he tweeted the words, don't leave. That's amazing. Trump also faces federal charges in a case related to January 6th as an indictment unsealed by crackhead special prosecutor deranged Jack Smith. He leveled four counts at the former president. Um, Trump posted on Truth Social, I hear that deranged Jack Smith, in order to interfere with the election, will be putting out yet another fake indictment of your favorite president at 5 p.m. Uh, why do they do this two, Why didn't they do this two and a half years ago? Why did they wait so long? Because they want to put it right in the middle of my campaign. Prosecutorial misconduct. In his speech on Friday, the pedophile president also painted a grim picture of his political rival and what the 2024 election means for the future of America. He said, whether democracy is still America's sacred cause is what the 2024 election is all about. The choice is clear. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past, not the future. He's willing to sacrifice our democracy to put himself in power. Total projection. Our campaign is different. No, your campaign is worse. You're the worst. You are the absolute worst. Um, 
So now one of the Department of Justice bold homosexual pedophiles came out and did a press conference on how they're now coming after people who did not go into the Capitol. And so this is obviously going to expand to people who commented on social media in a way that they didn't like. So you can see 2024 is going to be the year of locking up as many Trump supporters as possible over non-crimes. Uh, Biden's DOJ suggests prosecution for January 6ers who never went into the Capitol. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, who belongs in prison, has suggested that those who were at the Capitol on January 6th and did not go into the building can be prosecuted. Graves said that protesters, if they weren't, if they were on restricted grounds, and remember, and Revolver had this, I think it was years ago, frankly, they, what they did is they made almost all of the public areas where people normally go for that day they made it restricted and they didn't tell anybody or in some instances they might have had a a sign but then those signs were removed so people had no idea it was an absolute huge entrapment and that's not just about letting people into the capital if you were there at all i think you're 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 at risk here and i also think if you commentated in a way that they don't like, they also you're probably also at risk. So this is thousands and thousands, actually this is hundreds of thousands of American citizens that they could, they obviously can't arrest everybody, but um, they're going to arrest as many as they can. So the pedophile said we, this is a different pedophile, the, the, the Biden regime is infested with pedophiles. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. He then suggested others who went on the grounds themselves could be prosecuted. Jack Pasebic posted online about the comment saying he's talking about the public lawn at the Capitol. This is how insane these people are. Oh, they're even crazier than that. This, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning salvo. Wait till they arrest the commentators. That's going to be some next level shit. Graves' press conference comes after three years since the incident and lasted for about an hour. So, yeah, this is going to be absolutely fucking insane what they do. Um, now we have the uh, Colorado Secretary of State. You know, she has those shit stained teeth. You know, what I'm talking about crazy eyes and uh, shit stained teeth. Um, I don't know why she's eat, her teeth are like that, but they're just uh, it's a hell of a thing right there. Colorado Secretary of State says Trump will stay on the ballot after the Supreme Court agreed to hear the appeal. Um, I, I think it's, it can be argued that part of this, the way it was written, was uh, strategical. Like um, they knew Trump would appeal and that would put them on the ballot. And then they're going because they know the Supreme Court. It, it's probably the Supreme Court's not going to rule the way the Democrats want. And they're already talking in a way where if the Supreme Court doesn't obey them, then they're going to allow Biden to do whatever he wants, including not leave the White House or whoever the Democrat is that replaces Biden because uh, he's on his last legs. Um, this is interesting. The Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration's attempt to force Idaho ER doctors to perform abortions. So one of the things that these AIDS commies want to make sure 
that you you are forced to do they want to make sure you're forced to if you're like a doctor or in the medical field you're forced to partake in their killing of babies and also and we'll get into the kim reynolds stuff they want to try to make as many people as possible they want to force as many people as possible to somehow partake in like homosexuality uh, whether it be sodomy itself, whether it be having to, to uh, do a marriage certificate, bake a cock cake, whatever it is. They want you to be forced to do something to show approval to homosexuality. It's their religion. It's really a hell of a thing. Anyway, the Supreme Court on Friday allowed Idaho's law banning abortions except to save the life of a mother to go into effect amid a challenge from the pro-abortion Biden regime. The high court also agreed to hear the case in April, which surrounds the Biden regime's attempt to require emergency room doctors to perform abortions under a new interpretation of the EMTALA. After the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which had invented a constitutional right to abortion, um, the Department of Health and Human Services issued guidance claiming that the EMTALA requires doctors to perform abortions on patients in emergency rooms when it is the stabilizing treatment necessary to help in a medical emergency. Under the guidance, hospitals not in compliance could lose funding. After HHS issued its guidance, the Biden administration sued the state of Idaho over its pro-life law, alleging that it is not in compliance with the federal government's reading of EMTALA. A district court blocked the state's pro-life law, in order which the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit stayed. But within days, the NBank Ninth Circuit vacated its panel stay opinion and granted NBank review. The state of Idaho then appealed the decision to the Supreme Court. Idaho is arguing that Congress did not write the EMTALA to require emergency room physicians to perform abortions. Instead, the state is arguing the law's original intent was to prevent patient dumping when hospitals refuse to treat patients who are unable to pay for emergency services. The law was written by Congress, ex explicitly requires hospitals to provide stabilizing care for both pregnant women and their unborn babies in emergencies regardless of whether they're able to pay for ser services and makes no mention of abortion. The United States is arguing that the pro-life law in Idaho, which makes it a felony for a doctor to, to perform an abortion unless it's necessary to prevent her death, is narrower than the reading of the EMTALA. It should be noted that Idaho does not consider removal of a miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy as an elective abortion. They, of course, they lie about that all the time. Um, so we'll see what happens here. Uh, hopefully the Biden regime doesn't get their way, but uh, it's it's a hell of a thing to watch. All right, so this is interesting. Uh, Donald Trump on Jack Smith, I think he feels like he's losing politically. Former President Trump told Breitbart exclusively he feels like he's winning the war for public opinion against crackhead deranged special counsel Jack Smith. That's, tr that's true. The, the polling shows that. And he believes a flurrying of filings Smith had made in recent weeks in the cases against him demonstrates that Smith thinks he's losing the war with Trump. I think this is why they're threatening to lock up as many Trump supporters as possible who don't obey the Democrats. I think Smith feels like he's losing uh, politically because I'm leading everybody by a lot. I think I'd be leading anyway, but I wouldn't be leading by this much. People are really angry about the weaponization, about the political opponent, uh, about a really dumb person taking the Justice Department. It's really easy to figure out because so many other countries do it, but they're all third world countries and they're banana republics, but people are angry about it. They don't like seeing where someone would use the FBI and the DOJ and everything to go after a political opponent. This is the most weaponized country. We're not respected. 
Joe Biden is not respected. Our country is not respected. What this guy has done in this country in three years is unbelievable. You know, I have a saying, I make it in a lot of speeches, where I say, if you add up the 10 worst presidents in the history of our country, all of them, the 10 worst, you can add them all up. They haven't done the damage that Joe Biden has done to our country. I think that's true. Um, he also said that Smith was straight out of central casting. Trump on Thursday formally moved to ask the court to hold Smith in contempt because he continues to make filings despite a stay on proceedings. That, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, and the case which was supposed to start in March has been stayed, so we'll see what happens uh, uh, with that. So, yeah, uh, crazy. Here is uh, John Nolte from Breitbart. Fascists seek to remove Donald Trump from Illinois and Massachusetts ballots. Left-wing fascists in Illinois and Massachusetts filed petitions to have Donald Trump removed from the 2024 ballot. Groups of voters from Illinois to Massachusetts on Thursday filed motions to remove Trump from the ballot, reports far-left CNN, adding to the list of states where the former president faces a challenge to his candidacy under the 14th Amendment. My favorite part of the CNN report is this. The party affiliation of voters, if any, was not listed. It doesn't even matter. Because the, they had Republicans in, in, in Colorado, but these, these are not actual Republicans. Well, there's nothing liberal about removing the choice of the voters when the candidate's been convicted of nothing. Forget the fact that the charges themselves are a joke. Trump is innocent until proven guilty. That's how America's supposed to work. The rationale for these so-called liberals only proves that they are, in fact, fascists. The incessant whining about the mostly peaceful January 6th protest against voter fraud is straight up pathetic as well as desperate. Not that any of that, that is accurate, but on what planet is not expressing regret or not apologizing a crime? Already left-wing fascists in Colorado and Maine have removed Trump from their respective ballots. Fascists in Oregon are in the process of doing the same. Fascist attempts in Minnesota and Michigan failed after judicial review. This is who Democrats are and what they, uh, what they show us who they are. We must believe them. They are the same Democrats who started a civil war instead of freeing their slaves. They are the same Democrats who applauded, defended, and encouraged the George Fentanyl Floyd riots in 2020 who seek to appease trans loons through the permanent mutilation of your children, who support grooming and queering elementary school kids, and who have flooded the country with millions of unvetted illegal aliens to replace the Americans who refuse to vote Democrat. And now, after four years of lecturing us about democracy, here the fascists are going full banana republic and using the legal system to remove the choice of more than 74.2 million Americans. Oh, and while Democrats and their corporate media allies target our kids for destruction, gin up horrific riots, bury us in unvetted illegals, and abuse the legal system to manufacture crimes that disenfranchise almost 80 million Americans, they also want to disarm us. This is not a drill. Uh, no, it's not. It's crazy. But um, we'll see what the Supreme Court says. Uh, black Chicagoans vowing to make Chicago red as migrant crisis roils the w Windy City. This is interesting. Black Chicagoans are increasing their calls to turn Chicago red in the upcoming election in response to the growing border crisis that has flooded their neighborhoods with illegal aliens at the behest of welcoming Mayor Brandon Johnson. Windy City residents Kata Truss and Mark Carter appeared on Fox and Friends on January 5th with the vow to vote for Republicans in 2024 after the massive failure of Mayor Johnson and the city uh, council to deal with the influx of the Zerg. 
The Democrat Party has always neglected to pay attention to the black community, they said. That is traditional, and because we have been so committed to supporting that party, they feel they continue. They can continue to disrespect us, to marginalize, marginalize us and not hear our voices. Trust went on the slam Johnson, who only took office last May, for his obsession with sanctuary policies. If the Democratic Party is not going to listen, if they're not going to stand up for the people that have supported the party, then it's time for us to make a change. The Republican Party is not spotless, but we do need to say at this point it's time to do something different. Truss also warned her fellow citizens that you can't, can't keep doing the same old thing and expecting a different outcome, and that she concluded that's why it's important for the citizens of Chicago to turn Chicago red. According to officials, almost 30,000 illegals have been sent to Chicago since August of 2022, and the Chicago mayor has shifted $138 million to the illegals. For his part, Mark Carter accused Mayor Johnson and City Council of trying to do away with black voters, and so we're going to do away with them. It took a while for people to cozy up and warm to Donald Trump. I hear his message the first time. I understand the Democratic Party had done just that, done away with our humility, and so I'm one of the ones who was already Team Trump a long time ago, Carter said. I knew he would push that immigration plan to push these people back into the country and close the border, and Joe Biden did the exact opposite. Um, Carter recently went on Twitter to complain about one of the many huge hordes of the Zerg that they're just letting flood into the country. Carter and Truss are not lone voices in the Chicago neighborhood. The Turn Chicago Red sentiment has been growing among many black activists of all ideologies as they react to the growing efforts of Mayor Johnson to delude their neighborhoods of resources that are then redirected or uh, to support free housing, education, health care, and food for illegals. In November, a group of black Chicagoans held a rally on the south side, torching the city government for taking resources away from them and giving it all to illegal aliens. The group also pledged to vote Democrats out of office. One speaker slammed her elected officials, telling the city council, we support the candidacy of Republicans, independents, and Democrats who oppose the sanctuary city. They're not representing us. They are representing everyone but us in illegal immigration and everything else. We voted for you to get you into these positions of power so you can represent our interests. And we've concluded that you're not representing our interests. And we are organized. We're organizing to remove any politicians, black, white, or otherwise, if you're not going to represent the interests of black people in the city of Chicago. Another group of protesters met in City Hall in December and revealed similar sentiments with one woman saying people will no longer vote for machine Democrats and will seek out independents and even Republicans. I have buyer's remorse for any independent candidate in the city of Chicago, any Green Party candidate, any Republican candidate. Now is your time because we're done with the Democrat Party. Carter has been on the attack against Democrats for several years. In 2020, he blasted BLM for being a fraud. Um, and so, okay. We'll see. I have no idea. Uh, it, it is a very bizarre thing to sabotage and to piss off uh, uh, your core constituents in an election year. It makes me think they're going to just uh, try to, like, get the blacks and the illegals to fight each other and then come down really hard on the blacks law enforcement-wise to kind of, like, teach them that, like, the illegals are our people and and you will you will... You will go along with this or we'll crush you. I hope I'm wrong about that, but it just seems weird. Seems like a weird thing to do. I think there's a very nefarious plan in the works. 
Trump's latest move suggests he's making inroads with key Democrat voter blocks. Former President Trump on Wednesday met with Sean O'Brien, president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, indicating the GOP frontrunner is making progress in his efforts to court a traditionally Democratic voting bloc. O'Brien met with the former president in a private meeting to discuss serious issues to improve the lives of workers in the country as Trump continues his 2024 election campaign. The move to meet with Trump is notable, given unions' historical ties to Democrats, a relationship Joe Biden has sought to strengthen, declaring the night before the 2020 election that he would be the most pro-union president you've ever seen, because he gained a lot of support from union and non-union blue-collar workers in the past two elections. It makes sense that O'Brien and union leaders would want to meet with Trump. It's an opportunity to appease some of those workers in terms of optics and possibly a chance to get insight into how Trump appeals to union workers. Maybe he can take a page from his books, from his book in their own tactics with union workers. For instance, Trump flipped typical blue states, Michigan and Wisconsin in the 2016 election and came very close to winning in Minnesota, all states with significant union membership. Unions have in the past been fond of the president with the AFL-CIO which represents 12.5 million workers voting to endorse Biden for the 2024 election in June, according to an announcement from the group. Um, Under Biden, there's been an uptick in union activity, most recently in the middle of 2023, which some have dubbed the summer of strikes. Biden has taken a number of actions to appeal to union workers, including creating a task force to investigate how to increase union membership. Uh, Trump released a video in July attacking Biden's green policies and asked for the UAW to endorse his campaign due to friction between the union and the president about the transition to electric vehicles, which could affect union jobs. He also chose to skip the first GOP presidential debate in September and instead held a rally in Detroit, Michigan. There was also an article about how Trump is going to have rallies and campaign in like blue states, which is interesting. Yeah, do, uh, do as much as you can. Because maybe it it really depends. I, I think it really depends. You have to try. You know the cities like Detroit and Philadelphia, they, they have the cheating on lock, and they're going to stuff as many fucking fraudulent ballots as they can. But if you make it, just make it as hard as possible for them. Because sometimes it doesn't work. Like in Virginia, they couldn't get, they couldn't do it. They tried, they couldn't do it. They almost couldn't do it in Jersey with Phil Murphy, but they, they did, they barely cheated him in. It's the same tactic. They get their one corrupt county, which is very dense, and that county magically stops vo- stops counting the vote, and then they wait for the uh, number that they need, and then they magically come up with it. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work, so we'll see what happens. Uh, consumers are right to think the Biden economy is in bad shape, experts say. Consumers are right to be dissatisfied with the current state of the economy, despite claims of a booming economy from U.S. officials and the media. Consumer sentiment uh, is expected to improve in December following a mid-month reading of 69.7 index points, which is far from the high under Biden of 88.3 in April of 2021, and even further from the 90 to 100 range that was common during Trump's presidency. Politicians and the media have insisted that consumers are wrong to be unenthusiastic about the state of the economy, but experts told the Daily Caller that consumer perceptions are more in line with the state of the uh, uh, true state of the country. It is unfair to outright dismiss consumer sentiment concerns. The misery index 
The sum of unemployment and inflation rates is low, but consumers are backward-looking just as they're forward-looking, simply saying inflation is low now, so consumers should be happy, conflates falling inflation with falling prices. Consumers have already suffered through nearly two years of rising prices, so it's reasonable they feel their standard of living has shrunk since the pandemic. The unemployment rate has remained historically low since it's declined to below four under the Trump administration before spiking and declining following the initial shock of the Ching-Chong AIDS. Um, inflation peaked under Biden at 9.1% in June of 2022 and slowly receded to its current year-over-year 3.1%. Since Biden took office, prices have risen 17.2% in total as of November, with goods like shelter and cars seeing the biggest increases. The return of significant inflation after four decades of relative price stability has left a lot of Americans financially shell-shocked. Watching prices all throughout the economy rise substantially and feeling one's purchasing power wither away in less than a year is a process U.S. citizens aren't familiar with. And although the rate of inflation has come down since surpassing 9% in June of 2022, the general price level is still rising at a higher rate than it has in decades. Even though the rapid ascent of prices has slowed, most Americans' earnings have not kept up. Wages have failed to keep up with sky-high inflation seen under Biden declining 2.1% since he took office. To make up the difference, consumers have turned to credit cards to finance everyday expenses, resulting in the amount of credit card debt being held by Americans, exceeding $1 trillion in 2023 for the first time ever. Despite the struggling state of the American consumer, the pedophile president has continued to push the narrative that Americans are doing great, saying Friday that 2023 was a great year for American workers and pointing to data from December showing they saw 2.7 million new jobs. The jobs were created in 2023 and were heavily concentrated in just a few industries, including the government, which has its total employment reach an all-time high of 23 million in December. Um, the pedophile, or, or no, this is a regular person. Uh, this guy, Earl, says, uh, uh, financial expert, not only is inflation still about 30% higher than it was for roughly 40 years, but interest rates have also risen more quickly than they have in many decades. Credit card interest is at an all-time high. Mortgage rates hasn't, haven't been as high as they are now in well over a decade. Down in monthly payments on cars are twice as high as they were five years ago. Sudden leap in prices and rates has clobbered the personal finances of many U.S. citizens and made them more uncertain than they've ever been about the future. Add that to what's sure to be a contentious election year and a handful of small regional conflicts. There's a lot of optimism out there. Um, the average interest rate for a 30-year mortgage reached a recent peak on October 26th of 7.79%. Interest rates are, feel, are feeling upward pressure from the Fed, uh, which has set ranges to 5.25 and 5.50 since July 2023, the highest point in 22 years. The Fed released its median future projection at the Federal Open Market meeting in December, with members expecting the rate to be lowered to 4.6 by the end of 2024. The likelihood of a recession had one clear economic effect. Americans are increasingly reluctant to change job. Change jobs, the quit rate is down to its lowest level since September 2020, which is a clear sign that uncertainty about the direction of the economy is being met by hanging on to whatever form of financial certainty one can imagine. People are feeling less confident about getting new jobs that pay more than their current ones or about finding a new job, period. The number of people voluntarily quitting their jobs continues to sink in December. 
recession predictions among economists and institutions remain mixed with Deutsche Bank predicting a recession in 2024, while Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase are only predicting a risk of a recession in the new year. Janet Yellen emphasized the health of the economy Friday, saying the U.S. has achieved a soft landing. Again, total bullshit, because you just redefined what a recession is. There was a recession, it was like a year ago. You had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, and they just said, oh, that's not a recession. Also, I don't trust any of these fucking numbers. I think all of the numbers are juiced, and uh, especially like the employment numbers, because then two months later, they'll revise it, and, and then they drastically reduce what the number was. So it's all bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. Um, let's see. One second. Uh, let's talk about... We have another tranny mass shooter. The tra When it comes to um, proportionality... Uh, the trannies are giving the blacks a run for their money when it comes to shooting. That's a hell of a thing right there. That's a hell of a thing right there. Trans mass shooter planning an IED in an Iowa school. Now, the media uh, took a, an interesting tack. Uh, they did two things. One of, uh, one of the things they did, they tried to bury it. But when they didn't bury it and they wrote articles about it, what they argued, and this is the same thing that they always argue, and it's sick, that the reason this lunatic tranny murdered people is because of your refusing to accept the magnificent of the female feminine penis. You have to accept trannies, you have to find them attractive, you have to find them reasonable, and you have to do everything they tell you. And if you don't do that, they're going to fucking kill you and your children. That's the narrative. You can say maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic, but that's pretty much the narrative. The trans or gender-fluid mass shooter who killed one and injured five in his January 4th attack on Perry, Iowa's high school, planted an improvised explosive device in the school to inflict maximum damage against his peers, but the bomb never went off and was rendered safe by the ATF. The tranny died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Good. In one of their rather limited communications with the press, Iowa authorities announced that the tranny... And sometimes gender fluid, I mean, that's a made-up thing. Uh, sometimes I'm a Jedi, like it's just made up. Mass shooter Dylan Butler, who used he-they pronouns, planted an improvised explosive device, commonly known as an IED, inside the high school when he kicked off the rampage that left the sixth grader dead and five others, including the school's principal, injured. As additional officers responded, a systemic search of the school took place. Officers located during a search... Uh, of the school, an improvised explosive device, an official with the Iowa Department of Criminal Investigations told the press from behind the lectern outside the besieged school. The state fire marshal and ATF rendered the device safe. Officers from multiple agencies were able to secure the school. According to additional information provided by local media, the tranny used a pump-action shotgun and small-caliber handgun to carry out the attack. As National File reported on the day of the shooting, corporate media, big tech, and even local law enforcement have all taken steps to obscure the public's view of the story, specifically the tranny lifestyle that the mass shooter adhered to and promoted online. 
The tranny attack on Perry High School is just the latest in a series of mass shootings, sexual assaults, and other crimes by self-proclaimed trannies, including the slaughter of Christian children in a Nashville elementary school, which was targeted by a tranny terrorist whose manifesto expressed the desire to kill those kids and kill those crackers. In the wake of the Nashville attack, several tranny and pro-LGBT influencers and others openly endorsed violence against believers. That's actually fair. I saw that. You see that one picture of this obvious man who was like, oh, you know, he's pretending to be a woman. He's like, I want to kill transphobes and I want to stay. That's okay. I want to throw you out of helicopters. So it's fair. It's fair. That's a fair deal. That's a fair deal. Don't be nice. Don't be nice. Now, I'm, I'm not going to throw you out of a helicopter. I'm just saying I have the desire to throw all commies out of helicopters. I'm not saying that's good and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's what it is. What are you going to do? But it's fair. Don't be nice. Don't so so get make your bed, okay? Make your fucking bed. And so when you say you want to stab us, fantastic because that's fair. That's fair. I think that's fair. Anyway, as long as we're on the same page. In the wake of the Nashville attack, several trans and pro LGBT influencers and others openly endorse violence against uh, believers and anyone else standing in the way of the trans movement's societal takeover and key key here access to your children. That's next level. That's next level. Um, uniting under the threat of trans rights or else over social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they need to stop and they need to not be violent. And if they continue this, then, you know, it is, we're going to see what happens. But it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Right, let's move on here. Uh, we got this uh, base smash here uh, coming out. Um, and you know, it's TPUSA is a joke. Uh, Charlie Kirk is a joke, although Charlie Kirk does say things that are more based than he used to, and it makes me wonder if he's going to get kicked out of TPUSA, although he hasn't said, he hasn't gone as far as other people. Um, but anyway, this woman uh, simply criticized Zionism and magically gets kicked out of TPUSA. Isn't that fascinating? That's a fascinating thing. Christian activist Morgan Ariel gets expelled from Turning Point USA and declares stop Zionism and free America. The conservative activist organization Turning Point USA expelled Christian activist Morgan Ariel from its volunteer ambassador program for defying the values of Turning Point USA. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That, 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 yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. In response, Morgan said, stop Zionism and free America. Ariel also noted that somebody got the call, which is a common expression in the modern dissident right, employed when a person appears to be getting censored or blacklisted for criticizing the Zionist agenda. But Morgan Ariel has a lot of public support, judging by her Twitter page, in the new age of online media. Young people are increasingly calling out Zionist power and hoping that their own countries can be free of Zionist censorship and control. The censorious Twitter account Stop Anti-Semitism recently fagged, excuse me, flagged a statement Ariel made about the Talmud and pedophilia. And in Stop Anti-Semitism tweeted to TPUSA, we trust you'll be breaking your relationship with this vile anti-Semite. Gotta watch out, because you got, you got an anti-Semite, and then you got the vile anti-Semite. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, a vile anti-Semite. TPUSA has long been a Zionist organization 
Through its figurehead, Charlie Kirk has moved ever closer to America First populism ideals. In recent years, the organization appears to remain steadfastly committed to the cause of the Zionist nation of Israel. Hyper-Zionist billionaire Bernie Marcus Foundation reportedly donated more than one and a half million to TPUSA. Um... Morgan Ariel tweeted, The TPUSA media rep who texted me gave me less than an hour and a half to respond to them while I was at work in the middle of the afternoon. I replied to the text referenced in the thread and called them back, but they did not answer my call. I would love to hear what values TPUSA holds. I'm sure my following would love to know as well. I, I think we all know they obey our parents. They obey our parents, and they do whatever our parents uh, tell them to. That's it. It's as simple as that. And this girl... How dare you? She questioned and disobeyed our parents. Oh, how dare you do that? Well, what are you going to do? Anyway, um, here we go. California schools push tranny sex change propaganda films on students. Of course they are. That's what they do. It's fucking crazy. A California school district has developed an extensive lesson plan for students K through 12 surrounding LGBTQ topics with featured films. Some include subjects such as puberty blockers and a child who has two moms and two dads. Hayward Unified School District in the Bay Area is directing teachers to show a variety of films to their students as part of their lesson plan regarding LGBTQ topics. According to the documents, one film that is featured shows and shown to fifth through twelfth graders is called I'm Just an Ecky. The film was created by the Youth and Gender Media Project and directed by Jonathan Skernick. Skernick is also a professor at UCLA and Chapman University. It portrays the life of a 12-year-old girl in which the trailer shows her getting medical treatment to make sure her estrogen level is zero. Oh, so it's a documentary about how an abused child is being destroyed by the uh, adults around her. Mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. As the trailer plays, questions regarding if Ineki is a boy or a girl or somewhere in between appear on the screen. The YGMP on its about page states that part of its mission is to provide educators, families, and youth with videos and curricula about gender expansive youth. That's a made-up thing. That's a completely made-up thing. Gender, queer, gender fluid, all completely made up and insane. Uh, part of YGMP's catalog includes creating gender-inclusive schools, which is a short documentary on how the Peralta Elementary School in Oakland brought in an LGBT organization to train teachers to have open and honest conversations about gender. Preposterous. This should all be banned. And these people should be buried under a jail. Another film called That's a Family, directed at kindergarten through sixth grade, uh, has a 50 diverse families and explain subjects such as families with divorced as well as gay and lesbian parents. Although it's not explained what the family relationship's like in the trailer, one child appears on screen saying, my two moms are Marilyn and Adrian. My two dads are Michael and uh, Barry. Yeah, well, I don't care, kid. Shut the fuck up. No one cares. Deborah Chasnoff and Helen Cohen were the makers of That's Just the Family and other films made for LGBTQ issues in grade schools. Chasnoff admitted in 97 in an interview that she's been a political activist out of college. In addition, when asked about her film called It's Elementary, taking 
or talking about gay issues in school, Chasnoff advocated for teaching children about the topics at an early age. Another title has featured in its extensive playlist, Gender Matters, Transgender Youth. Again, that's a totally made up thing. Short documentary has five separate stories packed in the film about youth becoming transgender. One of the stories is called Bikini and is a short animated musical about a young boy who takes his mother's swimsuit while she sleeps. The boy leaves his home and then enters a woman's changing room at the beach where he puts it on. He comes out of the changing room to the... Ladies and gentlemen, pedophiles in plain sight. Are you ready for the pedophiles in plain sight propaganda? You ready for this? Amazing. He comes out of the changing room to the adoration of two adult men on the beach obvious pedophiles while the song itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini plays in the background literal fucking pedophile propaganda a larger and more extensive document called lgbtqia history gender and pride in husd educator resources details further lesson plans and topics to teach all about pride month LGBTQ history and pronoun usage. This is a pedophile first movement. There's no question about that. The political movement, the LGBT political movement, rife with pedophiles. It's unbelievable. In plain day, they'll put this shit out there. And then if you don't go along with it, you're a, you're a rabid homophobe. That's fine. I am a rabid homophobe. Fuck these people. Fuck pedophiles. All of them. It's amazing. Well, we're gay. We got to be... Get, no, no, fucking... Everyone gets a helicopter ride. Anyway... Again, safely, humanely, and politically, of course. And also, after a fair trial. I am a hard, fair trial bastard, okay? I love a fair trial. Anyway, this is the least surprising news of the day. Florida teacher recorded dozens of sex videos with eighth-grade student. Man, the, the teachers... So, I was saying before how the trannies are giving the blacks a run for their money when it comes to disproportionality when it comes to shootings. And, and, um, and, man, the teachers are really giving the priests a run for their money when it comes to fucking kids. It's a hell of a thing. Actually, it's way worse. I think it's, 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 uh, it's way worse than the Catholic Church problem. It's unbelievable. A Florida teacher is being federally prosecuted after dozens of sexually explicit videos of her and her former 8th grade student were discovered on his phone. Law enforcement officials said the student's parents found approximately 28 videos of Mary Jo Gordo and their underage son, who was her student in 2019, having sexual intercourse in multiple locations. Court filings revealed that the videos taken between June and September appeared to have been recorded in multiple locations throughout Central Florida, including vehicles and hotel rooms. The Orange County Public School System said that Gordo taught at a charter school but did not spe specify which one. Court records said that not only was she the boy's eighth grade teacher, Gordo was also supposed to be his religious ambassador. The investigation revealed that she had resigned from the unspecified charter school in June before becoming an art teacher at another school. The disgraced educator was originally arrested in October and indicted Wednesday on three counts of sexually exploiting a minor. The teen's victim parents reported their discovery and provided the evidence to the Orange County Sheriff's Office in September, after which detectives found that many of the videos were recorded and sent from what they believe were Gordo's phone. The boy reportedly confirmed the criminal relationship to the Seminole County Sheriff's Office in an interview. Crazy. But not surprising. This is, this is not all teachers, but too many. Too fucking many. And it's glossed over or condoned by AIDS commies. It's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, so here is more just completely insane sentencing of uh, January 6th people. Appeals court holds up disorderly conduct charge for a passive, quiet, and nonviolent January 6th defendant. A federal appeals court upheld a January 6th defendant's disorderly or disruptive conduct conviction on Friday, even though evidence indicated he was neither violent nor destructive while briefly in the Capitol. A three-judge panel wrote in an 18-page ruling that even passive, quiet, and nonviolent conduct can be considered disorderly based on the surrounding circumstances. Um, a, uh, the District Court of Appeals panel also upheld the one-year sentence that AIDS commie Judge Chutkin handed to defendant Russell Alford, who was convicted of four misdemeanors based on his role in January 6th. Um, Judge Karen Henderson said a lone hiker on a mountaintop can sing at the top of his lungs without disturbing a soul. A patron in a library cannot. It is entirely appropriate to clap and cheer when a keynote speaker steps to the podium, but to do so once the room has fallen quiet and has begun to speak would be disruptive. Thus, in determining whether an act is disorderly, the act cannot be divorced from the circumstances in which it takes place. The panel also included a bunch of other AIDS commie judges that all belong in prison. Alfred paints himself as a passive observer and granted his conduct does not rise to the level of culpability of many of his compatriots, but he made a deliberate choice to join the crowd and enter the Capitol when he was plainly not permitted to do so. AIDS commie Judge Chutkin, who first decided Alfred's case is overseeing uh, crackhead deranged Jack Smith's case against Donald Trump for alleged efforts to interfere in the 2020 election. She paused the proceedings in the case in December pending Trump's appeal. So uh, just absolutely sick. And it's going to get worse because they made clear that they are going to go after people who were not inside the Capitol, who were just there. And eventually, it's probably going to be people who tweeted in a way who weren't even in D.C., but tweeted in a way that they don't like. So that's going to be crazy. I hope I'm wrong about that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I believe I am about to present to you, arguably, the greatest name in the history of all names. And I, and I will tell you this. If this kid turns out to be a good player, I will absolutely start watching football again. Okay, now, he, now it's going to be a while because he just joined a college team and he's probably not going to be a superstar, just, just based on the odds. I don't know anything about him other than his name, but based on the odds, it's very difficult to be a superstar. Not like a middling player. I mean a fucking superstar. This person, if this kid turns out to be a superstar, I will buy the jersey. This will be the greatest thing ever. I don't expect that to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, this motherfucker's name is Noah Nigga. And, and, he spelled nigga, K-N-I-G-G-A, which is brilliant because, you know, some of us are looking for ways, because even though Twitter's a lot better than it used to be, it's not perfect. And a lot of people can get uh, uh, suspended for using gamer words. And so those of us that like to use gamer words or those of us that use them in our different uh, religious participation because some people use these words in a religious fashion and to censor them is religious bigotry and censorship but anyway k-n-i-g-g-a i think i'm going to start spelling it like that on twitter from now on k-n-i-g-g-a that's fantastic rising star football recruit noah nigga 
is and I don't care. You, he might be like, no, it's not. I don't care, motherfucker. This is no a nigga. And you know the obvious. I know a nigga. That's obvious. That's obvious. The internet was saying that a million times. It's fucking hilarious. Rising football recruit Noah Nigga is 100% going to get an announcer canceled once he goes gets to college. I think he's white. Is he white? Man, if he was white, this would be... Oh, I, I, I'll take either, but my God, it would make the meme even better. Meet Noah Nigga. Yes, you read that correctly. The college football recruit out of Lawrenceburg High School, Indiana, who also plays foot, basketball and baseball. This applies to any sport. If he makes the pros and becomes good, I will. I, that's my rooting interest right there. That is that is the next. He's the next guy. He's the next guy. I will absolutely root for this this guy. He's being targeted by several universities, with West Virginia, Miami, and James Madison being a few. But the problem for this kid is that all people can do is focus on his name. How could you not know a nigga? Is the K silent? And if so, are we allowed to say it? Does it, you, motherfucker, you're allowed to say whatever you want. Stop allowing people to have power over you. You must break the chains of nigger and faggot. Break the chains. You have to break the chains. You've got to. You've got to. A anyway, you know, because people haven't broken the chains. You can't even, if you say, hey, you know, uh, uh, if you repeat a line from Kindergarten Cop, that, you know, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina, you can get in trouble. That's because people accepted that you can't say nigger or faggot. So you can't, you, you can't give them any words. You can't give them one word. Don't give them anything. Nothing. They get nothing. Commies get nothing. Anyway, does it make a difference that he's white? What are the rules here? Oh, it, he is white. Okay, fantastic. That makes this even better. Hell, it got me so curious, I even hit this dude up on Twitter, bluntly asking how he pronounces his name. No professional journalism, no, hey, how you doing? Just please tell me your damn name. I'll update the piece if I hear anything back. I don't care how he pronounces his name. It's no a nigga. There's no, how are you going to not, you can't, this cannot be delivered to you on a silver platter and you can't take advantage of it. This is like phenomenal. Okay, I don't care. How would you, that doesn't even make sense. Because K-N-I-G-H-T is still night. That's night. What is he going to say? No, it's Kaniga. That's funny, too. I'll take Kaniga. Uh, I'll update the piece if I hear anything back. I kind of hate it for the kid because he's out here killing it. He's got good grades, doing great at sports, possibly a few interested ladies in line for him. My man even got selected to Allstate. Good. Good. That's fucking phenomenal. How does this become your name? This is the greatest thing ever. But if you look at his mentions, it's full of... Oh, the internet's hilarious with this. It's intercepted, and nigga is going to take this one all the way back to the hizza. Or, damn, the nigga got a 4.1 GPA. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, please. Please, one time. One time. One time. Oh, my God. That would be... This would be amazing. So we'll see what happens. You know, like I said... There's plenty of young football players that are really good that make it into college and never make the pros. Making the pros is very difficult. But you never know. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he makes it into the pros. This is phenomenal. Anyway, that's phenomenal. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm getting a little concerned about the uh, flights. Now, I, I don't fly. Fuck flying. I'm not flying under the, the current commie infestation of the country. I'm not flying. Fuck that shit. Um, I'll drive. Uh, uh, but um, 
This is really, uh, this is no good. I'm gonna die. Alaska Airlines makes an emergency landing after a chunk of the plane got blown out. Passengers are recalling a nightmare. Uh, a flight on its way to California that suffered an emergency depressurizing situation when a chunk of the plane's body was blown out. Following an emergency landing, there were no serious injuries, through, though a child near the blown-off portion had to be held down by his mother, and his shirt was sucked out the plane, and his skin was reddened from the fierce wind. That mu I cannot imagine. That's got to be. You, you've got to be... you got to be like, I, this isn't actually happening. How is this happening? This is real? This is like a Twilight Zone episode. I open my eyes up. The first thing I see is an oxygen mask in front of me, said a 22-year-old V. Nguyen. And I look to the left and the wall on the side of the plane is gone. First thing I thought was, I'm going to die. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, holy shit. There were 170 passengers on the flight. One of the passengers posted a video of the incident and suggested it was not the emergency door that was blown off the plane, as some other uh, uh, reports claim. Um, no one's no one was sitting directly next to the blow-off portion which she identifies as the window holy shit yeah i i hope i'm wrong but i think that there's just going to be more incidents with airplanes because they are not they're they're just they're filling they're just filling all of these institutions and businesses and corporations with people who don't qualify for the job and they're doing it based on race, not based on whether you can actually do the job. And that includes pilots. So there's going to be some dumb bitches that crash a plane. I think it's going to, I think it's inevitable. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's inevitable. And I'll be like, oh, how did this happen? Well, you need to hire people based on their qualifications and not skin color. This is basic shit. You know, of course, you just want to hire white people, then we're not going to have a problem. Anyway, safety is our top priority, and we deeply regret this impact that this event had on our customers and their passengers. We agree with and fully support the FAA's decision to require immediate inspections. So we'll see. Now, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not in any way proven that this was like, you know, some stupid employee or something. It could have been a freak accident. Who knows? We'll have to see. That's no good, though. So, I saw this a um, couple days ago, and, I, and I'm like, oh, this has got to be old. I'm like, Kim Davis. I'm like, that shit was from, I thought this was like 20 years ago. It was, it was 2015. That's, in, that's like, what, six years ago? 2015? No, that, hold on, 2015 to 2020 is five, six, seven, eight, like nine, nine-ish years ago. Um, they're still fucking with Kim Davis. They are still fucking with Kim Davis. Kim Davis fighting back after order to pay $100,000 to a, a, a homosexual couple could end at SCOTUS. It could end up at SCOTUS. I hope it ends up at SCOTUS. This is fucking crazy. There absolutely needs to be, what did they call it with JW's religious accommodation? You've got to have religious accommodations. I know about religious accommodations because when I was in the JW's, we had to get all sorts of religious accommodations in school. You weren't allowed to celebrate fucking anything, okay? You you if you worked at I don't know if it's like this now, but if you worked at Wawa or Seven Eleven, you were not allowed to sell cigarettes to people. Um, now, granted, I think a lot of JWs they just fucking sold the cigarettes and didn't say anything, but some of them, you know, they took it serious. It just it really depended. Um, 
as long as there's another person there, then it's fine. Now, I've seen religious accommodations that I'll call bullshit on. For example, there was, you might remember a few years ago, it was in the UK, there was a store and the only person that could do checkout was a Muslim and they were like, well, no one's allowed to buy alcohol. Well, that's fucking ridiculous because now you're forcing your religious beliefs on everyone else and that's fucking bullshit. Okay, you got to make sure, but as long as there's another person there, that's fine. With Kim Davis, there were plenty of other people that can sign the marriage certificates. This is a total non-issue. But, of course, we are in the world where homosexuals, LGBT, political homosexuals, I have no problem with normal homosexuals that are against this. I have no problem with them. Some people might have a problem with them, and you can take it up with those people. I, I don't have an issue. Okay. But I'm talking about the political wing of the homosexuals who are lunatics, and they want to force you to participate in their homosexuality, and they want to make sure specifically Christians, because they don't really fuck with the Muslims. A little bit, but not, but not that much in America. They specifically want to make sure that Christians renounce their beliefs. Now, look, it's one thing. Like, I don't believe in, in hell, but I think it's fucked up to try. Because I think Kim Reynolds, if I had to guess, I think Kim Reynolds believes that if she signs one of these things, that it's going to be a violation of her religion, and it could have her end up in hell. Now, I don't care if you believe in hell. But it is sick to force a person to, 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 uh, to disobey their religious beliefs, unless it was something crazy, you know. But this is not crazy, because there's other people. The homosexuals are not in any way inconvenienced here. And, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. They must force Christians to defy their religious beliefs. It's unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. So anyway, it would be great if this went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has done some good in regards to this kind of shit. So we'll have to see. Um, but this is why all this shit has to be reversed because it's completely out of control. No one signed up for this. I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for you marry who you want and we all leave each other alone. That's what I signed up for. Well, that's clearly not the deal. So we have no deal then. Okay, you can't, you can't make a deal and then change the deal. Okay, you changed the deal. Now we have no deal. Okay, and, and, and we'll see what happens. The legal team for former Kentucky clerk Kim Davis say they're fighting back following a controversial ruling against Davis and even suggested the case could end up going to the Supreme Court. I hope it does. Davis in 2015 refused to hand out marriage license to a bunch of homosexuals, a, 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 a ridiculous homosexual couple, David Emerald and David Moore. That's a lot of Davids. You got David Pakman. What's going on there? Why are all the homosexuals named David? It's weird. <clears throat> After the pair walked into the run, not all the homosexuals are named David. Just David's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm just, it's a meme. Anyway, last week, Davis was ordered to pay almost a quarter of a million dollars in attorney's fees to the couple's lawyers on top of the 100000 she already ordered to pay the couple directly. How about we put the couple in prison? That's what I'd like to do. I think you should go to jail for fucking with people. How about that? Stop fucking with people, okay? Stop fucking with people. There were other people that would have signed your license, okay? And now now you're, you're trying to oppress someone. So now you go to jail. How about that? I think you should go to jail. Um... 
The plaintiffs in the case are part of a larger agenda that are intent on punishing people of faith who hold the values that marriage is the union of a man and a woman, said Liberty Council founder and chairman Matt Starver. While it appears at this stage that they've been able to succeed, this case now is set up that it could possibly be the undoing of Obervel v. Hodges. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, that would almost be sexual. It wouldn't be sexual because that would be weird, but almost. Could you imagine? Like, you saw how they flipped out over Roe v. Wade. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. This would be... And can you imagine the internet and the memes if this were to happen? This would be, that would be up there with like a Trump election win. That would be, oh, oh my God. Because LGBT is their religion. That's their religion. Now, abortion is a close second. I don't know. Abortion, actually, I don't know. That's a tough one. Abort, killing babies and sodomy are like right up there. Those are like probably 1A and 1B for, for AIDS commies. But my God, that would be the most satisfying. Holy shit. The salt would be incredible. The legal team will argue in the appeals that Davis could not bring herself to violate her deeply held Christian beliefs and was entitled to a religious accommodation under the First Amendment. Yeah, listen, listen. If you, if we're not going to live and let live, then we need to be in control as much as possible and uh, and marginalize any person that opposes us. Because if we don't, they're going to marginalize us. Now, I'd rather not live in that society. I'd rather live in the live and let live society, meaning homosexuals can get married and do whatever you want, and you're not going to fuck with people like Kim Reynolds, and you're not going to fuck with churches, and you're not going to, obviously, you're not going to fuck with people's kids, but if, you, but if you've chosen not to go that route, then we're going to go to war, and we'll see what happens. I'd rather not do that, but... What other choice do you have? You just take it in the ass? I would rather not. I'm not doing that. Anyway. Um, clerks in Kentucky were provided conscious opt-outs for hunting and fishing licenses, Starver said. Kim Davis wanted a conscious opt-out for same-sex marriage licenses. A a absolutely. At the time, then-Governor Andy Bashir, an AIDS commie Democrat, doled out an exemption for his attorney general who said he could not defend the state's marriage amendment. Davis was not awarded one, however, and spent days in jail. They put her in jail. Karma dictates you go to jail, homo. How about that? How about you go to jail for fucking with this woman? Not every gay. I'm talking about the specific couple that are fucking with Kim Davis. They belong in prison for fucking with her. They put this woman in jail. That is so unacceptable there should be there cannot be tolerance for that that is crazy that's fucking crazy it's just like if a jehovah's witness tried to send uh people to jail for celebrating halloween that's fucking crazy shit that's crazy that's muslim country shit we're like a muslim country but it's run by homosexuals and it's a different religion it doesn't have muhammad it doesn't have uh uh, uh allah it's just you know it's fucking harvey milk and 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 uh, and uh, Dylan Mulvaney. It's really this is this is a nightmare. This is a fucking nightmare. Anyway, um, despite the legal team's outlook, some conservatives don't believe Oberfell v. Hodges will be overturned. Ted Cruz, who sucks, for example, said in 2022 the decision was clearly wrong, but he does not believe the high court has any appetite to review the case. He added it would be chaotic to disrupt such unions and occurred in accordance with the law. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, if you're going to send people to jail over this, then it has to all be undone. That's it. 
Oberfeld, like Roe v. Wade, ignored two centuries of our nation's history. Marriage was always an issue that was left to the states. We saw states before Oberfeld. Some states were moving to allow it. Other states were moving to allow civil partnerships. There were different standards in the states that they were adopting. In Dobbs v. Jackson, what the Supreme Court said is Roe is different because it's the only one of the cases that involved the taking of a human life, and that's qualitatively different than Oberfeld Cruz said. Well, they're putting people in jail, so I... I, I it's not quite the same, but it's still egregious. All right, let's see. This is, <laughs> you know, listen. Uh, I, I would think your goal, if you're a Zionist, because you're taking a lot of L's right now. You're taking L's at a level that I've never seen before. Public, you know, like uh, publicity L's and public sentiment optics. You're just taking L after L. I think the last thing you would want is to just make the memes as real as they can get. You know, wouldn't you want to avoid the memes? What's the, what's one of the most popular uh, Zionist memes on the internet? Shut it down. <laughs> Listen to this. This first of all, this headline is phenomenal. This is a great headline. Quote. I'm quoting. I support Hamas, you fucking Jew. Girls basketball game shut down over anti-Semitic slurs and rough play. Now, 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 listen, listen, listen. Okay, is this mean? You know, like calling someone a fucking Jew, that's mean. Okay, I'll give you that. That's mean. Um, you're going to shut down the whole game? What are you doing? What are you doing? Can you imagine how many times people were called... Fucking Jews, fucking Wops, fucking Polacks, fucking everything. In middle school and high school, do you know, the, everything would have been shut down if this was the standard. I mean, everything. The lunch table would have been shut down. Every basketball game would have been shut down. Oh my God, this is crazy. This is crazy. But there you go. This is where we are. A New York City girls' high school basketball game came to an abrupt halt on Thursday after players on one team verbally attacked their Jewish opponents using anti-Semitic slurs. Yeah, what else? You're telling... There's no way this has never happened in a basketball game before. By the way, you might be like, oh, what, what were they playing a team of Trump supporters? No, of course not. They were playing a team of blacks. This is amazing. And playing so rough that several players were injured on the court. Okay, well, look, it... it use the rules... Call the foul. If it's extra rough, call a technical foul. Eject the player if you have to. But don't shut the whole goddamn game down. Oh, my God. The girls of our city team from the LaFell School, a private Jewish school, traveled to Yonkers to play against the local public school, the Roosevelt High School. But when they took the court, players said that they encountered more hateful comments and slurs than they ever had before. Throughout the first half of the game against Roosevelt High School in Yonkers, there was somewhat of a hostile environment with substantially more jabs and comments thrown at the players on our team than what I've experienced in the past. Despite this, our team chose to let their aggressiveness fuel us going into the second half. Yeah, that's what normal people do. Okay, that's, that's what uh, uh, you have to do. You have no choice because it's insane to shut down a basketball game over words. Now, there are rules if the referees... You know, there are rules within the game that if you do say certain things, you could get a technical foul. And two technical fouls, they probably do it the same as in the NBA, two technical fouls and you're out of the game. You know, if a player, for example, in the NBA, even back in the day, even like not during this pussy time now, fuck the, the NBA now, it's a league 
filled with AIDS faggots and pussies. I'm not interested in it. But back in the day when men actually played, if if, uh, Charles Barkley, for example, said to a referee, you know, go fuck yourself, I'm going to go fuck your mom, the referee would probably give him a technical foul, and if he said it again, they would eject him from the game. So I'm not saying that, like, referees or anyone should be, should tolerate, like, things that are over the line. There, there are already rules in place. The, but the last thing that you should do is shut down the goddamn game. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, yeah, use it to fuel your play. That, there's many examples of this. Michael Jordan did this all the time. In Washington, before they renamed the Bullets the Wizards, the Washington Bullets, especially considering it was Washington, D.C., that's one of the greatest team names of all time. It's very accurate, the Washington Bullets. And then they decided to be bitches, and they changed it to the Washington Wizards, which is totally gay. Anyway, during the time when they were the Bullets, and the Bullets weren't that good, and Michael Jordan would come to town, and there was a guy, I think he was baseline, there was a fan who, I, I, th- I think there's like a documentary about this guy. This guy was so obscene and profane in his shit-talking, the Michael Jordan. And what did Jordan do? He used it and he would drop like 55 points. And that's it. That's what he did. And, and then everyone went home. Okay? Because the world wasn't filled with pussies back then like it is now. Anyway, it's really just, uh, it's a hell of a thing. So... Th- It looks like these people first had the the idea to let their aggressiveness fuel us going into the second half as we continued to play passionately. Okay, so far, so good. Bosworth said the situation got much worse after halftime, however, noting that by the third quarter, some of her teammates had been injured because of how roughly Roosevelt was playing. Okay, well, that's up. So you have beef with the officials. Maybe they're not calling the game correctly. Now, are they real injuries or is there a lot of fucking... You know, is this is this made up? I have no idea. I need to see the game, and I'm not watching women's basketball, so it is what it is. Members of our team started to get injured from the other team's physical style of play. At the end of the quarter, players on the opposing team started shouting "Free Palestine" and other anti-Semitic slurs and curses at us. See, here's here's the problem here. Free Palestine. That's a fascinating argument that. Free Palestine on its own is anti-Semitic. Again, I don't believe in any of this anti-Semitism, racism. It's all bullshit. Um, But why wouldn't... Like, here's the thing. If you say to me, what's an anti-Semitic slur? Like, again, I don't believe in the concept, but, but, you know, for the sake of argument, if you said, hey, HB, give an example of an anti-Semitic slur, I would say, well, if you called someone a fucking kike, that would be an anti-Semitic slur. Wouldn't you think, though, if they were calling these girls kikes... That they would put that in there first, because that's pretty much that's the that's you know that's like the Jewish it's like it's like the Jewish nigger that's the that's it's like the number one thing, it's the number one offensive thing. So if they were calling them kikes, wouldn't they put that as number one? But no, instead they go free Palestine and other anti-Semitic slurs. Well, what are the other anti-Semitic slurs? What like you're good with money? I don't know. Like what what's the anti-Semitic slur? There's a lot of Jews in banking. What they were like? Hey, there's a lot of Jews in banking. Oh my God, I, I'm gonna miss my free throws. I can't believe it. Oh. Anyway, attacking a team because of their school's religious association is never acceptable. Okay, that's fine. But then talk shit back. They're black. There's a million things you could say. But you're not gonna say anything. This is all bullshit. You should just go back and be like, all right, go back to the jungle. You say, you know how many things you could come up with? Anyway, now they're not gonna do that. They're gonna go. Oh. But especially due to the current war in Israel, 
and the world's rise in anti-Semitism, this felt extremely personal to me and many members of my team. Suck it up, Buttercup. Suck it up and play the goddamn game. I've played a sport every athletic season throughout my high school career, and I have never experienced this kind of hatred directed at one of my teams before. The players consulted with coach John Testori and determined that the best course of action was to leave the game. That's insane. That's insane. Which they did, but only after security guards ensured that they could exit the venue safely. LaFell's head of school said the Roosevelt High School athletic director had already offered an apology, promising swift and appropriate action on the matter. Roosevelt's principal also apologized and was ready to work alongside the LaFell School to investigate and resolve the situation. It's very possible a lot of this is made up. I don't know. I don't know. And, and look, if they were actually doing this, there are things you can do. I'm not saying you have to like it. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be like, oh, this is fun. I imagine it's not fun, especially you go on the road uh, and there's an opposing crowd. That's that's a fucking difficult thing to deal with. I'm not saying you have to like it. But shutting it down is the worst thing that you could do. Our team was playing on the road, and during the course of the game, a small number of players on the opposing team directed hurtful anti-Semitic comments toward members of our team. So what? So what? Who fucking cares? Their words... What is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? Kay sent in a public statement adding that they were proud of the way both his students and staff had remained calmed and removed themselves from the situation without escalating tensions. What a fucking joke. A Yonkers public school spokesman also delivered what appeared to be a watered-down version of events, saying, "I It has come to our attention that a student-athlete made a statement involving free Palestine. This incident was promptly addressed in line with our district's policies and values. I mean, there's... Look, I don't... So, I'm one of these people. I'm not taking a fucking side. Everyone can suck my goddamn dick. I'm America first. So they're like, oh, you better support Palestine. Fuck you. And if they're like, oh, you better support Israel. Fuck you too. Fuck both of you. Okay? With that said, a person should be able to say free Palestine. Or a person should be able to say, you know, I don't know, suck Israel's dick. Whatever you want to do. Hey, obey your parents. Why don't you say that back to them? Be like, hey, we're your parents and obey us. It'd be funny. I don't care if some fucking lunatic Zionist rabbi thinks he's my parents. I'm not going to get bothered by that. It's hilarious. It's fucking fuck that guy. You just give all these How do you give people this much power over you? That's crazy. It's a weird thing. Anyway, there you go. So that's a bullshit story. I'm calling bullshit. But yeah, the blacks and the Jews are fighting. Isn't that interesting? Because this is a black school that's being accused by the Jews. Normally, it's like, oh, someone said nigger. And then, you know, they're like, well, we have video footage. And then they're listening. And they're like, well, no, no one said nigger. So I guess, uh, but we'll still pretend. We'll still pretend that it happened. I forget. It was a, it was a women's basketball. Uh, it was college. That story came from. That was, I don't know, like a year ago. And the coach doubled down, even though uh, Dawn Staley, she was a former WNBA player. And uh, I don't know why I know that, because I, I, I did watch the NBA, WNBA one time uh, when it first came out, because it was like 98, 1998 or whenever the fuck, and it was the off season, and I watched basketball so much that I was like, I'll take any basketball I can get. So I was like, all right, I'll fucking watch the WNBA. It lasted about 10 minutes. And I was like, yeah, this sucks. I'm like, I, I, I remember watching it. I thought to myself, huh, I never thought... Because, like, I was the type of person, like, I could watch college basketball. I could watch basketball like there was a, a, a college that uh, we'd go up to and just watch, like, scrimmages and shit. Like, I can, and, uh, you know, so, there, so I've seen all sorts of uh, uh, basketball at different levels. Same with hockey. I can watch hockey, you know, high school, college, doesn't matter. Uh, 
But, uh, yeah, it was the first time I'm like, oh, wow, basketball can suck. This really sucks. And, and look, nothing personal. If you like women's basketball, no problem. I just, you know, if you're not dunking and there's no chance of a dunk, I, it's just really not. Because uh, even like the, you know, you go into Philly or whatever. These high school kids are fucking dunking. I mean, it's like crazy. Anyway, whatever. Um, so there you go. That's a story. That's uh, what a joke. So this is uh, this is Mike De- now Mike Dewine is a bitch, uh, but it looks like that the that some base conservatives have put enough pressure on him where, where this is like a decent outcome for it. it at first was a terrible outcome because he vetoed the whole thing. Um, this is about child mutilation, so it's a little better than it was. He's he he is banning the mutilation, but unfortunately he's allowing the destruction in other ways through puberty blockers and hormones or whatever. So you need all of that banned. Um, and this is not acceptable, but it's at least better than it was. So hopefully DeWine can get replaced at some point. Uh, but it does look like at least they were able to kind of get him to do like a half measure. So it's better than nothing, but it's not remotely acceptable. This was interesting. The Epstein documents. Ghislaine Maxwell refused to turn over info on connection to the Clinton Foundation. Ghislaine Maxwell, co-conspirator of the late convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, refused to comply with requests to turn over documents pertaining to any connection she may have had with the Clinton Foundation. The documents unsealed pursuant to a mid-December ruling handed down by Manhattan Federal Judge Loretta Presca was part of a civil lawsuit filed by Epstein victim Virginia Roberts Goofrey against Maxwell. And And while thus far they focused on criminal behavior of both Epstein and Maxwell, Newly released documents have begun to shed light on associates who may have been aware of the crimes. The latest document mentions former Polish model Adriana Ross, who was named as an unindicted co-conspirator in Epstein's 2008 non-prosecution agreement, and alleged she had been one to remove computers from Epstein's home in Palm Beach before the FBI arrived to search the house. Another document revealed during discovery, Grufri has requested communications between Maxwell and a dozen specific witnesses, among them Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. In addition to magician David Copperfield, whose name appeared in the first tranche of documents because he had allegedly asked one of the girls at Epstein's home whether she was aware that girls were getting paid to find other girls, disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein also made an appearance. Maxwell also reportedly refused to comply when she got a discovery request for documents pertaining to any connection that she had with the Clinton Foundation. Well, I imagine if you want to get some Haitian children in to chop up and eat or whatever the fuck they were doing to them, having sex with them, obviously, I would think the Clinton Foundation, if you want Haitian children, they would be the first place that you call. They're going to get their girl, Laura Silsby, to round up some Haitian children and bring them over to the island. So, yeah, I imagine the Clintons were definitely involved in this specifically in an effort to determine whether she was receiving any funding from the Clinton Foundation that might provide a clear motive for her to slant testimony on the subject. In another document, a witness describes seeing Britain's disgraced Prince Andrew along with his wife Sarah Ferguson at Epstein's home. The same witness also recalled seeing independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy and former President Trump at the house as well, but, but said when Prince Andrew visited, he stayed for weeks at a time. Um... That, uh, that, uh, hold on a second. 
Yeah, that framing by the Daily Wire, I don't believe is accurate because the testimony was that Trump was never there. Trump was never at Epstein's house. This is the second time, I believe, that a, a victim has said, they're like, what about Trump? Was Trump there? And they were like, no, he was never there. Um, Trump, according to one witness, never stayed at Epstein's home and did not even sit at the main table with Epstein and other guests, choosing instead to eat in the kitchen with the staff. Witnesses described meeting President Clinton on Mr. Epstein's plane and uh, that, yeah, okay. One witness reported seeing Clinton on Epstein's plane at at least one trip that was not well publicized, a trip to Africa, where they were probably doing some fucked up shit to the African kids as well. Yeah, it looks like Daily Wire's going a little corporate media here. It's probably at the behest of the DeSantis campaign. Because one of the tactics the media did, they're like, oh, Trump's on the Epstein list. No, he's not. That's total bullshit, but whatever. Whatever. All right, let's uh, let's see what we got here. We got uh, a tranny. This is good news. And, uh, and so this person, this is kind of an escort them out type of deal. Tranny running for Ohio House disqualified for not disclosing dead name. Great. Disqualify them for whatever reason. You just you got to escort them out. A tranny running for the Ohio State House of Representatives have been disqualified for not disclosing his birth name, often referred to by lunatics as their dead name. Again, a made-up commie concept that's total bullshit. Vanessa Joy was told by election officials that he was not able to run as a Democrat for Ohio District 50, even though he had collected enough signatures to do so. All right, too bad, tranny. Um, Joy has legally changed his name on his birth certificate in 2022 and said he was unaware of the law. Oh, well. He said, and I quote, I would have had to have my dead name on my petitions, but in the trans community, our dead names are dead. There is a reason it's dead, and that's a dead person who's gone and buried. Now, you're alive. You're alive. You're that person. There's nothing you can do to change that. There's not a single fucking thing that you could ever do to change your gender, no matter what. Oh, that must be frustrating. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> anyway. Joy had planned to run in a heavily Republican district just south of uh, Akron against GOP candidate Matthew Kishman. Joy said the law would undoubtedly pervert, or excuse me, prevent trans-identifying people from running for office in the future. Good, that's good. He says, if I had known that I had to put my dead name on my petitions, I personally would have because being elected was important to me, but for many it would be a barrier to entry because they would not want their names on their petitions. Good, good. You can't even comply with the most basic requirements. You have no business running or being in office at all. So this worked out. Fantastic. The name requirement also does not appear in the Secretary of State's candidate guide. Who cares? Who cares? Escort them out. I don't care how you do it. It's just, you know, safe, legal, humane, whatever the fuck prefaces you want to put on it. Just got to humanely, politically, and legally. That's all. Escort them out. Um, okay, so good. That's good. That's a good story. Okay, now what do we got here? Um, <laughs> this is great. Mega study finds that minorities don't, in fact, receive harsher criminal penalties, but the academics said so anyway. Yeah, because academia is total, total AIDS at this point. 
An analysis of 20 years of academic literature found that there is little or no evidence that minorities are mistreated by the criminal justice system when it comes to punishment, despite assertions to the contrary by policymakers, media, and academics. In recent years, it's become common belief within the scholarly community, as well as the general public, that the criminal justice system is biased due to race and class issues. We sought to examine this with meta-analysis. Our results suggest that for most crimes, criminal adjudication in the U.S. is not substantially biased or race on race or class lines. Overall, this is a cause for optimism, researchers concluded. Well, they're never going to accept this. What are you kidding me? They're arguing right now that blacks should be allowed to plagiarize and do whatever they want as long as they're given positions. And I know the whole thing with gay. You know, it's because she's, you know, pro-Palestinian. Yeah, I get that. But it, multiple things can be true that it's really not about the plagiarism but she did plagiarize and it is what it is I don't give a shit these fucking these are retards fighting each other let them all eat themselves what the fuck do I care I don't give a fucking shit about Harvard I hope Harvard gets completely dismantled again legally humanely and politically uh, as a meta-analysis, the study did not create a new data set on criminal sentencing and race, but rather examined 51 studies conducted by others looking at the question since 2005. The numbers suggesting no or marginal racial bias and punishment were therefore collected by the existing studies, but those authors often claimed to have found racial bias in the regs. Oh, you mean they lied? I can't believe it. We express concern that evidence for racial bias in the U.S. criminal justice system has been consistently weak, and that scholarly narratives have too often ignored this in favor of the systemic racism narrative. Yes, it's the biggest fraud ever perpetrated on the populace. It's total bullshit. It's all to divide and conquer. It's total fucking bullshit. Some of the studies found no evidence of racism in criminal sentencing and said so clearly, but their findings were simply ignored by the media, politicians, and other academics, who at times did not acknowledge a single paper dissenting from their hypothesis in their citations. Yeah, this is what they do with everything. Um, there was no evidence of a class effect, and Asians actually received more favorable treatment during criminal adjudication than whites, albeit not at a level that met our, our evidentiary standard. Scholars determined to find racial bias were often able to claim to have made a statistically significant finding because court records allow for studies to include tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of cases. In science, the threshold for statistical significance is a balance between how big the effect is and how many examples were included in the study. In studies with huge amounts of criminal cases, even the most minute differences in criminal sentences can technically be called significant. But in the common meaning of the word, a years-long prison term being a few days shorter or longer on average for different races or classes is not actually significant and is essentially noise in the data set. Among other signs of biased or poorly done science, race researchers often did not pre-register their studies by laying out in advance their hypothesis and what they would do to determine if it was true or not, because they don't care about this. This is all done to manufacture a narrative. That's all it is. They don't give a fuck whether or not it's actually true. So anyway, there you go. That's probably the least surprising news of the day, but that's, uh, that's a hell of a thing. Um, Federally funded United States Institute of Peace calls for collaborations between public and private sectors to address disinformation, another totally made-up commie term. The U.S. federal institution is getting dangerously close to advocating for restrictions on speech. We've learned a lot about this from the Twitter and Facebook files. 
but this time pressure is expressed openly. The United States Institute of Peace, funded by Congress and promoting the country's interests worldwide on the declared premise of opposing violent conflict, is now taking on the task of helping preserve election integrity by censoring speech. In the post, they're careful not to talk about the elephant in the room, the election, instead mentioning a number of other votes about to take place. But it's easy to see how recommendations for private and public sector and think tanks to come together in fighting election disinformation once taking shape and once put in practice in Taiwan or India. We've heard the same narrative many times these last months from many disinformation warriors from the ranks of Democrats and aligned legacy media or NGOs. Um, USIP calls AI unmanaged technology, an interesting euphemism for technology that is not fully controlled. In order to manage technology, USIP wants to see strong collaboration and planning, not only for civil society and what it refers to as peace builders, but also tech companies and governments. USIP at the same time doesn't exactly treat voters as adults capable of critical thinking, but instead says if its warnings are not heeded, and the said players don't spring into action, election integrity will suffer from voters' increasing inability to discern fact from fiction. Amazing. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of this. Um, DHS has been funding a program at universities to label the Manosphere movement as a terror threat. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security continues to team up with universities around the country, this time in a bid to stomp out the Manosphere. In keeping with the formal purpose of the task of the DHS, the idea is to treat the Manosphere, positioned as an anti-feminist effort, as a terrorist threat. Regardless of someone's stance, pro or against modern variation on feminism, some observers are wondering if opposing this social and ideological phenomenon can fit with any definition of terrorism. Of course it can't. Some explain this opposition as simply a negative yet lawful reaction to so-called third-wave feminism already being bankrolled by some of the largest foundations out there and then using this money and exposure in the media to promote and even impose wokeism in pretty much the only way wokeism works, the oppressive one. Those who feel oppressed here, the manosphere, consist of figures from social media and political discord, generally speaking, arguing in favor of men's rights. What's noteworthy is that reports say the government, via DHS, has now apparently picked its side in the ongoing social and cultural to and fro between the two groups. And now, Arizona State University is shown to have forged links with the DHS. As reported by Zero Hedge, specifically, the school's McCain Institute is involved, which in turn has ties to big tech and other rabidly homosexual organizations like the ADL and the SPLC. It doesn't help matters that the stated goals in the now-revealed documents is to promote hate speech surveillance. Oh, yeah. Nor does... Nor does redirecting traffic from both websites and social networks as a means to do it, apparently a method to be used under the grant. However, this isn't the first DHS foray into spending money and teaming up with U.S. universities to work against a number of issues that appear closer to its tasks, namely actual terrorism, but also probing the activities of those who express patriotic political sentiment and even preppers. Oh yeah, they're coming after all of us. We're all terrorists. We are all terrorists according to these people. Man, that's a hell of a thing. Never thought I'd see the day. As for the money, it's part of the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Scheme, which according to DHS itself, went to 34 recipients worth $20 million. 
crazy. Absolutely fucking crazy. So let's talk about this absolute goofy-looking fucking commie who should not be allowed. And you look like this. See, this is like one of those things. You see this fucking guy here. It's like when you see the predators, the obvious predators. Human beings have a natural instinct that when a predator is around their children, they know. They know. Especially mothers. They know. Fathers do too. But mothers know. They both know. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say one knows more than the other. So when you see these abject predators make TikTok videos and they're teachers, like if you don't, as a, uh, as a uh, uh, administrator, if you can't figure out when a person looking like one of them comes in, they should be allowed nowhere near children. There's nothing I can do for you. Same with this goofy-ass looking motherfucker. This motherfucker should be nowhere near any sort of power or influence, okay? So, so anyway, this is like the main censor of Ireland. So he's considering censoring anyone that doesn't like the fact that uh, illegal migrants, or some of them legal, are raping and stabbing uh, Irish children. Uh, you, in, in order to be acceptable to lunatics like this guy, you have to allow and go along with migrants fucking and killing your children. Uh, uh, and if you if you thought like you know, there's things that you see where you're like, wow, that's really crazy. I can't believe things are getting this crazy. Uh, I I ran into one uh, about a week or two ago on Twitter. And, and nothing shocks me. I'm not saying I was shocked, but I was just like, wow, wow. In Germany, apparently, what they're doing is they're having these, like, dinners with German children, not adults, German school children with new migrants who are adults. And it's like, what is... No one is, I guess anyone that has a problem with this is labeled a bigot and then that scares people so they say nothing. They are actually having what are ultimately pedophile meetups, meet and greets with the native children of Germany. It's the craziest shit. This is like next level insanity. And I'm like, wow, just when I thought we've hit rock bottom, now there's something new. And, and this, is why, this is why I say eventually this is all going to become mandatory cock. Because that's like the craziest thing I can think of. What's the craziest thing? The crazy, actually, that's not the craziest thing. The craziest thing is with the whole thing about the, uh, you know, the tranny birth. Um, what do they call that in the Bible? The Antichrist. Like the, you know, I, I've gone into that. I'll briefly mention it after this. That's the craziest thing I can think of. And, there, and there's more than a 0% chance that that would happen. But anyway, what I'm talking about is some sort of state-sponsored force fucking like you you're going to be forced by law by gunpoint to fuck trannies that's like one of the craziest things i could think of well when you see meet and greets with children and and migrant rapists i mean some of them are rapists they're not all rapists but they don't vet them so and and you know they do have a penchant for raping especially the north africans why that is i have no idea it is what it is a lot of the north africans rape what do you want me to do it is what it is anyway that's crazy. You're like setting them up with your children. What the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, so that that's one of the craziest things. The all-time crazy thing. And, and and if this happened, I said I would convert to Christianity immediately. And I'll briefly mention this is this is my threshold. I do have a supernatural threshold as well. Like if I were to get one of these Jesus visions that I'm told about, then then fine. Okay. If Jesus gives me a vision, and he's he, he and it doesn't have to be. 
it could be a dream, but it has to be like a clear, vivid dream where it's like, okay, this is unmistakable. Uh, that, but that, we won't talk about that. Anyway, I set up this scenario that in Clown World, I don't think is impossible. I'm not going to say it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible. And this is the scenario that if this happened, it would be it would meet my threshold for Bible prophecy and revelation. Okay, this is what would have to take place. So right now, there are doctors in India, lunatic doctors, who are working on a uterus transplant. They're going to take a uterus and transplant it into a man so the man can give birth to a baby. This is like next level degeneracy insanity like just fucking ridiculous this is out of a movie okay but they're doing it well i thought to myself well you know what if they successfully implant a man with a baby and this man obviously the man's not going to give birth it'll be through c-section but let's say through this freak show that they're actually able to hatch a baby out of this guy and then i thought well what if then and this also is like the omen you ever see the omen great movie i love the omen expect the ending intense very intense because you know you're like is this guy satan or excuse me is this kid satan because if the kid's satan you probably have to kill it but it's a kid oh what a dilemma what a dilemma great movie anyway so then i started thinking of that fucking climate change bitch you know the how dare you girl because remember, when she was a, a minor, the media narrative was, oh, you have to obey her. No matter what retarded shit came out of her mouth, you had to obey her. Oh, okay. Well, I thought to myself, I'm just putting two and two together. Well, what if they act like this baby that they hatch is like the greatest thing ever? And then they start telling people as the baby grows and gets older that you have to obey this child? Ladies and gentlemen, that would be... I'd be like, all right, this is what they said in Revelation was going to happen. I mean, now, granted, they didn't say it was going to be a tranny hatching a baby. But for me personally, not anyone else, just for me personally, for me personally, that's the threshold. That if that happened, I'd go, okay, I've, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. We're going to go with this. And I've seen enough. Now, I don't expect that to happen. But I'm telling you, in a normal world, the percentage chance of that happening should be fucking zero. But in clown world... I'd put that at about an 18% chance that that could happen. I bet you that could happen. It could happen. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm saying it's not impossible. Just like mandatory cock is not impossible. Because we're in clown world. Anyway, this motherfucker is going to censor people on the internet that don't go along with migrants raping and killing Irish children. That's basically the story. It's crazy. Uh, media outlets are already calling for online election censorship in 2024. The, the page has only just been turned on 2023, and already the narrative that much policing of online speech will be vital for 2024 and election year has already stirred. Legacy media outlet The Guardian, in its piece, in its piece about Kate Starbird, has already complained that there may be less censorship ahead of the 2024 elections and claimed that Jim Jordan's committee... And their claims of censorship are based on outlandish claims. That's, I've seen that a lot lately. They'll say, oh, that's a wild claim or an outlandish claim. Bitch, I don't care what wording you use to describe the claim. Is it true or is it not? And they use these terms to deflect from the fact that the claims are absolutely true. 
This is ignoring the fact that an injunction was successfully placed on the Biden regime for its censorship pressure on big tech, and it will be ruled on by the Supreme Court this year. In an era where policing of online speech is increasingly contentious, Kate Starbird's role in combating what she terms election misinformation has placed her squarely in the midst of the heated debate. As a leading figure at the University of Washington Center for an informed public, Starberg has actively engaged, again, the way that AIDS commies label shit. It's always the complete opposite of what it is. The, univer the University of Washington's Center for an Informed Public. It is the complete opposite. They want a dumbed-down public. Don't ever trust these people. They would be. This would be like, oh, the this is the University of Washington Center for Chased Whores. Yeah, that's not real. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. You can't be a chased whore. You got to pick one. Anyway, however, Starbird's approach and her team's actions have not been without controversy. Critics argue their efforts amount to a form of censorship infringing upon free speech. This criticism extends beyond Starbird's team to a broader national trend where researchers engaged in similar work face accusations of partisanship and censorship. Jim Jordan has emerged as a key figure in opposing what he views as overreach of these researchers. Yes, yeah, so the, the, the regime uses cutouts, uh, these quote-unquote independent researchers, to... to recommend the censoring and uh, this is the government censoring people but it gives them a plausible deniability so their regime propagandists in the corporate media and on youtube regime propagandists like destiny uh, they can then make the plausible deniability uh, uh, argument that uh, oh, the government's not censoring um Critics of Starbird and similar researchers' work argue that labeling right-wing entities as primary purveyors of election lies is a biased approach that neglects the complexity of online discourse. Well, they don't want online discourse. They contend that such claims of misinformation serve to silence dissenting voices rather than foster a balance and open dialogue. Yeah, that's the point. That is the point. Um, then you have, uh, who's this homosexual? CBS's senior business and technology correspondent Joe Ling Kent criticized Twitter for enabling Alex Jones to regain a platform. Elon Musk and his team have allowed the return of conspiracy theorists like Alex Jones, and they've also dramatically reduced the size of their trust and safety team. Good. Yeah, Alex Jones is resurgent. That's good to see. I'm glad to see that. Hopefully they will bring other people back that have been censored for legal speech. Ken also stated that on platforms like Meta's Facebook. Oh, by the way, I'll also give credit. I know, like, I don't know. It's a weird thing, right? Because Alex Jones had Brother Nathaniel on the other day. I was like, what am I in 2015? Brother, you know, I'm sure some of you know Brother Nathaniel. This dude is hilarious. He's like a priest, and he was he's like a Jewish Catholic priest, and he talks mad shit about the Jews. And he does it in this sing-songy, poetic way. This motherfucker is one of the greatest characters on the internet. Anyway, and, he, and he's one of the most banned people on the internet. Anyway, Alex Jones had him on for an interview to talk about Jews. I was like, holy shit. Now, what's weird about it is he then took the interview down. And people were complaining about that, rightfully so. And I'm like, there's no way Alex Jones didn't know who he was. That's impossible. So what's he doing? Is he like, is he like having on? Because look, I, I've said this before. 
I don't care whether you like them, whether you don't like them, whether you agree with them. The most controversial people I want to see on shows. Okay? I, and you pick your list, make your list of who you want. I, I don't care. I don't care. I, I, I want to see Farrakhan. I want to see David Duke and any other person you can come up with. Okay? And so Brother Nathaniel's on that list. But then I'm like, but he took, he, he kind of took it down. He advertised it and then he took it down. And I'm like, is he kind of like trying to navigate this where like, like, here's the thing. If you were playing it safe, the last, one of the last people that you would ever have on your show, especially in the current environment, is Brother Nathaniel. That's like the last person, one of the last people you would have. But Alex Jones had him on. And, uh. So maybe he's kind of like trying to like have these people on, but kind of try to avoid the eye of Sauron by kind of, you know, sucking the, the uh, Zionist dick a little bit in the debate or whatever, a little bit. I, some people, I think, overplay it. it. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I like the fact that he had him on, and I hope he has other people on. So I don't, I'm not mad at Alex Jones at all. Is it great that he took it down? No, that's not great. But maybe there's a method to the madness here. Because I tell you, look, I support any effort, no matter, even if you do it in a way that I wouldn't or that I don't agree with strategically, any effort to try to expand the Overton window and bring in all of the naughty people who have been banned, I, got, I, I, I respect that. Like, he was given, think about this, within, what, two weeks of being given your Twitter account back. You bring on Brother Nathaniel, I, have, I, I can't not respect that. Even though I don't agree, I don't like, and I don't respect taking the video down, I don't like that. But, ah, that's, I, let's see if he does something similar again. Because I, I would love to see if somehow there's like a way, this might not even be possible, but if there's ever a way where someone could have a huge fucking platform and have the opportunity to to somehow influence the Overton window and just holds the door open for all of the people from the internet to come in. You know, like, ever see Day of the Dead? Remember Miguel from Day of the Dead? Okay, Miguel, right? Something happened. He got his arm chopped off. That was pretty gruesome. He's ha Miguel had enough. So in Day of the Dead, they're in this underground bunker away from the zombies. The zombies were cool. This, these were like the Dawn of the Dead. Even though Dawn of the Dead was a better movie, the zombies in Day of the Dead just look so much better. Anyway, so they're in this bunker. And, you know, Miguel, he, he'd had enough. He'd had enough. And so what he did is he got on this platform. And uh, so this platform would go from the, the underground bunker to the top of the surface where all the zombies were. So what McGuell did is he got on this thing, he goes up to the uh, to the top and then starts attracting the zombies and then proceeds to allow the zombies to eat him very gruesomely while he then presses the button to bring down on the platform all the zombies. I would love it if Alex Jones or anybody could be McGuell and bring in all the fucking people from the internet down into the bunker. That would be the greatest thing that I would ever see. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if it's possible. But when I see Alex Jones do shit like that, it reminds me that, you know, that's like, maybe, maybe that would be the best thing ever. And like I said, fill the, 
fill the bunker with whoever you like that's been censored. I don't care who it is. I like I said, it could be Farrakhan. I don't care if it's Farrakhan. But the people that they've banned, uh, as long as it's been for legal speech, I'm not talking about Amos Yee. Fuck Amos Yee. He belongs in prison. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about everyone that has engaged in legal speech that was censored, no matter how offensive it was, no matter who it was directed towards. If it was legal, uh, let them all into the bunker. And then let the chips fall where they may, and we'll see what happens. Oh, that would be great. Anyway, that's a hell of a movie. All right, back to the article. Um, Kent also stated that on platforms like Facebook, the reality here is that taking down all of this bad information has always been an impossible task on platforms of that size. That's true. As has always been the case, false information during an election cycle is often rife. But in the online world, where most speech runs through a handful of big tech giants, the power and control over online discourse that these companies have is immense. A handful of companies have the power to affect elections and, and the play of democracy itself. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're trying to control and rig the whole outcome. Man. <clears throat> By the way, that ending of that movie. Whew. When I saw, I saw the movie as a kid, those deaths are, they were next level. Now you see it now, it's like nothing. That was, I think, who was, who was the guy behind that? Savini? Tom Savini? Holy shit. One guy just gets completely pulled apart. Remember that? And then this other guy, he's getting his head taken off and his voice is like, is like getting high. Uh, uh, he's doing this really creepy thing while his head's being pulled off. That was fucking ridiculous. It's terrible but also awesome. It was weird. I was very disturbed by it as a kid, but I was like, this is fucking awesome and horrifying at the same time. Anyway, I probably was a little too young for that. What are you going to do? It's just a movie. Zombies aren't real. Oh, by the way, speaking of zombies, uh, I don't have the footage here, but m many of you have seen this footage. What a bizarre thing that happened in Miami. Let's talk about that real quick before we get into the videos, because this is really an interesting story. Okay, so... The other day, there's all of this footage coming out on the internet of a police response that I don't know if I've ever seen before. We're talking like movie. Like, I think there were more police cars in Miami at a mall than there were at the end of Die Hard. Remember Die Hard, the terrorists take over the, the building and there's all these police. I think there were more police. I think every cop in the area went to this mall. And so why did they go to the mall? Well, the, what the narrative was, was that there were a bunch of teens beating people with sticks. And of course, by teens, we mean, you know, black youths, criminal blacks, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, okay, now certainly if you have a bunch of teens that are beating people, you know, you're going to have to have the police come. But this was a presence that was so over the top. And then on top of that, apparently they shut down flights in the area. You couldn't run a helicopter unless you were police or whatever. And people who live down there, the guy, uh, Liberty Lockdown, that's it's, uh, Clint Russell. I think Clint Russell's pretty credible. I've never seen him lie. Okay, so he said, he lives right there. He's like, yeah, they shut off the internet. Okay, so... So let me get this straight. So, and I think that's true. So, uh, so they shut down the internet and they brought every cop for some teens. Then, then all these videos start showing up on TikTok where this woman, this blonde woman, starts talking about, she's claiming that it wasn't actually teens. It was either aliens, zombies, or like Nephilim. 
and look, now look, I think everyone, I have no problem. If you want to go out there with something that sounds wild, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with this lady. This lady, if you want to believe it's the Nephilim, I have no problem with that. But in order for me to believe in zombies, aliens, or the Nephilim, I'm going to need to see direct evidence of it. So um, we have this weird thing where the narrative doesn't make any sense, that, that the idea that they would have brought all those cops just for some teens, that's not believable. On the other hand, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I, I just, aliens and zombies and Nephilim, I'm just not going to, not going to buy that unless there's direct evidence. Now, maybe when it, now zombies and aliens are out of the question until I'm provided evidence. Nephilim is an interesting story. How do you define a Nephilim? Like, for example, if, what's, what's your definition? A seven foot three big guy? Well, those people exist. There's not a lot of them, but seven foot three, that has happened. I don't know what the, the tallest man who ever was, but let's say he's eight feet, eight feet three, whatever. Okay. I think they could exist. Now, if you're talking like 12 feet, 14 feet, I, I'm going to need to see some actual evidence of that. Um, but if your criteria is 7 foot, 7 foot 3, maybe that's possible. So whatever. Um, and then I saw a theory. I, I, I don't know if this was what the person was saying. I truly hope someone argues this. If you've ever seen anyone argue this, please, um, please let me know. Because this would be one of the greatest arguments I've ever seen on the Internet. I got the impression that someone was arguing, well, because, you know, I asked the question and other people asked the question, where's the video evidence of the aliens? And they said, well, the aliens are actually using the video footage, because I posted a video, there's video of the teenagers. Now, I will say this, the, the pack of wild teens were operating at such a ferocity that it reminded me a little bit of that movie, that zombie movie uh, with Brad Pitt. You know, just a very, it was just the energy and violence of this pack of wild teens was at a level where I was like, well, I could, I could buy that, like, if there were a whole lot of them, that you would need a large police presence. But again, a large police presence is not what was in that video. What was in that video was something I've never, I've never seen a police presence that big. It was crazy. But anyway, I believe the person was arguing that the aliens were, were using, like, tricks and, and so my question is, wait, you mean to tell me that the aliens are using wild packs of black teens to trick us? Because that's a hell of a thing if that's the case. I don't believe that's the case, but I would love it if someone would make that argument on the internet. Because that'd be fucking hilarious. Oh, man. The aliens are using black criminals to trick us. Man, that's a hell of a thing right there. Anyway, so I don't know what the hell's going on in Miami. I don't believe it's aliens or zombies or giant people, but I also don't believe the narrative that it was just a bunch of uh, wild teens. That's uh, unless I, I tell you this: if there's more footage of wild teens at a scale where it would make sense, then then we have problem solved. Um, I only saw one video in one place. It's a big area. There could have been other packs of them around. I have no idea. But anyway. That's a hell of a thing. All right, let's get to some videos here. Let me put on the speakers. What? 2020, this is nothing. 2024 is, is going to be. I hope we all survive it. I hope we survive it. All right, let's get to some videos. We're going to start here with the Young Turks. 
Americans' views on the 2020 election have changed for the worse. Oh, oh, I can't believe Americans are believing the obvious about the 2020 election. Americans, especially Republicans, have become even more sympathetic to Trump and Good. the January 6th rioters Excellent. as the years have gone by. Excellent. And that's according to a follow-up poll done by the Washington Post and the University of Maryland. Now, about two years ago, in December of 2021, the Washington Post and University of Maryland had polled Americans on how they felt about January 6th and the Capitol riot. Last month, they asked the same questions to see how public opinion has shifted, if it's shifted at all. Now, we'll discuss what's behind the change in just a moment, but for now, here's what the survey found. In 2021, a startlingly high amount of Americans actually believed that Biden was not the legitimate winner of the election, but that number has only grown since then. So let's take a look at the graph and I'll explain what you're looking at and what the results are. So in late 2021, 69% of Americans believed that Biden was legitimately elected. But that number fell to 62% in late 2023. And that change happened across all political affiliations. For Republicans, the number fell from 39% to 31%. For independents, it fell from 72% to 66%. And in late 2023, 91% of Democrats believe that Biden's election was legitimate, which of course is a massive majority, but still, that number even fell three percentage points from 94% in late 2021. That's amazing. Now the survey also asked how much responsibility lies. I have a question. Is there a media narrative that the public is buying? I don't think there is one um, for the most part. I think COVID really woke people up uh, and uh, they're, just, they're, they're just in serious trouble before an election on Donald Trump specifically for the riots that occurred on January 6th. Let's take a look at the graph and we'll look at the differences. In late 2021, 60% of Americans put the blame on Trump. Again, that number has fallen this time to 53% in late 2023. Independents have hardly budged on the issue, moving just one percentage point over the years from 57% to 56%. But for Democrats, that number has actually fallen quite a bit. From 92% to 86%. No, I got to pause for comment. Cenk, what say you? What yeah. say you? These are Democrats. So look, we've talked hundreds of times about how this is the fault of the Republican Party for pushing this line. But we also have to acknowledge that there's a fault here for the Democratic Party. So I'm going to explain that. So first though, I'm just, even I'm stunned by these numbers. And I've been talking about this for a long time. I've been telling you that it's coming and here it is, right? But even so, only 62% of the country thinks that Joe Biden actually won the last election. That means nearly four in 10 Americans. This is beautiful. Yeah, because it was the most blatant steal ever. It was, it's, it's preposterous, it's completely preposterous. Actually believe that Trump won the election, but it was stolen away from him. Do you understand how dangerous that lie is? Again, piece of shit fucker. That is not at all the issue. The issue is, do you fucking pieces of shit understand how fucking insane and dangerous it is that you stole a goddamn election? How about that? That's the question. That's the question. Unbelievable. Pretty scary, yeah. It's super scary. Now for, look at the numbers, only 31% of Republicans 
Seven out of 10 Republicans believe that Donald Trump actually won the election and that Joe Biden gets some sort of mafia-like move to- Boo-hoo, we're losing the narrative oh, right before an election. The, uh, the election, they think that democracy is already stolen by Joe Biden. Imagine how angry- Which it clearly was. They are. Yes, how angry they are. And also, guess what? People are angry at people like you as well. Huh, that's weird. Right? And then independence, Jesus Christ. Only two thirds of independents now think that Joe Biden won legitimately. A whole third of independents think, oh, no, no, he didn't win. No, it was all fraud. Okay? So now, Donald Trump started this lie. The Republican Party and right-wing media aided and abetted it. So again, total bullshit. Uh, the election was stolen right in front of everyone's face. 100% got sued for it, had to pay hundreds of millions of dollars because they're liars, etc. But we've been over that thousands of times, okay? Now the Democratic Party, why are they at fault? I mean, they're even losing their own supporters here, why? Because they never make a case clearly. So who's the leader of the Democratic Party right now? Joe Biden, right? So why hasn't Joe Biden ever come out and said, hey guys, look, I wanna be, he should have done this right from the get-go, from day one. I wanna be super clear. Donald Trump went to court 60 times. The media has done this. I love how they're repeating the exact same lies every time. Chenk's argument is, well, we just need to lie more. That's not gonna work. And then have like graphs and presentation made. This is the None of that's gonna work. Amount of evidence he showed, zero. Like, it do you know how visceral? Well, I, I, that's actually a dumb question. You know how visceral it was. Like, I, I remember I, the, 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 it was such a mind fuck, that whole experience, because it was so blatant. And like, I remember it was, I was done streaming. It was like four or five in the morning and I had Homo Cuomo on the TV. He was with CNN at the time. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, and I wasn't even, I don't even think I was thinking about Pennsylvania. Because I remember, I was like, well, Pennsylvania's, there's, there's no, I'm like, I'm like, if they take, if they cheat Pennsylvania, that's going to be so crazy. I thought to myself, it's like, uh, that would be so over the top that, like, they, it, that's kind of sloppy. Like, you have to at least make it somewhat believable. No, they, they, because Trump was up like 700,000. And, uh. People sat through that and watched it. That's why they don't believe people like Cenk, because they lived through it. They saw multiple swing states in total unprecedented fashion, stop counting, and then ballots wheeled in and then counted at a level for Joe Biden that is statistically impossible. Okay, that's all. That's all you had to see. The rest of it, you could ignore the rest of it if you wanted to. I'm not saying you should, but you could ignore you could ignore Ruby Freeman. You could ignore all the hearings. You just have to watch on election night. That's all you had to do in order to walk away knowing that it was complete bullshit. Um, it's like it's like game six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and Kings. Everybody knows the fucking Kings were robbed by the referees. Okay, and I wasn't a Kings fan or a Lakers fan. But that's, that's obvious. That's fucking obvious. I'm sure there's other games that you could point to that were obviously rigged through sports history. You know, but it, everyone knows that. There's pl not all Lakers fans, but there's plenty of Lakers fans that admit 
it, it's it's known forever as game fix okay so i'm just using that as an example i know not everybody's familiar with that i'm sure but there's probably a decent amount of people familiar with that there are things that happen that people see that everyone watched okay uh, a huge one and i was not alive at the time the kennedy assassination i imagine that was absolutely insane um but there's there are events that happen that a lot of people watch 9-11 okay uh and so to to try to gaslight people and act like oh no this is fox news's fault no one gives a fuck about fox news this is fun people turned i'm telling you that arizona call turned a lot of people off the fox news you could argue from that point forward they were completely irrelevant this is not Fox News's fault or Donald Trump's fault or the Republicans' party's fault. This is the Democrats who stole the election's fault. Just the gaslighting is incredible. You know, you might know that because you watch the Young Turks. But if you watch right-wing media or even mainstream media, how many of those, how many times did they say that he lost 60 cases in a row? A billion times, you're an idiot. Mainstream media has said that a billion times and it's a lie. There were about 90 cases, Trump won 30 of them and lost 60 of them. The vast majority of them were were um, decided on standing, not on the evidence, and presented zero evidence. Not that Again, many. That's a total lie, uh, totally made up. I I bet you an overwhelming majority of the American people do not know that fact. That fact. No, that no, no, retard. They don't believe it. It's critical. It's critical. The fake elect. He sounds like a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, if we just tell them about Jehovah, they'll believe our truth. No, that's not how any of this works. Your plot. They talked a million times about the guys who broke into the building on January 6th. Yeah, the fake elector plot, they just started to talk about after the. But that's a lie. Rachel Maddow made that up and has been talking about it for years, frankly. Criminal cases began. Whereas I've been screaming my head off about the fake elector no, plot. No, you haven't. You. You talked about it as soon as it became the media narrative. Matt Al was talking about it way before you. She was the originator, I believe, at least maybe someone else originated it. But the first time I heard fake electors was from a, a, a Matt Al. You know, they do these, uh, you can tell, you can tell when they like roll out a narrative. She's usually one of the first ones, not as much anymore, because she's only, I think she's only on like once a week. But uh, you could tell, you could tell that that was like, okay, this is going to become a thing. From day one, because that shows you it was a real coup attempt. But did Joe? But it, it, again, it, it it it's not a real coup attempt. That's made up. Biden ever explained that clearly to them? Yes, yes, he has. You're delusional. American people never, never. If you don't make your own case, these are the numbers you're going to get. I think a lot of Americans are also kind of like lashing out at the Biden administration because the Biden administration hasn't been particularly great in some areas. Uh, they want to retaliate for inflation. They want to retaliate for, um, in their in their minds, you know, their their quality of life declining under his. Listen to this bird face. How she's describing people simply not believing lies, retaliation. <laughs> That's incredible. You're retaliating by simply just not believing lies. So you're polled and they ask you, hey, do you believe this bullshit lie? And you go, no, I don't believe that. Now you're retaliating. She makes it sound like it's almost like violence coming from the people. Oh, they're retaliating. His leadership and under his watch. The other thing that really stood out to me is how 
public opinion has kind of changed in regard to the violence that was carried out on January 6th. Um, so for instance, um, uh, only half of Americans now believe that the protesters were mostly violent, which is down from 54% in 2021. That change is mostly- Well, that's, that's preposterous. They were not mostly violent. That's preposterous. Early driven by it's Republicans. Redundant. Two years ago, it was 26% of them who thought that the protesters were mostly violent. Now only 18% do. I'm speculating here, I don't know for sure, but I think what's behind that is the fact that there have been some of the people who have been prosecuted for just being there, but didn't necessarily engage in anything violent. They've been prosecuted pretty, pretty harshly. And I think that people are getting turned off by that, and that might be part of it. Okay, so right there that tells you, Anna knows. Anna knows what's going on. Right there is, I believe, the first time she's ever publicly acknowledged that some of the January 6th protesters are being treated overly harshly. So she absolutely knows. Last people to blame is mainstream media because yeah. what they do is they always protect the powerful, always take it out on the powerless. So if you're a low level guy who went inside the building, they're gonna crush you. And media is gonna tell you, show you the video of the violence, etc., which is definitely real, okay? And they're gonna say they're the ones that fall. But if you organized it, for two and a half years, they sat on their hands and did nothing about Trump or Giuliani or any of the other organizers. Why? Because they're among the elites. And that kind of hypocrisy is what drives Republicans crazy. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of independents as well. And it goes unaddressed because the people that are doing it are the ones that are giving you the news in the first place, mainstream media. And so the powerful have really screwed themselves here because the country doesn't understand there really was a coup attempt. And that's because it was presented to them in all of the wrong ways by the Republicans, Democrats, and the media. Full blown retardation, there was no coup attempt. Right-wing activist brags about, oh yeah, they're upset that um, Christopher Rufo got a scalp. I'm glad he got a scalp. Um, I hope he gets more scalps. There, there is some bullshit to this. I, I will agree. Um, a lot of the people complaining about Gwenadine Assfucker. Some people call her Claudine Gay, but. Um, I'm gonna go with Gwenadine Assfucker because I saw that on the Salty Cracker show and it made me laugh. And it just feels right. It just it just feels right. You know, I could be that might not be your name, but that just feels right. Just like calling uh, Justin Trudeau the AIDS faggot of Canada just feels right. You know, I know some people argue, well, no, it's not the designation is prime minister, not AIDS faggot. Uh, yeah, okay, but it just, it just doesn't feel right. AIDS faggot feels right. So we're gonna go with Gwenadine Assfucker. And, uh, and so, yeah, part of this is kind of like neocon Zionists who are, are upset that Jews are really kind of being demoted on the oppression pyramid. And my issue is um, you had no problem at all with whites being at the bottom of the pyramid. And when they were calling, I mean, people, I forget who posted today, someone posted an article from Harvard from like 20 years ago, where this lunatic was talking about how we need to eliminate white people and whiteness needs to be a, like crazy genocidal shit. So there, there is like decades of this anti-white shit, particularly going on, on at colleges. It's other places, of course, but uh, it, at the colleges. And none of these people had a problem until 
they decided for whatever reason to start going after the Jews like they go after white people. And so, you know, maybe I would hop aboard if I thought that like this was going to lead to some sort of like change and then like it would do away with all this. But I think a lot of these people, the Bill Ackmans of the world, I think if they were like, all right, we're going to stop it with the Jews and we'll go back to hating white people. I think a lot of them would go along with that. And so that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. I have no confidence that a lot of the people who are making a big deal out of this would would in any way defend white people when it's happening to them because they, they never did. So, you know, I don't know. But anyway, it's interesting. Uh, there is a power dynamic here where the, where people like Rufo did get a scalp and that, that there is something there. I think that's good. Um, but I am skeptical that there's going to be, I just don't think the right people are in place behind this for there to be like real long lasting action at the, at a place like Harvard. I think it ultimately just has to be dismantled. I, I don't see how it's reformable, but who knows? I could be wrong about that. But anyway, here's their coverage of that. So the right has been Ugh. celebrating AIDS all week. AIDS in a hoodie. Now former Harvard president Claudine Gay and her resignation. But one of the architects and the champions in this crusade just laid out their playbook. So Chris Rufo in a, Washing, uh, a Wall Street Journal op-ed writes, any activist campaign has three points of leverage, reputational, financial, and political. For some institutions, one point of leverage is enough. But for a powerful one such as Harvard, the squeeze must work across multiple angles. And he goes on to explain how right-wing media picked up this plagiarism controversy that people <coughs> orchestrated after her congressional hearing on anti-Semitism on college campuses. He then explains how hedge fund people and billionaires were threatening to withhold donations to the university exercising financial leverage and of course that congressional hearing gave the school a headache. But he continues, conservatives face enormous disadvantages in public discourse. Most significant, the progressive left's near monopoly minute. on prestige media. By raising these dynamics to the surface, we can begin to challenge and subvert them. It worked. After ignoring the story for more than a week, the center-left publications began to corroborate allegations of Ms. Gay's plagiarism and raise questions about her leadership. And this is the biggest part. The media took the bait. If this story was just bouncing around conservative websites for weeks, maybe it would have ended differently. So before we get into our discussion, I do want to point out just how much the New York Times specifically covered this story. And Adam Johnson, who is fantastic, you should check out his work, pointed out that articles about Claudine Gay and her various scandals were top five featured stories on the New York Times homepage on December 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 17th, 22nd, and 25th. And her firing was the top story when, when that occurred. There is simply no way that is proportionate, sober, or reasonable coverage. Now, I, I'm curious what both of you think about this playbook that they're telegraphing. They're showing you how they're doing this. Yeah. So, first of all, I think it's interesting that he publicly, openly wrote a how to manual on cancel culture. 
And now the right wing is not only celebrating cancel culture, they're telling you how to do it. This is how you do it. Here you go, you, in the, and it's in the Wall Street Journal. You go and you find something that, that would be a, a character assassination of someone and ruin their reputation. Whether it's true or untrue is totally, utterly irrelevant. And then you go and make it up and then you, uh, you pressure the mainstream media, which are a bunch of suckers uh, into uh, doing I also like the fact that Schenk is really pissed off about this. So pissed off that he like yelled at Anna during a segment and wouldn't even let her finish reading parts of the story. That was hilarious. Whatever the hell you told him to. By the way, all the while crying about how they don't have any power. What are you talking about? You're bragging about getting the presidents of Harvard and Penn fired. And and you're- Yeah, hopefully there's more where that came from. Recently doing it and you wrote a manual on how to do it. So first of all, there's no way any right winger that was in favor of either of those actions can ever, ever complain about cancel culture. That is the- No, people can do whatever they want. They, you have no say. Yeah, textbook definition, how-to manual on cancel culture, period. So shut up about it for the rest of- No, I, I don't think we're gonna do that at all. Your lives. So that's just a fact, okay? No, it isn't. So then secondly, a mainstream media, how stupid are you? Like, and by the way, just so you know, he makes it sound like it's him and he came up with this genius strategy. No, I wrote about this back in 2005 at Huffington Post. And I, it was a blog post I did on the seven ways to destroy political opponents. Now, I, unlike Chris Rufo, didn't say I'm doing it and bragging about it. I was saying to the Democrats, watch out, this is what they do every time, you schmucks. Right, And one of the things that I explained in that blog post was, they then try to get your own side to bury you, right? Then they'll say, oh, do, do you denounce her? Oh, you don't denounce her? Oh, that's it, you're an anti, in this case, you're an anti-Semite. Right, this is what the left has been doing for years. And now that you're getting a taste of your own medicine, that's very entertaining. You deserve it, I hope more of it happens. You hate all Jews, etc. Well, first of all, there was no from the river to the sea chant at Harvard at all. And there was some hassling of, uh, of as a student, which I think is 10 times worse, not 1,000 times worse. But good news, Claudine Gay called that out and said it was wrong. So she said, look, she She said it would be wrong if they started killing them. Hated <laughs> the policy. The policy is you, can, you can't harass an individual. Good. So if it becomes an action, then it's a problem. That was hilarious. That's right, that should be the policy, right? And, but in a political context, yes, you can chant things. And even though they didn't chant that, they did apparently chant about the intifada. Intifada, again, a giant political question as to what it means, right? <laughs> and so, but I think part oh, of it is that mainstream man. media totally agreed with them on this. And so the New York Times wanted to get her fired. So they, like the, these guys wanted to, was, were a convenient excuse. So this is just, it's terrible for America in every way, but thank you to them for admitting uh, the hatchet jobs and the character assassinations they do on a regular basis. Is anyone ever going to wake up? I've been saying this for how many years now? Remember I talked about how they did it to Elliot Spitzer. They've done it to countless people. They've done it to me. How, when is it gonna get through Al Franken? Uh, you deserved it and Al Franken deserved it. Thank you. When is it going to get through their, your head that these are character assassinations? How about when they write an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal going, we like to character assassinate anyone who doesn't agree with us and get them canceled and ruin their life. Does that help? He's got a blinking neon sign on it. Does that help you understand? No, I guarantee you the next time that this happens, mainstream media and huge portions of the left 
will help them destroy one of our own. It is absolutely the case that this is, as Jenk has suggested, old school oppo research that is fed to the media and then the media carries the ball. And that's exactly what happened. The media so anxious not to offend and it's also true that the liberal spectrum is more likely to go after their own than the conservative or right wing spectrum. They would likely close ranks about around someone who was in a similar controversy. The minute you saw the plagiarism thing come up, you knew it was Oppo research and very few people on the left anyway could survive a two week news cycle of the sort that Jordan just mentioned. So yeah, this struck me as very old school, I think Jenk put it well, character assassination. It is basic Oppo research. The minute you saw the plagiarism thing, you knew that what was that's what was going on. This is a far more nuanced situation at Harvard and across these elite universities than I think was being played out in the press. And that's another thing. This is an easy to understand thing, whether it's easy to have an opinion on if you don't see the nuance. I, I myself fell into a, a kind of a, a inability to, to really distinguish what was going on until I actually looked at the testimony. So uh, yeah, this is really old school, but in this environment, which is highly polarized, it becomes new school. So it's, it's in part, it's about her and her losing that position, because that was a significant hire. I mean, this was the first woman of color to run that school, which I have no affiliation with the school. I don't really care about the health of Harvard, but for her and for what that means to people, that is significant. And that's why they targeted her. So this isn't the first time that Chris Rufo has done something like this. Think back to when the critical race theory controversy on the right first began to emerge. He helped gin that up and just look at the data. It came out of nowhere. You can see how people's awareness of that term materialized almost overnight. Now you all know that critical race theory is taught in law schools as an alternative way to understand and teach the law. But he convinced gullible conservatives that it's everywhere. Uh, again. Again, this is the same tactic that they use with the election, pretending, oh, this is just Fox News. No, critical race theory became a thing because people started to realize the total insanity the teachers were teaching children. Total AIDS commie insanity was being taught to children. And that's, people were like, holy shit, did you see what they're teaching these kids? And that's when it became popular. It's just really, the gaslighting's hilarious. And especially in elementary school what kids. What a lying textbooks. lesbian. But he's telling you what they're going to do next, and that's with DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you can see the same trends. Look at this. Good. I hope this shit is completely dismantled. I'm just skeptical. Like, I mean, I wish some of these people, you could get them in an honest moment uh, where they would reveal their strategy. You know, like some of these guys, like Malai. You know, like he, he says good stuff. He seems to be doing like a halfway decent job so far. But then he's like, ah, oh, I want to be. And like, I don't care if you're a Jew. If you're like, hey, I want to be a Jew. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, you can't blame people for going like, okay, what, what, you, like, you really, man, you really, this guy really loves the Jews. So, like, I would love to get that guy in an honest moment and ask him, like, are you doing this strategically? Because like I could at least see someone going, yeah, you got to do it strategically, otherwise they're going to cut your head off. And it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Or, or or Rufo, if Rufo was like, look, I see an opportunity here, to 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 take some power away from the left, and we're gonna we're gonna like team up with the Zionists to do it. Now I don't think that strategy works long term at all. Uh, but like, 
I could at least understand it if that's what they were doing, but I don't know if that's what they're doing. Um, but, I mean, I will say, if if you're of that opinion that, like, Rufo is teaming up with the Zionists here to try to, like, weaken the left, and they found something they could kind of, you know, I guess, cooperate on, I could see why you would do it, I would just need to hear the argument for how you think it's going to work out once this is over. You know, like, are, are you getting assurances? They're like, look, we realize, you know, what we were doing with white people, that was a mistake. I just can't imagine that I would ever hear that. Okay, but like, it would be important if that's what's on the table. You should talk about that. But these people will never talk about any of this. So I don't know. I, I think, I think, like I said, this is probably retards fighting each other. Um, but I do like that, like, they did get a scalp, and that's good. It's good to get a leftist scalp. Um, I just wish that the people behind this were, like, much more America first. And I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. Like, like, if this, if they got a scalp over anti-white shit, I would be, I'd be like, hey, you might see something. This might be something. If they had gotten this over a person i mean you you just look in the past all the opportunities if that were to happen there have been professors that have called for the death of innocent white people and they didn't even get fired now if they if they would have gotten a scalp over that i would have said hey you know we might see some tables turning here but i'm not I, are you aware of a scalp ever taken because someone said some anti-white shit i'm not mate but i want to be accurate maybe i'm missing it but so, yeah, I just, this is just kind of like, I, I just, uh, you could call me pessimistic or jaded. I just think that what this is, is you're going to get the, the, the Jews are going to get their position back on the oppression pyramid. And then, you know, the schools are going to go back to the fuck white people narrative. Uh, I hope I'm wrong about that. I, you know, I hate to be. You know, if some people think this is like a really good scalp, I don't want to, you know, shit on the parade or rain on the parade or whatever. I just, you know, I see it's just rarely, rarely do you ever see something work out to that degree. I just look, if it happens, I'll say, hey, I was wrong. I shouldn't have been so pessimistic. This is wonderful. But, you know, I'm not there yet because I, I just don't believe it. You can see the interest in DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion, following the same trajectory. He's doing this all over again and he's targeting high profile people of color or women who want an inclusive world, want inclusive workplaces, which is something that's good and we should all celebrate. But he's explicitly telling you, one goal for 2024, 50% plus net reduction of DEI jobs in corporate good. America, put the entire industry. That's great. Yeah, put it, the entire industry into chaos. Make it a career path to nowhere. That's wonderful. I do like that. Into chaos, make it a career path to nowhere. What more do people need? I'm, I just, how, what do you make of this? Yeah, it, so. That you're taking else. Again, my frustration is around not them attempting this. I get it. And by the way, there's like, on the left, there was only one group that has ever been effective like this. Uh, in, in actually targeting someone and getting them. But not because they disagreed with diversity, that's because they, the, the people on the right said atrocious, horrible, horrific things about other people, right? 
But even then, I didn't really agree, to be honest. And it was a color of change. They're an incredibly powerful, great, dynamic, basically African-American group that made a huge difference. And they were the people who got Glenn Beck fired, right? And they had a couple of other successes. But I said, guys, be careful. Now here, in this case, I'm biased, okay? Because I said, if you guys go after them based on an, a challenging their advertisers, which was their strategy, they're gonna do it back to us. But the right- oh, No, 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 see, so again, Cenk does this all the time. First of all, you went along with all of this. You went along with every one of these. This is exactly what he did with Russiagate. This is exactly what he did with masks. Remember the thing with masks? He said, oh, guys, we told you from the beginning the masks didn't work. That's a total lie. That's a blatant, blatant lie. So now he's like, oh, yeah, when they were canceling Glenn Beck, we were like against it. Bull fucking shit, Cenk. Right wing has infinite money and the left wing has almost no money. So, well, that came to pass. And now, yes, uh, advertisers are very, very worried about going on racist shows. That sounds good, right? But they're also equally worried, if not more so, about going on non-racist shows or shows that fight against racism. Why? Well, you deserve that because the whole racism thing is bullshit. It's just a power play. Because the right wing made it toxic. Oh, I can't believe that Bud Light supported someone who's trans. So, but they sent her one beer can. One beer can. Apparently, transgender people can't have a single beer, right? <laughs> and oh yeah, watch out for young Turks. Commies get nothing, nothing, not even a beer. You know they fight against racists. Boo! Oh, oh they, you know. So speaking of that, so yeah, I'll, I'll cover tomorrow this debate uh, between uh, um, Glenn Greenwald, Alex Jones, Darren Beatty, and and three rabbit homosexuals. Um, and I saw Jack Pasebic, and I don't have. I'm not saying Pasebic was wrong. I'm just. I'm just giving you my viewpoint. Because uh, you don't have to. You can like. I, I don't. If you don't agree, it's fine. But he said this. He said, "Well, I'll at least give credit to the Krasensteins and Destiny that they'll even d- debate." And my response to that is, "No, I'm not giving them fucking shit. Fuck these people. Okay, I don't care. I don't give a fuck if they're debating." Okay, fuck them. Like, they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They lie. They're ridiculous liars. So, fuck them. I'm giving them nothing. Commies get nothing from me. Now, that doesn't mean you you can... I'm not saying Pesabic said anything wrong. You know, if he wants to give credit to these three rabid homosexuals, that's fine. But I'm, I'm giving them nothing. You get nothing from me at all. I don't give a shit. Now we're in a, in a mosh pit of misinformation, et cetera, et cetera. So, but outside of, of color of change, who did it in a legitimate way, but in a way that I just explained I don't agree with, right? No one on the left has the capacity to do this. We have almost no money, we have no infrastructure. Meanwhile, when the right wing writes about it, like we're like some sort of, we Svengalis that control the whole country, we control nothing. Are you okay, crazy? So that's preposterous, that's completely. That's completely preposterous. We're like, we, I brag all the time, we got 11 Justice Democrats in the Congress. Out of 535, okay? Which, where do we control everything? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. What's well, because you're an idiot. You're a delusional idiot with no grasp over anything that you talk about. Guys, the underlying problem is the one that is so infuriating. The issue of Claudine Gay's whether you know what kind of chance she condemns forcefully enough or not forcefully enough 
or her so-called plagiarism because of inadequate citations? Look, I read some of it. Some of it was like, she says, she cites a stat about, oh, 50% of Americans think this. And they're like, and here it is in another book. 50% of Americans believe this. Yeah, because it's a stat. It's a stat. They both use the same stat, right? What is she never, once the one person writes a stat in a book, no one else is allowed to say it? Inadequate citations. Do you have any idea how microscopic that issue is? Like, outside of protecting Israel, let's keep it real, okay? Would the New York Times have written on December 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 17th, 22nd, and 25th about how Oberlin's assistant dean <laughs> missed three citations in 1987? Of course not. This is insane. So if you helped to but you deserve it. You deserve it. Butcher her career. Congratulations. You helped these conservative dirtbags and they're laughing at you. <laughs> we got these idiots in mainstream media and these idiots on the left to bury their own. Ha ha, we win. That's what that op-ed is, but so the, be proud. This is why though the mainstream media has some power, Jank, don't you think? Because they do play it down the middle. They do, they do respond. They to do not play it down the middle, that is delusional. To the public outcry as ever and, and the red meat associated with what you're talking about. That and, and you know, I'm sort of a newcomer to YouTube. I want my show's only been on a little over a year, and I see the way even YouTube uh, will demonetize a show or reduce my monetization because oh. I'm dealing with politics. Oh, oh, just like Homo Cuomo. Did you see this shit? Chris Cuomo? <laughs> He's like he made a video the other day, like I mean, we're like a decade, or maybe not a decade, but like, I've been doing this over seven years. There's other people that have been out here for way longer than me. <laughs> and we've been dealing with censorship and shadow banning for years and years and years. And this motherfucker in 2024 is like, yeah, you know, like, uh, now that they're not returning my calls, uh, I'm getting shadow banned. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, you fucking bitch. Oh, now you got to swim with the rest of us. Good luck. It's tough. It's tough, but you can make it. You just got to you got to you got to fucking grind and you, well, this is the thing. You have to be credible and uh and you have to have a a loyal audience and I don't think uh Cuomo has any of that. So this is going to be fascinating to see how many people cuz his numbers aren't that great. His numbers aren't that great. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, and now this guy, this guy, Mark, who is having a side effect of having too many cocks in his mouth over his long uh, uh, life, uh, clearly, uh, he, um, he's now like, oh, guys, I can't believe it, I'm getting shouted, but yeah, yeah, man, it'll be beautiful, I tell you, because none of these people thought it would happen to them. Meanwhile, there is a contingent of independent content creators who for years have been uh, building up presences on alt tech platforms that hopefully will all survive. Because what I would love is if we go to the other side and we finally get out of this. And and I think we're closer than we've ever been. Uh, I'm just I'm so I'm just I'm always hesitant because you can't trust anybody. But I will say Rumble is doing a pretty good job. And uh, and then you got Bitshoot. Hopefully they get their live streaming. Tim, I tell you this, if BitChute delivers on a payment processor and live streaming that works, I will 
personally declare the end of the dark times of censorship. I mean, it'll still be here, but from the standpoint, like the we'll be almost completely out of the tunnel. Um, I don't know if that's an overreaction, but I would think that between Rumble and BitChute, uh, and then having a presence everywhere that you possibly can, I would think that we would be pretty close to not unfuckwithable, but like I think because it used to be there was nowhere to go. That would be two places. Because the thing about BitChute and Rumble, there's a lot of people on those sites. There's other great free speech sites that there's not a ton of people on there, and that's fine. There's nothing. They, I hope they. I hope they get a ton of people. I hope they get a ton of people. But right now, the, the sites with the biggest amount of people are BitChute, Rumble, and Gab, for example. And um, that's so that would be very solid. That would be very solid. You know, I thought about this before. I was saying that, like, we have to survive through this. And, and what I'm realizing now is I think that we're going to survive through the censorship era and then what might get us, and I and we're there's we're fine, uh, uh, but like, what I didn't realize is when we come out of that tunnel, we're going to be faced with an economy, and a world situation that is going to be fucking crazy. So we got to survive that next. Because I always thought, well, what'll happen is we'll come out of the tunnel, and then we'll be like, all right, cool, we survived, and now we're going to really, or everything's going to be fine. No, no, no. Now you have to face this economy and this world situation and what the Biden regime does if they don't win the election. Then you got to survive that. Okay? Which is fine. You got to you got to you got to try. What are you going to do? It just if it gets hard, you just got to try. You got to be like, "All right, well, then we'll fucking try this and see what happens." Um, so, but I will say surviving that um, you got a better shot if there's platforms where you can speak freer. And also, I mean, Twitter is getting better. It's not what it needs to be, but it just seems like we're a lot better off than we were. And that's good. And I hope to see Rumble feature more like people that say whatever. Like Revenge of the Sis. I was glad that they Rumble like gave them a deal. They say nigger and faggot. And they got a deal. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. I've never seen that before. I, I Like a company that big giving a deal to people that say the gamer words? I, I'm not aware of that. I mean, pre like the bullshit era, obviously back in the day in like 2013, no one gave a fuck. I'm not talking about back then. I'm talking about like since things went to total clown world. So maybe that's a sign that, you know, there's going to be a good thing. And I hope they do that with other commentators. And I don't, like I said, I don't care who it is. I don't care whether people like the commentators or don't like the commentators. It's got to be actually independent and actually offend. Actually offend. None of this safe bullshit. We need actual offenders that say unacceptable things. That's what you need. And I don't care what the things are. I don't care who they're directed against. So maybe, you know, we'll see. But it, I think BitChute is working on live streaming. And, um, and, uh, it, I think they've tested it, and so hopefully that comes. And like I said, they're working on pay shoot, so that would be like it's, it's taken a long time. I mean, it's I remember it was supposed to come out like three, four years ago, the live streaming. But if it's done right and it works, fine. Take however long you need, but just make sure it works. 
And uh, and I also like what they did on BitChute. Uh, I forget what they call it. There's a thing on BitChute where um, you have this comment box. When you upload a video, there's a brief period of time where you can go into a comment box, uh, which is different from the comment section. It's like a live chat where you can go in and say whatever you want, and then it disappears. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so So... And the Bitchu comment section is already completely wild. So that's going to be even better. And so that's good. And so that's like a good direction. There are things that they did that I, I don't think are great. Like, But it, but again, it's, it's Ray's company. He can do what he wants. If he views like it, it being better to like try to deal with the government of the UK and try to sit at the table with them, that's his, that's his call. That's his call. I think they're going to eat him alive eventually. But give it a shot. I mean, it's, it's, it's his call. But hopefully as a contingency plan for if they try to eat him alive and they, you know, figure it out. So we'll see. But, yeah, this is going to be also the year that we find out how prepared is Rumble. Because Rumble hasn't gotten the full attack yet. Rumble ha And same with Twitter. We're going to see, you know, I, I would fully expect um, the app stores to try to get rid of Twitter or, or Rumble. So we're, we're going to see. We're going to see how how prepared they are for a full frontal attack because i would think in the election year is going to definitely be the year where they decide to go after as many of these platforms as they can as hard as they can so we're going to find out and hopefully they survive and if they survive i think we'll be in really good shape and that's not as advertiser friendly so what does that mean that means that mainstream voices like the mainstream media have even more power because advertisers still go there so the ms's of the world the cnn's of the world fox news channels of the world they have more power and and i, I just see how they respond to the public discourse and which way it's going so as they interest introduce critical race theory and as they introduce the the court of the jihadism associated with uh, getting rid of these uh, uh universal the presidents, you see how the mainstream media can lead that charge. Yeah, no, the mainstream media is the cancer. I mean, I hate to say it uh, because we love journalism and we want there to be great journalism. And whenever New York Times, Washington Post, etc., does a great story, we go out of our way to say, what a wonderful story, do more like that, right? Because we don't want to kill them off like the right wing, we want to make them better. But they, but they, but they're so terrible. And so why are they terrible? Number one is you see they fall right into this trap or they, they're conservative themselves. So they wanted to get rid of them. Let's be honest, you don't write 28 different articles about the smallest issue in America. Now think about it this way. They, they're focused on she didn't denounce a chant enough and she missed a citation in 1997, right? Meanwhile, because but this started with genocide. Okay, we're worried about it. Of course, we're all worried about it, right? On either side. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the Young Turks guy is like, oh, yeah, I'm really worried about genocide. You're worried about certain genocides, but other genocides you don't really seem to have a problem with. Wait, is that true? Are we both worried about it? Because Stefanik, who brought this up in the first place, voted for genocide. She said, oh, you can kill as many Palestinian civilians as you want. I don't care. Every Republican, most Democrats said, we don't care. Kill, murder as many Palestinian civilians as you want. Don't kill. Genocide, ethnic cleansing, 85% of Palestinians in Gaza now don't have a home. They've been driven out of their homes. Where's the congressional hearings? Where? Now look, I'm fair, New York Times has done some great reporting about that, okay? 
But now you're gonna turn around and you're gonna say, no, she has to be eliminated, Elimin this microscopic issue. So look, the other part of it is mainstream media hates progressives, hates us. They hate us 2000 times more than they hate the right wing. So let's keep it real. I understand a lot of reporters are on the quote unquote liberal side. You mention anything progressive, they almost vomit. Because they, you know, look, I'll play a little pop psychology here. I'm going too far, but I'll do it anyway. I think that they think that a lot of those guys went to Harvard, a lot of the New York Times reporters, Washington Post reporters, they went to the top schools and they have a job that's an important job, but doesn't pay that well, okay? The reporters. And so when they see progressives who are trying to do good in the world, and they think, well, maybe I could have done some good in the world, but I didn't. I instead I'm doing this and I'm doing I'm a stenographer for the establishment. Oh, Joe Manchin, the moderate. So well, like you're a stenographer for the establishment. This thing, he's so moderate. Oh no, he's not corporate. He's not funded by these giant donors. No, 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 no. So when they see a progressive doing something positive in the world, they, they view it as a personal insult. Like, oh, so you think change is possible in the world? Boo! We're all skeptics here. Let's destroy, help the conservatives destroy them. Yeah, 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 get out of here, man. Mainstream media, oftentimes deeply, deeply counterproductive. I, let me just say one thing though, Jenk, because I think that they booted that in the congressional testimony, just because you mentioned Congress and genocide. I thought they booted that question unnecessarily. The question wasn't about some chance in some general sense. They were specifically asked about the calling for a, a genocide against Jews. You don't think that they're gonna handle that question a little bit more? I didn't think that was a particularly tough question to handle. Yeah, look, it's super easy to handle. They they, they did. didn't handle it though, super yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, but. Mark, I don't disagree with that. And they did what their lawyers instructed them. I know it, there's no question in my mind. That's, they wrote up a statement, you gotta read this, don't vary from it, etc. is my guess. But I've been through enough of those to sure. know that that's- uh, That makes sense, that yes, tracks, right? Okay. So how would I have answered it? Like, we're gonna talk about genocide of Jews or Palestinians at Harvard or Penn, no way. No way, right? And so, but how we regulate that is an important and difficult question. Let's talk it through, right? And I would have had a human conversation about it. We're not ever gonna let you intimidate, terrorize Jewish students, never gonna happen, okay? That's crazy. And so we'll take any action we need to do to make sure that doesn't happen. So should they have answered it that way? Yes. So they didn't, they went with their lawyer's advice and didn't answer it as, vituperatively as I just did. Right, or, or as honestly, I mean, as yeah. with any gray area. Right, so that's why they should be fired? Like over that, that thing, where they're actually correct on the policy, but they didn't scream it like I did. Well, they didn't respect the, I, I presume, the gray area that the policy allows. I mean, if you're really calling for the genocide of Jews, in, in campus discourse, through uh, that's a different thing than river to the sea, which you can interpret as you say. But uh, the question was easy. See, it, the question mentioned genocide of Jews, Jack. It was yeah. not a hard question. Come on. No, I know. I hear you on that, Mark. But listen, I always, whenever there's a situation like that, I always flip it to my identity and say, Hey, do I view it the same way? Great. That's okay. A, okay. Right. So, and I went to Penn. So, if the president of Penn was asked and they said, Okay, what do you think about if there's people are chanting about the genocide of Muslims, which by the way, a lot of people are calling for the genocide of Muslims in, in Gaza, right? And she answered the same exact way that her lawyer boilerplate that they gave her. 
I wouldn't want her fired. There's no way I would want her fired. Because I know she read the lawyer's comment. And the statement she made about the policy yeah. is actually correct. So what's funny is they there's very few people that are defending the retards at the hearing because they bungled it so much. But Chank will defend it, that's amazing. And that's the least problem that Muslims have in this country. That a theoretical chant that didn't happen, she read the correct policy, but didn't sound pissed enough about it. Oh, there's no way I would ask for her to get fired. Well, you've run a lot into into that response, even into the hypothetical. I don't know. I, I just didn't see it as a, as a difficult question. I, I mean, the hypothetical was so cartoonish, so as to I thought provoke an easy response on her part, and and the and the response of the other presidents. So, last thing I'll say on it is, Mark. So what they, the policy is, if you're directing it at a student and they surround a Muslim student, they surround a Jewish student and they yell at him, totally wrong, you should be, you can and will be punished for, at Penn, Harvard, etc. Okay, that's the policy and they stated that, okay? But if you do a generalized chant, well, the, uh, the uh, Jews uh, will not replace us, right? They did it in Charlottesville, nobody, they didn't get arrested over it, right? That's free, freedom of speech, we hate it. But it's freedom of speech. The Muslims will not replace us. We hate the Muslims. The Muslims are dogs. We should kill the Muslims, etc. That is allowed. I get it, but that was. This is the first time Chenk has ever made it seem like Jews will not replace us is protected speech. And it's to use it in defense of his side's insanity. Even though he has gone along with all of the lawsuits they did against those protesters, trying to bankrupt them over bullshit. Unbelievable, despicable. Wasn't the hypothetical, it was, is it the violation of Harvard policy or Penn policy to call for the genocide of Jews? That's what it was. They made, they didn't say to chant, Jews will not replace us or whatever. And so they made it even more cartoonish, that's my point. Okay, I, no, you're never gonna get me to uh, care about a trap that they laid for her and that she, Mix up the verbiage. No, on. I'm saying I'm not saying that she should have. I'm saying that it was an easy question to respond to. That's all I'm saying. Sure, so, and okay. yeah, and oh, people overly it lawyered. It was overly lawyered. Okay, right, exactly. But these are again, though. But Mark, that goes to my point. Microscopic issue, blow, like now treated more seriously than the actual genocide right. of Palestinians. That I will. That that's a different conversation. Okay, yeah. all right. I mean, there's a power imbalance. Uh, in media and how operatives exploit it. And Democrats need to recognize that the right through operations like Heritage and uh, Manhattan Institute are being well funded to do these types of things. And they are driving narratives and built an ecosystem on the in the media that is working. They are obtaining their objectives. They have total capture over all of these institutions and they're looking for more. They're looking for elite schools. They're looking for legacy media. He, he explicitly laments in this op-ed that center left or also progressive, which he uses interchangeably even though we know it's not. He complains that they have control over legacy media. Whether you are a wealthy benefactor on the left or a small dollar contributor, you have to recognize this is an uneven, an uneven playing field and we can pretend like it's not and just expect outcomes to be different, but that's not the reality. And they are going to continue doing things like this until the left can build an adequate response and garner, like enrich an ecosystem that can provide a sufficient counterbalance to what they're doing.
That's a great point, and I also think that speaks to what Jenk was saying about sort of the reframing of someone like Manchin as a moderate, as more mainstream. That speaks to what you're talking about, Jordan, yeah. Yeah, and hey, editors at the New York Times, etc. you wanna wake up ever, ever? It's in the Washington Wall Street Journal, you could read it. Like, how they played you for utter fools. Is that gonna affect anything you do going forward? What a retard, okay. Uh Report, or excuse me, resort cancels MTG's January 6th anniversary event. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I hope you know that tomorrow is January 6th, the pretty infamous day in recent American history. It will be the third anniversary, after all, of the storming of the Capitol, the attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And for some, Conservatives, it is a day not to be remembered, to try to learn lessons from, but to be commemorated, to take advantage of. And Marjorie Greene is one who tried to do that. So she had this event, this is first reported by NBC News, that was promoted to local Republicans as an exclusive event with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene at the Westgate Resorts. The event details said the occasion was the third anniversary of January 6th. Now initially, the event was pitched as just like a book signing thing, but it, it eventually, like people caught on that this is not the extent of it. And the event was canceled by Westgate Resorts. They did not wanna be involved in this. And I think there's, there's good cause. So here is some of the documentation that was going around for the event. It says general admission will receive a book and be able to hear Marjorie Green speak. VIPs will get their pictures with Marjorie Green and receive preferred seating. Executive VIPs will be invited to a special private briefing on J6 and DC. So the event was canceled. I don't know if they're gonna be able to come up with another venue by tomorrow, but I just wanna pause on that note. And I wanna go to you, Jackson. We know what Marjorie Green has said about January 6th in public. What do you think she would say in private to people who had just given her a bunch of money? Probably much of the same because she's out of her mind and she's the same person constantly. So I don't really think she would say much of anything different. Maybe she would curse a little bit more and say like spicy words, but like she just strikes me as someone who's always on the same tune. So like, I don't really think there would be much of anything different, but this is to no surprise. I mean, anybody who has any type of healthy brand or reputation to protect wouldn't want an event like this on January 6th, I mean. It's Great, because hopefully if we get control, uh, we will have a society that doesn't want anything to do with commies and you won't be able to have an event anywhere at all in the country. It's just gonna bring you all types of scrutiny that you really don't need. Um, and it's quite yeah. obvious. I mean, who needs scrutiny when it comes to commies? That's why we just have to remove them from society. So I'm on board, you've convinced me, Jackson, I'm on board to what you're signaling trying to have the event on that day. And ain't nobody, ain't nobody buying her book anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, um, I mean, look, I, this is some high quality commentary, high IQ. Yeah, I, I think that she's definitely one of the craziest people that we have in Congress for sure. You know, what do you think? I mean, next she's they're gonna be trying to erect monuments to these people from January 6th, that's next. Mm. Following the tradition of what happened uh, with the Confederacy in this country. The, the venue was absolutely right to do it. It is is it's a day. And hopefully venues start canceling your shit and they would have every right to do that.
dangerous undertaking. Anything? And say, I'm sorry, we don't uh, we don't serve commies that look like praying mantises. Uh, that's not. We don't want anything to do with praying mantis looking commies. Could have happened there, and they were absolutely wise to say, nope, Marjorie Taylor Greene, not here and not on this day. Yeah, you know, and I'm then we'll say, not here, not anywhere. Well, where am I going to go? I don't care. You just have to. You have to go. There's plenty of other countries you can go to. Go to whatever one you want. I'm glad that you mentioned you the, uh, here, the monuments because there is. I think there's good reason to believe that you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, we could have something like that. I would remind everyone. I mean, most people probably know, but like we, we have all these national conversations about the monuments, like for Confederate, like war heroes or whatever. Most of those were not made back then. They were That's made right. decades later Good. by people. And we'll have to make new ones uh, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll restore them all. People who right. were trying to rewrite the history of it. Um, the Confederate flag wasn't that popular right after the Civil War. It was picked up by people who wanted to romanticize the effort to destroy the country and continue slavery way after the conflict was over. So I Again, that's your narrative. That's your made up narrative. I think Nina, I think you're 100% right. Someday we, we could have people who try to pick this up, um, you know, stop the steal and J6 and make America great again, long after Donald Trump has keeled over on the toilet. But anyway, um, I do want to talk about the other side of this. And, and I would just really fast say, I understand that Marjorie Greene, if you were to ask her, would never admit that this was a horrendous act that Donald Trump was culpable for or anything like that. But regardless, she says that they were patriots. She knows that many of them are conservatives. That's why she has a problem with the fact that they're in solitary confinement. So even if she thinks it just got out of control, multiple people died. One of their protesters or whatever was shot dead. And she's doing an event on the day. Like imagine if like a bunch of Bernie fans got together and everything got way out of control and having nothing to do. Well, why don't you just do the Black Lives Matter riots, fucking retard? With Bernie Sanders or whatever, something happened where multiple people died. And then every year we did a big event on that day. Would we not look like monsters? Yes, you are monsters because this is what you did with George Floyd. So you, you, you just completely cooked yourself. And yet she's not seen by the right as a monster. And they're all gonna know because you're the monster. Have events on that day, and I'm not saying that you can't do an event if it's too. No, dude, make your bed fully. Say you can't do it, and you're for the cancellation. Because I, for sure, am not gonna fucking flinch or hesitate if the sh the shoes on the other foot. Okay, you're gone. You're gone. You get nothing. You get no events. You get no job. You get no anything. You can't go into stores. Commies must be removed from society completely, humanely, politically, and legally. Okay, so don't get a weak stomach now. Don't get a weak stomach. Marry your shit. Try to, again, like I said, learn lessons from that day. Make sure that it never happens. I think that makes sense. And in fact, that is what Joe Biden is doing. So he's sort of formally launching his campaign near Valley Forge on January 6th. He's going to give a big speech. You know, he's been giving a speech today, actually. He's going to be talking about political violence and extremism and fascism and the fight to, you know, protect democracy. And obviously, we we have a lot to criticize Joe Biden for, and we do frequently. But there's like there are January 6th events, and then there are January 6th celebrations. And the fact that the right already feels free 
to do the latter, I just find to be so sick. See, Dana see, do you hear that? They just take them. The mask is they can't take the mask off further. They're taking their face off now. He's upset that people feel free to disagree with him. These are sick people. These are sick people. You know, I want, I want to start with you. Um, what do you think about Joe Biden's plans to, to give this speech? I don't know. I mean, yeah, January 6th was horrible. And what is happening in this country to this very moment and what's happening in the world is horrible too. And so John, unless he's gonna address all of those things, I, I don't know. I mean, just giving a speech as far as I'm concerned. I have not been impressed with any of the speeches that he has given to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, the speech he should be given at this moment as we look back on January 6th is what is happening in the Middle East. What is happening in the Congo? You know, what is happening in Sudan? What is happening in the world and how that type of energy and synergy is destructive to humanity? So I think he lacks the moral standing, really, to say anything about January 6th. Well, I think, again, I agree. I think it's going to be one of many speeches that he gives this year. And, um, you know, he's not like a a great orator or anything like that. He never has been. So I don't think it's going to really make headlines. The way I see it, this election is just boils down to Joe Biden. No, no, not he was a decent speaker uh, before he had dementia. I'm not saying he was the greatest speaker ever, but he definitely had uh, good skills delivering speeches. He, You go back to those videos. It's a completely different person. I, If you watch those old videos and... You could see why there's people that think it's not even Joe Biden. Like, it's a completely different person. He looks different. He talks different. And, uh, and you know, certainly, like I said, he's not, he's not the greatest speaker ever. But he was, he was a, a competent political speaker. He could give a speech. Um, and now he's gone. He is, he's a completely different person. He's completely gone. Not votes in the end. I, I yeah I don't see people flocking to tr that's people aren't going to flock to Trump. It's going to be a matter of if Biden doesn't lose enough votes in the end. Um, people are literally flocking to Trump. What are you talking about? So I mean, I, and and some of it isn't because of Trump. Some of it's because of the economy, and they they remember what the economy was like under Trump, and they would prefer to have that. I was this is one of the most ratchet elections of my lifetime. Hmm. I mean, we got Donald Trump who is just beyond words and then we got biden who's you know kind of not really there but to me this kind of symbolizes the end of the reagan clinton era and that doesn't mean that the corruption and stuff is gone but just in terms of the people who were at the helm of it they're in their 80s now you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. the ultimate silver lining for me is that we have a lot of room and opportunity to get better people in offices from the top all the way down federally state locally all of that um, there's a lot of room for Gen X, Gen uh, Y, and Gen Z to get our behinds up in office. So yeah. uh, I'm looking very much looking forward to getting out the vote, not just for this election, but for all of these elections, because there's so much going on. It's, it's a great point. I mean, you know, control the House, obviously super important. Um, difficult Senate map for the Democrats is a lot of races, even if the, you know, the presidential race doesn't get you fired up. And I think there's a lot of reason that it wouldn't for many people, particularly leftists. There are a lot of races, local races, school board races, a lot, um, let alone ballot initiatives and all that, a lot of stuff to, to focus on. Uh, I, so I like the direction that you took there, Jackson, and it is a productive one. I would just remind everyone that while this should be the last election that looks like this, if Donald Trump loses, 
And if his arteries hang in there, he could run in four years. I mean, he'll maintain control of that party until he is underground. So we might not be out of the woods even if Biden can put him away again, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, now here's their coverage of SCOTUS taking the case when it comes to the ballot. The Supreme Court has announced that they will be weighing in on Colorado's controversial removal of Donald Trump from the GOP primary ballot. As you probably already know, both Colorado as a result of a decision from their Supreme Court, as well as Maine due to a decision from the Democratic Secretary of State have removed him from the ballot. And we've been expecting that the Supreme Court is going to weigh in. And also understanding that they kind of have to weigh in at this point. This is exactly what the Supreme Court is for. Well, they will be determining the viability of that decision. And we don't have to wait too long for it. Oral arguments are scheduled for February 8th. We don't know how long those will go on. We don't know how long after that we'll have to wait for a final decision. But considering that February 8th is already after a couple of the GOP primary dates. They can't really wait that long. Um, this is this uncertainty could lead to more states removing him from the ballot. There is always the possibility that Biden could be in some underhanded way that strains the definition of the 14th Amendment removed. So the SCOTUS has a responsibility and a duty to weigh in, and they are finally announcing that they will do that. I want to start with you, Senator Nina Turner. Um, what do you expect about this? Are you surprised? How do you expect uh, them to, to finally rule? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised, John. And as you mentioned, they have to weigh in on this. We're at a critical juncture right now. I really suspect that they're going to say that the states don't have the right to bump him off the ballot. We know that that United States Supreme Court is really stacked with his nominees, but this is this is unprecedented. And since he hasn't been convicted of anything in terms of the insurrection. This is pretty complicated. I want people to put aside how they feel about Donald J. Trump, and I know how many in our audience probably feels, and ask the question about whether or not this is the way to go about it. We know that in, in Colorado and Maine, we know Democrats are in control of what is happening here, and it makes it very easy for Trump to say, see, told you these Democrats are rigging the system. So this it, it, it's not a good look. And lastly- wow. Wow. People, the, the vote should be the determination about whether or not somebody should have the ability to run or even. So I've said this before. This is the first time that I've at least seen a, a, a narrative formulate where a lot of the Democrats are not on board with it and they're not in unison. And I think part of that is they're kind. This is so insane that they they want to avoid as much of the fallout as they can if this goes sideways. So it's kind of like they're just rolling it out as like a test to see kind of like how people handle it. Um, I don't think the official marching orders have gone out for this narrative though, because not enough of them are on the same page. So they're so desperate that they're trying something that's even crazier than what they did last time. And so they, um, they just kind of are throwing it out there to see what happens and to see what the fallout is and win, more importantly, should be left up to the voters. Again, this has nothing to do with whether I feel like Donald J. Trump should be president again or not. It really is about does this set up a terrible precedent that will impact other candidates, not just Donald J. Trump into the future. Yeah, I think that, you know, given that this is a rather unprecedented situation, it's, you know, easy to say that they'll probably go ahead and uh, let Trump off. But 
I know uh, how Colorado was settled and Maine was settled happened a bit differently technically. But, you know, again, right now, uh, the Supreme Court really does need to step in. Otherwise, we're just going to have state after state that makes a decision. I saw the other day, um, Illinois, uh, five voters want, uh, wanted to have him off the ballot. So it's it's really time for the Supreme Court to step in. But the, the thing about it, though, is that Donald Trump in court, you know, he can say what he wants and the polls are showing what they're showing. But in court, he doesn't have a case. I mean, his whole case is I can do whatever I want because I was president. And that's really not. That's not his case. You're making that up. Bowden will. He's losing all of his appeals. He's really not doing well um, in any of this. So he's not arguing. When has he argued that in, in any what? <laughs> Even if the Supreme Court lets oh, him stay on, he's going to be on trial this entire year. So we're just getting started with uh, seeing a bunch of craziness and how everything is going to blow up. Uh, we're just at the beginning of it. But I, I mean, we'll just have to sit back and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens and see uh, how it happens. Um, because there's a number of different ways that the Supreme Court, if they did end up allowing him to remain on the ballot, which I, like Nina and, and probably I'm assuming Jackson, feel free to weigh in if you don't think so, uh, believe that they will rule that he should be on the ballot. Uh, even if they do that, there are a variety of different ways that they can do it. And the, the long-term consequences in terms of what precedent is being set very much could be determined by that. Um, are they going to have it come down to the definition of insurrection or the definition of involved in an insurrection? Uh, is it gonna come down to the fact that they think that it shouldn't apply to the president or is it that they're not going to actually weigh in on the definition of those words or the intent of those who wrote section three and instead simply say, political question, blah, 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 we're gonna leave it to the voters. There's a variety of different ways that they can do it. And I believe Jackson, it was you and I that talked about how in Bush v. Gore, they like explicitly said, we're we're not going to be trying to set a precedent here. This applies to this particular case. It's possible that they, they could do that as well. So as I said, February 8th, we don't have long to wait. I have a feeling the eyes of the nation will be on that and we're gonna be dissecting um, the arguments that both teams, lawyers make as well as how the Supreme Court responds. All right, let's get to some breaking news from the internet. All right, this is uh, breaking news from the internet from Biz. He says it was all about money laundering. Let's have a look to see what this is. This is a tweet from Robert F. Kennedy. This is, I think, about Ukraine. He says, um, uh, few people understand what the war in Ukraine means for big business. It's not just weapons and reconstruction contracts. Ukraine's vast agricultural lands, among the most fertile in the world, are up for grabs. And American companies like BlackRock are on the front line. All right, let's have a look here. This is a war that should have never happened. It's a war that Russians tried repeatedly to settle on terms that were very, very beneficial to Ukraine and us. The major thing they wanted was for us to keep NATO out of the Ukraine. The big military contractors want to add new countries to NATO all the time. Why? Because then that country has to conform its military purchases to NATO weapon specifications, which means certain companies, Northrop North Grumman, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Lockheed get a trapped market. In March of 2022, we committed $113 billion 
just to give you an example, we could have built a home for almost every homeless person in this country. We then committed another $24 billion since then, two months ago, and now President Biden is asking for another $60 billion. But the big, big expenses are going to come after the war, when we have to rebuild all the things that we destroyed. Mitch McConnell was asked, can we really afford to spend $113 billion to Ukraine? He said, don't worry. It's not really going to Ukraine. It is it's going, going to, to American defense manufacturers. So he just admitted it's a money laundering scheme. And who do you think owns every one of those companies? BlackRock. So Tim Scott, during the Republican debate, said, don't worry. It's not a gift to Ukraine. It's a loan. Raise your hand if you think that that loan's ever getting paid back. Yeah, of course it's not. So why do they call it a loan? Is that they call it a loan, they can impose loan conditions. And what are the loan conditions that we impose on? Number one, of an extreme austerity program, so that if you're poor in Ukraine, you're going to be poor forever. Number two, most important, Ukraine has to put all of its government-owned assets up for sale to multinational corporations, including all of its agricultural land, the biggest single asset in Europe, in Ukraine. There's been a thousand years of war fought over that land. It's the richest farmland in the world. It's the breadbasket of Europe. 500,000 kids almost. Ukrainians have died to keep that land as part of Ukraine. They almost certainly didn't know about this loan condition. They've already sold 30% of it. The buyers were DuPont, Cargill, and Monsanto. Who do you think owns all of those companies? Yeah, BlackRock. And then in December, President Biden gave out the contract to rebuild Ukraine. And who do you think got that contract? BlackRock. So they're doing this right in front of us. They don't even care that we know anymore because they know that they can get away with it. And how do they know that? Because they have a strategy. And that strategy is an old, old strategy which is they keep us at war with each other. They keep us hating on each other. They keep the Republicans and Democrats fighting each other, black against white, and all these divisions that they sow. If you like this video and you want to learn more about me and the work <coughs> that we're building, please go to Kennedy24.com. That's pretty good. It's good to see something solid from him. It's been a while, so that's, uh, that's good. Uh, okay, let's get to the next breaking news thing. All right, this is uh, breaking news from the internet from Silky Johnson. What does he say here? This is uh, what kind of breaking news is this? This is um, breaking subhuman OnlyFans dilating pedophile tranny that lied on his application for a seat and screamed transphobia news. Okay, very interesting. Let's have a look at this. Um, Ohio trans lawmaker tried to hide his prior name and active sex work life. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Uh, it's like with the, uh, the teachers. All of these trannies just so happen to be the worst kind of sexual degenerates. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? Oh, man. Um, biased media and trans activists claim 
transphobic legislation is behind a tranny activist candidate in Ohio being disqualified from the ballot. However, however, Vanessa Joy, who was running for the Ohio House of Representatives for District Number 50, as a Democrat, violated state law when Joy failed to disclose a name change. The law, which is an exemption for those whose name changes through marriage, allows the public to vet candidates who may have been known under different identities. Joy, 42, has never publicly disclosed who they were prior to recently adopting the name Vanessa Joy. Joy has even petitioned a judge to seal the name change record, which was denied. I can exclusively report that Joy was previously known as Jeremy Michael Adams under the name Joy filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, something that was not told to potential voters. In addition, Joy did not disclose to the public that they're a sex worker. As recently as November of 2023, Joy posted a pornographic video of Joy masturbating to images of women. Joy uses the online moniker Vanessa Stradal and Sarkux to promote their OnlyFans account, which advertises pay-per-view pornographic videos. When presented as male, Joy lived as a heterosexual man and fathered a child who is now a toddler. I much prefer being a mom over a dad. Joy wrote on Insta, excuse me, I meant to say, quote, I much prefer being a mom over being a dad. Joy wrote on Instagram in a disturbing post on the thread social media platform. Joy wrote about using a sex toy dilator in the same room with their young child. Oh, we have another pedophile. I'm so shocked. Oh, yeah. I'm not, excuse me, I mean, quote, I am not in love with the fact that he saw my dilators sitting on a table and knew what they were, Joy wrote. Oh, my God. Why are these people the fucking worst? What is go The filth. The filth is, like, incomprehensible filth. Oh, my God. It's like, it's just... It's just <laughs> I think I don't even have words for it. Wow. Well, it's incomprehensible. That's why. Man. In a Reddit post last year, Joy wrote... My favorite part of transition, excuse me, why do I, I keep messing up the quotes? Because you, you got to be accurate, you know, you got to be accurate. It's a serious business news show on the internet. Got to get the tranny voice accurate. It's very important to be accurate. Joy wrote, <clears throat> my favorite part of transitioning, looking down and seeing boobs on me, my own. Oh. You're deliberately paying someone on OnlyFans to look at their wound? What? what is going on? How is that real? It's got to be like three people. It's got to be th three of the most... It's either three of the most degenerate people or it's like two of the most degenerate people and one fucking information patriot that for whatever reason just believes in keeping track of this shit you know these like internet librarians you know and they fucking they just goddamn it doesn't matter they just do they do they do their job and they document and holy shit 
Can you imagine? Some of these people have seen so much, it probably doesn't even phase them. You know, they probably grew up with all sorts of fucked up videos, and now they're just like, hey, this is what the trannies are doing. Woo! I salute you if that's what you're doing, but good God. I'm like nauseated. I'm like nauseated right now. Man. These are like some of the only people that have ever actually nauseated me. This is the same feeling I got when, remember the tranny that was breastfeeding, excuse me, not breastfeeding, torturing and abusing the baby by feeding it the discharge coming out of their male nipple because they took so much estrogen? That's what that is. That's not breastfeeding. It's fucking abuse and poisoning, okay? Now, it's not as severe as that time. That time, it was really rough. This is, I still, like a, ugh. It's just uh, sickening. Sickening. Anyway. Joy's social media history shows extreme leftist views, and they use dehumanizing language to refer to conservatives. That's fair. That's fair. The solution is helicopter rides, so I would not expect any niceness from, from, from those people at all. Don't be nice. Make your bed completely. Make your bed completely. Um, oh, that's it? Okay. Woo. That was, uh, that was brutal. Oh, man. What is happening? It's like, uh, it's just, uh, it's a hell of a thing. Oh, the smell of feces. I mean, how, 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 how is this a thing? How is this a thing? Oh, okay. Let's just, uh, we're going to go to the next one. Thank you, Silky Johnson. Appreciate that. All right, let's go to the next breaking news. All right, this one is uh, breaking news from the internet. From, let's see. Which one was this? Yes, this is uh, breaking news from the internet from Dewey C. A Chinese chess champion was stripped of his title after being accused of pooping in a hotel bathtub. Oh, that's okay, interesting. That's interesting. A Chinese chess champion lost his crown after being accused of showing extremely bad character by pooping in a hotel bathtub as he celebrated his title. I gotta say, this kind of, um, it's, it's a lot of Asian cultures where they care a lot about character. Uh, for example, you might have seen the video from a whore. Uh, there is a whore visiting Japan, and this whore was complaining that when she dressed like a whore and went to the gym, the Japanese people would stare at her with a look like, you fucking whore. Like she she said that as if she had a whore uh, written on her forehead. And it caused her to change and not dress like a whore anymore when she went to the gym. That is a good way to run a society. I respect the Japanese. In this instance, the Chinese. You know, um, I don't like the Chinese government. They're a bunch of assholes. But the Chinese people and the J- Japanese people seem like they, they uh, there's some things that they do that I think our society should consider. It might be too late, though, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, honor is important. And uh, not being a fucking whore, pretty important. And, uh, I, and I don't really like, I don't really care if you're a whore. I'm saying this as a person. Like, th- there's a difference between what I personally give a shit about whores about, which is irrelevant to the conversation, and public policy. Those are two completely different things. 
and they should exist separately. And one should exist quietly in the dark, and the 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 other should be a societal policy. Um, anyway, Yang Changlong. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, it's just hilarious. You know they're making fun of our names, We're like oh Donald Smith. Oh, it's fine. It's to- it's no problem. Yang Chang Long, forty eight, won the Chinese chess amateur co- chess amateur competition final on December seventeenth. Uh, according to um, the Global Times newspaper, it came with prize money of a hundred yuan. Nearly 14, excuse me, no, not 100 yuan, 100,000 yuan. Nearly 14,000 per the outlet. The sport is not quite the same as Western chess and is also known by its Chinese name, Jing Chipi, or whatever the fuck that says. Really, how is it different? Is it like Star Trek chess? Remember that shit? That was interesting. I don't know how to play it, but that looked intriguing. I'm not a big chess person. Like it's a it's okay. I remember like chess. What was that game for the old computer? Chess Master Two Thousand or something. I remember playing that. I didn't do very good. I did all right. It was like whatever. Anyway, but after checking out of his hotel the next day, an employee reported that they had found excrement in Yan's bathtub. Oh, you know what game was the fucking shit chess related? Battle chess. When the pieces would battle each other and it was like violent. That was the shit. That game was the shit. So when you captured an, an opponent's piece or vice versa, there would be like this violent killing. That that was great. It reminded me of Star Wars chess. That's fantastic. Frankly, if there were chess games like that, I'd probably play more of it. Anyway, back to this. The claim fueled rumors that he had cheated in the tournament by using anal beads. Now this is going in a direction I didn't expect equipped with wireless transmitters to send and receive information to a computer on what moves to make. Anal beads? Wow! I've never never even thought of something like that. You shove a thing up your ass and what? The way it vibrates? It's going to tell you what move to make? That's a little bit gay. Well, it's moderately gay. Putting anal beads in your ass to then have them vibrate that's about a 7 on the gay scale, in my opinion. My gay scale is from 1 to 10. 10 is full-blown sodomy. 1 is eating yogurt, maybe tea drinking. You know, minor things that we all do. Playing with Legos, opening Pokemon cards. <clears throat> I do a lot of those things. It's like a 1 on the gay scale. No, it's not, not a big deal. It's a little bit gay, but not, it's like not a big deal. It's nothing. 7 though that's, uh, that's that's you're definitely over the threshold. That's uh, that's a 7. Is is that is that too much? Is 7 too high of a score? You're shoving things in your ass. I mean, I guess another man didn't shove them in your ass. You shoved anal beans. I don't know, maybe um but everyone has their own gay scale. You know, no problem. <clears throat> the Tower Gang guys, and I like that podcast. Again, they talk about a cock a little too much for my taste, but that's okay. I just fast forward through the cock segments. <clears throat> Sometimes it's like half the show, but they, it's whatever. Again, they're libertarians, and they say nigger and faggot, and uh, anyone that does that in this day and age has my full endorsement. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, they have gay scales. I talked about this before. This was an episode from months ago where they had a question of whether or not it was gay if you took a fleshlight, uh, which is the masturbatory device, 
And if you shove the fleshlight up another man's ass and then proceeded to have sex with the fleshlight, is that gay? Uh, my answer is, of course that's gay. That's gay as shit. And I believe the only one to immediately say that it was gay was Clint Russell. So I think Clint Russell and my gay scale is probably about the same. Now, some of the other guys who are not homosexuals, as far as I'm aware, for some reason didn't view it as gay, which is interesting. So maybe is it a regional thing? Are gay scales regional depending on where they live? You know, because some people, for example, horseplay, right? There's horseplay. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. I don't know. Like, there's some horseplay that I would consider very gay that some men do that I don't think the men doing it are gay, you know? Or like, you know, in baseball games when they're smacking each other on the ass. Now, I've never played on a, ba uh, on a baseball team, but I, I'd be like, don't, I'm not, first of all, I'm not touching your ass and you're not going to touch my ass. And that's how we're going to go, you know? Now, maybe that's not compatible with baseball, and but I'll never, I never played on a baseball team, so who the hell knows? You know, but maybe I'm just overly strict. Maybe there's something. I don't know. It just seems kind of gay. It's a little bit gay. Patting another guy on the ass is about a three. That's about a four on the gay scale. You know, but like I said, a lot of people do it. And they're not necessarily homosexual. So I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, it's an interesting thing. Back to the article. Um, the... Uh, Oh, actually, there's something in parentheses here. I had no idea. Anal beads also were featured in a Western chess scandal around a year ago. I had no idea. Man, you fucking really cheat. You want to cheat that much that you're shoving shit in your ass to cheat? That's ridiculous. That's fucking ridiculous. This guy should be banned for life from chess. Unacceptable. I fucking hate cheaters. I like games. I like sports. I don't watch sports anymore, but I, I paid attention to sports. And I like all, you know, games. And I like games. Cheaters, get the, I mean, whatever. It's just, why do you got to cheat? Just get better at the game. Fucking cheating. Hate cheaters. Anyway, it's just, it's such a gay thing to do, cheat at a game. The Chinese Xinguai Association said in a statement that it was currently impossible to prove that Yan engaged in cheating via anal beads. <laughs> but it did say... This is Business Insider, by the way. This is a real article. <laughs> but did say that the pooping part was right. I, You know, when I started on the first paragraph, I figured that this was going to be like a bunch of Asians in China like taking it real seriously that a guy was kind of a slob in his hotel room that oh he left shit in the bathtub by the way if you leave shit in the bathtub there should be some sanctions that's unacceptable um and uh and uh but I, the anal piece is turning this into a classic <laughs> yan consumed alcohol with others in his room on the night of the 17th and then he defecated in the bathtub of the room he was staying in on the 18th in an act that damaged hotel property, violated public order and good morals. Yes, you got to have that. You got to have a good moral and public order. There's got to be a way to do this without the social credit system because that's fucking bullshit. I'll never go along with the social credit system. But there's got to... You don't need... If you have solid shaming, you don't need a social credit system. In the 50s, there was, like, no technology. There was no social credit shaming. But slut-shaming was very powerful and in effect. 
Yeah, you gotta, you, you get, you get, man. Anyway, so he violated public order and good morals, had a negative impact on the competition of the event, and was extremely, uh, it was of extremely bad character. Yeah, tub shitters are a, a, of extremely bad character. Tub girl is a very bad character. I don't even know who the fuck she was. Someone knows. I bet you Justin Wang. <laughs> I bet you. I, I don't know if this is the case. I watch some of his videos. I like his videos. He does deep dives on like internet shit that's like, I bet you there's probably a tub girl video where he figured out like who she was and like what, like, I don't know. There's probably the one girl. Oh, I was, there was a girl, it wasn't tub girl. It was a girl that did something so disgusting. And the beauty is, it's on YouTube, so, so like, because you want to know about some of these things, but I don't necessarily want to see it. Oh, it was the girl. Some of you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you are about to be grossed out at a level where, where, where I, I hear you, and I, I'm sorry that I'm going to tell you this, um, but it, it is what it is. It's just, there was a girl, and I'm telling you, some of you listening right now, you're going to know exactly who this is. <laughs> there was a girl that put like rotted meat in her pussy to like somehow she wanted like maggots in there this is the worst thing by the way this is horrible okay this is like something that i would rather didn't exist and if you want to argue that this girl should have been buried under a jail for this i'm with you but this is the story it's like an internet thing anyway justin wang did a video on it but he's just like in a very matter of fact way explained one of the most horrifying things that I've ever heard about on the internet. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a th that's, that happened. That happened. Anyway, <clears throat> God, <laughs> why are people so fucked up? And I'm, I'm a pretty tolerant person. I don't got any tolerance for that. You gotta go to jail, okay? You, you, like, you, you, no, you will not, if you... Or how about this? Let's compromise. You gotta bring back the mental asylums. If you wanna stick rancid meat in an orifice to feel the maggots, you gotta go into the mental institution. There's nothing we can do for you out here. You gotta go. You gotta go in. There's nothing we can do. We cannot have a society where people are sticking rotted meat into their orifices, okay? You also can't have a society where people are shitting in bathtubs and they're not cleaning it up, okay? I mean, look, frankly, if you're trying to shit in a bathtub and like, <laughs> see, this is the beauty. I, I'm, look, th those of you that hate this, I understand. I have no beef with you. I appreciate that you're listening. So, some of you are laughing your asses off right now like I Because <laughs> Tub Girl, what are you supposed to do with Tub Girl? I don't want Tub Girl to exist. But it exists, and you got to deal with it. So the best way to deal with it is to joke about it. Now, I don't know if Tub Girl, why she decided to take a picture of herself shitting on herself and putting diarrhea in a trajectory that I didn't even know was possible until the, the, the picture came out. I didn't even know that was possible. And then I was like, oh, I guess that is possible. But I have no idea why you would do that, but at least if you're going to do that, you got to clean up, especially if you're in a hotel. Now, you could sell me on jailing her just on principle. You could sell me on that. But at least you got to clean it up. Okay? So this fucking chess guy, he didn't clean it up. 
well, you, you you need to go to jail. Did they put him in jail? You know, I would think in China, if you if they said, hey, you you violated public order and good morals, I imagine there might be like a jail sentence because they don't fuck around in China, which I don't agree with. I think China's a little too harsh. I think we can learn a lot from China. They're a little too harsh. I think you go in the direction of Japan. I like Japan. They don't seem to be too unreasonable. You know, Singapore... Well, it just depends. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really have empathy towards that guy. And this was when I was like a pussy. Remember the guy that got caned for vandalizing in Singapore? And that story, when that story happened, I was a fucking liberal pussy. And I remember sitting there going, so let me get this straight. You went to another country and you fucked around? I'm like, what do you, no, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, granted, you could argue it's harsh. The caning is harsh, but I'm like, what are you doing? Why would you go to another country and do that? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, if it was like, if it was like one of these stories, there are horror stories. There was a guy that was like, he had residue. He had like weed residue on a shoelace and they, they arrested him. Like shit, like that's crazy. And I, I have total empathy for that guy. Or like there's these horror stories where someone like eats like a poppy seed bagel and the detectors in some of these fucked up countries is so crazy that they get in trouble. That shit's over the top. But if you go to Singapore and you deliberately vandalize people's cars, oh yeah, I got nothing for you. How about, how about this? How about don't be an animal and like don't vandalize? You know, Singapore, now granted, like sticking gum um, under a seat, I think that's handled very harshly. Um, Although I'll tell you that I've I've never, oh, and that's not true. When I was in elementary school, I did do that. But as an adult, I've never stuck gum anywhere. So you know, I don't know. It's interesting. They have a clean society. It no, you know what's sad? You're in the greatest country in the world ever of all time. It's not even close. And you are contemplating other countries doing things in a way and you're like oh i wonder if we should do that that's really sad that we're not like hey we we got our shit handled here in this country that you're actually thinking well maybe singapore's on to something that's really a sign we're just in we're in bad shape we're just in bad shape. especially someone like me i used to be like oh singapore except for that guy like i said i was like oh it's a little too strict now i don't know i don't know anyway back to the article about the anal bead shitter chess champion who might have cheated Okay, according to The Guardian, Yan consumed alcohol with others in his room on the night of the 17th, and then he defecated in the bath... Oh, I read that part. I, I, okay. The CXA stripped Yan of his title, revoked his prize money, and banned him from playing for a year. What was that like? In, so, <laughs> you know, it's one thing like in America, you got sports, and you got, um, who's this guy, Wander Franco? I don't know a lot about him, other than I think he's a pedophile who got caught fucking a kid. And from what I understand, he was a really good player. I haven't paid it. First of all, I haven't paid attention to sports since 2020, and I haven't paid a, paid attention to baseball since I think Barry Bonds hit all those home runs. Um, but I do know about a couple guys who were really good and who ran into trouble. So Wander Franco was a superstar uh, who got caught fucking a kid. And, uh, and uh, there was this guy, Tatis. I forget his first name. And Tatis was not a pedophile. He just did steroids, which I don't really give a fuck about steroids. I think they make too big of a deal about steroids. And I think that 
the home run race between Maguire and Sosa, and then a few years later when Barry Bonds hit like 5,000 home runs, that was the most entertaining fucking baseball that I ever experienced. And everyone knew those guys were on steroids. You know why? Because they were fucking huge. They didn't used to be huge. They also used to be normal. And then, like... Go look at the baseball card of Mark McGuire from like 87. Was that the wood ones? Remember the Topps baseball cards? They were like, they had wood borders. Go look at the McGuire. Was that, was that, was that his rookie? I, I forget. Look how thin that motherfucker is. Look at the Barry Bonds from 87. Look how thin he is. Okay, now look at them when they were blasting insane levels of home run. They were giant. And you know what's interesting? I don't know if this is a thing. Is, is steroid ass a thing? Is that a thing? Because you know what I've noticed about all these steroid guys, whether it's Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmero, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, when they were doing roids, they had fucking huge asses. Like ridiculous asses. They're giant asses. And you know who else had a big ass? And some of you who like baseball, because this guy is a golden boy, and I like him too. But you know who had a big ass when he was with the Reds? Ken Griffey Jr., Okay, so hey, would it surprise me? I know everyone loves Ken Griffey Jr. I like Ken Griffey Jr. He was a great player, and he he signs a real nice autograph. He's an, he, he's great, but you know he had a big ass with the rest of them, and he didn't used to have a big ass. Is that a thing? Do steroids give you a huge ass? Anyway, these guys they were all roided up, and it was the greatest fucking shit. That was, I remember, like, hanging out with people, and we would be like, oh, McGuire's up. And everyone would stop and watch. Or they'd be like, oh, Bonds is up. Everyone would stop and watch, okay? And now everyone's like, oh, they did stuff. Get out of here. Okay, just put an asterisk. Put these people in the Hall of Fame and put an asterisk next to them. And say these guys were obviously roided up. Who cares? Okay, who cares? If you care, that's fine. But we're going to have a separate section. Of course, are we going to treat it differently than Roger Maris? Of course. Roger Maris, as far as I'm aware, did not do any steroids. And he should be considered the king. Okay, or, or is it, yeah, the single season record, or if you think Aaron Judge, who d just did it recently, if you think he, um, if you think he's not on steroids, then he's the, the home run king. But put him in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, the reason I bring up baseball from this article is, you know, you, you'll, in America, they'll be like, oh, uh, Tatis caught on steroids, or Wanda Franco caught fucking a kid. Now, what was it like in China? Were they like Ching Chang Bing Bong? He was caught shitting in a bathtub and using anal beads to cheat at chess. Can you imagine that headline? That's not something I would have expected. You know, an athlete getting caught using steroids or even caught cheating, that's something that has happened before. You see that in a headline, but using the anal beads and also shitting in a bathtub. That's just not something I would ever put together as a combination for a sports scandal. This is a great story. Anyway, let's get back to this. Yan has since denied the allegations. So he's denying the allegations of tub shitting uh, and claiming that he suffered from, oh, this is getting great, diarrhea after drinking alcohol and couldn't make it to the toilet. Hold on a second. Ching Chang, you couldn't, you made it into the bathroom. The toilet's right there. The toilet, my friend, the toilet is right there. If you were like, oh, he shit in the kitchen or he shit in the living room because he couldn't make it. Well, you know, that's a hell of a thing. But you made it to the bathroom. But you, for some reason, you chose to shit 
in the bathtub instead of the toilet. It, can we get a diagram of this bathroom? Is it is there something I'm missing about where the the toilet is? Because I don't think I buy that. That I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Anyway, um, it's not the first time the world of chess has been rocked by such allegations. This is amazing. Chess grandmaster Hans Neiman was also accused of using anal beads to cheat after he beat Norwegian Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen in September of 2022. In an interview with Piers Morgan following the accusation, Neiman categorically denied using the sex toy to cheat. Neiman and Carlsen eventually settled a $100 million lawsuit. They went to court over anal bead cheating? <laughs> wow! The Chinese Jing Wang Association did not immediately reply to a request for comment. Oh, so, they, so the Chang Wing Jing Bong Bong Ping didn't re respond to the request for comment about the guy shitting in a bathtub after cheating with anal beads? Okay, good to know, good to know. Wow, that is, uh, that's, a, that's a hell of a story. That's a top five. That's a top five. It starts out with tub shitting. Then it goes to anal beads cheating. And then at the end, you get a diarrhea mention. That's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. Wow. All right, there you go. That's a hell of an article right there. Man, that's magic. That is fucking magic. <laughs> to some people, at least. To other people, they're like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> All right, let's see. That was Dewey C. Thank you, sir. appreciate that. Now we got some... More breaking news from the internet. This is, uh, this is retard breaking news from the internet as far as commie retards and what they're trying to do in Philadelphia. This is breaking news from the internet from Javanus Midas. I uh, hope you and Cindy are doing well. Uh, let's see. Where is this one? Here it is, the 7th. Okay. Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, they're trying to remove, or they're going to remove, William Penn from Philadelphia. This is so disgusting that they get away with this. It's crazy. Biden's National Park Service to remove William Penn statue from Philadelphia. I hope that Trump, if he somehow gets in the office, you got to put all the statues back. I don't care which statue it is. Whatever statue they removed has to go back up. Now, the question is, what do you do about the Robert E. Lee statue that they melted down, but for some reason it doesn't seem like they could melt down the face? Remember that? What an image that, that was. Um, you're, so if they, if they melted the statue down, if that face is still there, you're going to have to create something glorious out of that face. Um, and if it doesn't exist, you're going to have to recreate something even better than the previous statue. You're going to have to have red-eyed Robert E. Lee with, I don't know, whatever. I'll leave it up to the people who, uh, you know, who, who would be able to do it and, and care about it. It's up to them how they want to do it. Um, but you got to put all the statues back. It's really, this is, this is like ISIS. Anyway, the National Park Service under Joe Biden 
has announced that it intends to remove the statue of William Penn from Welcome Park in Philadelphia, the historic home of the founder of Pennsylvania and an important early colonial figure. In a statement Friday, the AIDS commies running the National Park Service, who belong in prison, said, quote, The National Park Service proposes to rehabilitate Welcome Park to provide a more welcoming, accurate, and inclusive experience to visitors. Fuck that. That's not what anyone wants. Uh, Welcome Park was designed to be... By the way, there should be no inclusiveness to any commie bullshit. <clears throat> they should be excluded from society. Um, Welcome Park was designed by internationally acclaimed design firm Venturi and Scott Brown Associates. The park is located on the site of William Penn's home, the Slate Roof House, and is named for the ship, Welcome, which transported Penn to Philadelphia. The design and construction of Welcome Park was funded by Independence Historical Trust and was completed in 82. The proposed rehabilitation of Welcome Park in includes expanded interpretation of the Native American history of Philadelphia and was <coughs> excuse me, developed in consultation with AIDS commies that pretend to uh, advocate for the interests of Native Americans. The reimagined Welcome Park maintaining certain aspects of the original design, such as the street grid, the rivers and the east wall, while adding a new plant buffer on three sides and a ceremonial gathering space with circular benches. This is going to look like AIDS because it's commies. These are not, when they're like, oh, the Delaware tribe of Indians, these people, commies take over all of these fucking people and all of these groups. And uh, and they're gonna make something disgusting like like you you've seen the art that they I mean it's like nuts, kami art is horrible, so you're gonna see it. It's gonna be crazy, you know. You saw the uh, remember the giant cock, remember the giant cock that was supposed to be like Martin Luther King embracing his wife. That's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be cocks everywhere. It's gonna be crazy. The public is invited to submit comments. Oh, please do. Please do again, legally and humanely. Oh, yes. Hopefully they get a lot of comments, especially from pissed-off Italians. Penn is a uniquely respected figure in American history. A Quaker, he treated the Native Americans of the area with respect and deference. However, he also owned slaves, which has led to the removal of his name from some historic sites. <clears throat> Philadelphia's Independence Hall describes Welcome Park and Penn's importance to the founding of the United States in his now infamous remarks on the Charlottesville riot in 2017, during which he actually condemned the neo-Nazis and white supremacists, contrary to the Democrat Party's continued propaganda. Then President Trump warned that the removal of Confederate statues would be followed by the removal of statues of American heroes, a prediction that continues to be fulfilled. Well, they've all, they've all been American heroes, Trump, but that's okay. I didn't know that until recently anyway. It's, it's okay. You figure it out. You know, look, the, eventually you realize that everything that they've taught you is a complete lie, whether it's the Civil War or every, any other historical event. They lie about everything. So it is what it is. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Biden kicked off his 2024 re-election campaign last week in Pennsylvania. He has not announced plans to rename the state. That's uh, it's fucked up. That is fucked up. But there you go. Commies are going to commie. It is, it is what it is. It's crazy. All right, let me uh, read some. Oh, by the way, that was breaking news from the Internet. <clears throat> I appreciate uh, all of the submissions. If you have an article that you want uh, uh, read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description in Rumble. I have been banned from posting links in my description on YouTube, and I can't pin 
active links, but I realized earlier, I think I can still post links, which is odd. So I think in my chat, I can post links on YouTube, but I can't post them in the description and I can't pin them. But if I can post them, then I can probably get one of those bots to just periodically post the links, right? So I probably should have had that already because I see other people use that shit in their chat. I just generally don't get around to a lot of stuff. It's one of the areas where I, I am lacking. Um, but I, yeah, I, I can. Pro if anyone has info on how to do that, hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com, I think I can. That's a weird loophole that YouTube, you know, they're just ridiculous. Fuck YouTube, they suck. But anyway, I'm going to read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs. Uh, link on the top of the screen and also in the Rumble description. Also, we're taking them through Entropy. Link in Rumble. And also, we're taking Rumble rants on Rumble. Uh, also, another way to support the channel, you can uh, support by going to Subscribestar, subscribestar.com slash hard dash bastard. Also, uh, I will have info on the release of the book, What a Liar Would Say. And I'm shooting for, depending on, I think schedule-wise, I think I'm streaming tonight, Monday, and Thursday. Uh, so if I don't stream Tuesday, the book will come out Thursday. And uh, so, yeah. Be on the lookout for that. And uh, all right, let me uh, look at these. Uh, Silky Johnson says, HB, I have a couple of questions about horsefuckers' plans to sue about not being allowed on the ballot. How is it discrimination? He can run for any office in this country except president. It's outlined. Is he trying to get on the general or in the primary? Well, you know what's interesting about this? As much of a clown as Cenk Uger is, if somehow, by some miracle, and it truly would, you know how I've said before, how it's very fitting that Hassan Piker is a successful, arguably one of the most successful political commentators, um, um, money-wise, not like idea-wise, but money-wise. That's perfectly fitting for Clown World. He is the perfect Clown World commentator because he's a drooling retard. He is an absolute drooling re retard who looks like a character from Beetlejuice. Okay, his his head is so small compared to his body. I don't know how that even happens. I've never seen that before. I mean, maybe if you go to a, if you show me like freak show pictures, you know, when they used to have freak show circuses back in the day, you could probably find something like that. But I've never seen that before in the modern age. I don't know what the hell's going on there. It's crazy. It's weird. What a weird dude. But anyway, it's, it's fitting that he is a very successful political commentator in clown world. In that same vein, if by some miracle, Cenk Uger gets traction on this, it would be fitting that the person, because if Cenk Uger somehow wins this, it opens the door for a complete commie takeover of the country. Because then people from other countries can become the president. And then, and then it's even more over than it already is. And it would be almost fitting for Clown World that one of the dumbest people with zero political acumen could actually get something done like that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to blow up in his face. But... Um, I will tell you, he's getting more traction than I expected. He is he is on way more ballots than I expected. Uh, and I, now I want him to be on the ballot because I want to see him get... What did I set the over-under at? 4.5%? He'll get way less than 4.5% of the vote in any state. It's going to be hilarious. So I want to watch him fail. Uh, but he is on more state ballots. I think he's on 4, right? It's crazy. That's fucking crazy. 
Uh, let's see. Where did we? Okay, we have uh, Silky Johnson also says if it's prime if it's primary, he's defeated his argument because he got on some by paying for it. No person is owed a political seat. It's a public service. How does that deny him equal protection or due process? I know it's his baboon shit throwing because he's a retard. Well, it's their ideology. M minorities have special uber rights over white people. Um, and and that's, that's part of his argument. There's no respect for any rule or any law or any sort of um, system. You know, they must have their cock sucked on all things. And it's the same deal. It's just a more, it's like a dumber thing because he tries to pretend that like all the minorities that that don't qualify for being president are all like bent up about it. Like who, like that's ridiculous. And that there's this whole thing where they're all made fun of during school and they're like, ha ha, you can't be president. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Um... Silky also says, HB, I'm definitely pro-throwing subhuman pedophile trannies out of helicopters over a hole filled with rusted razor blades after a fair trial. That's interesting. I like Volcano, but, you know, look, whatever, whatever, whatever is decided upon, you know, it's, it is what, it, like I said, just got to have a fair trial. That's all. And he says, after a fair trial, I would add that we tie barbed wire around their feminine penises for that extra bit of fair justice. Well, that's, a, that's a hell of a thing right there. That's a hell of a thing right there. All right, well, well, you know, whoever, you know, ends up being in charge of that, we'll see what they come up with. I'm not picky. <laughs> I'm not picky. <clears throat> Silky John... Oh, oh yeah, I, read, yeah, I read that one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Silky Johnson also says, HB, the only person who can alter a deal originally struck is Darth Vader. Because he has a red lightsaber and can force choke bitches. Rabbit faggots, as far as I know, don't have that power. Unless you count choking on bathhouse semen as a Sith power. Yeah, I don't think choking on bathhouse semen is considered a Sith power. Pretty sure about that. Uh, I don't think there's any faggotry among the Sith. Um, you know, of course, probably the commies have figured out how to get some of their people into writing Star Wars novels. So I imagine they're writing pro-homosexual narratives as we speak. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, when Darth Vader alters a deal, there's nothing you can do about it because he, he, he's able to use the Force, and you can't. So what are you going to do? It's like, all right, well, I guess we're doing this. And I guess we should uh, pray that he doesn't alter it any further. Oh, well, what are you going to do? <clears throat> you know what I like on... It makes me think of... I like on Twitter... Um, and I imagine at some point there's going to be a copyright system that puts an end to this. And I don't know what happened, but there's still people, of course, that get copyright strikes. <clears throat> but it seems to be much less enforced than it used to be. And I notice on my For You page, sometimes these things show up where a person is like, what's the best scene in a movie? And I'm like, oh, come on, I'm going to throw in whatever, some... The, and you know, a clip from the killer or hard boiled or whatever. You know, it depends on the mood I'm in. Depends on the day. It's usually a fucking John Woo movie. And um, but uh, I forget what it was. But someone was like, "What's the what's the greatest introduction to a character ever? Not introduction, but like the greatest whatever the the criteria was. It was the scene from Empire Strikes Back when the doors open and Darth Vader's sitting at the table." 
and uh, and and I, I didn't end up posting on that one I think because I couldn't really come up with something like if something like I was like I don't really think I can I'm like I don't know if there's anything I can come up with that's just like that was really yeah that's that's a all timer um, and uh, I like that you can post like I've been able to successfully post short clips from movies on Twitter and nothing happens. And that's nice. You should be allowed to, like, shouldn't you be allowed to share memes and talk about the fucking movies you like without getting copyright struck? And that's nice that, the, like, there's, that you're able to do that. <clears throat> so that's pretty good. That's, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Of course, it probably won't last forever. At some point, the movie companies are probably going to figure out a way to shut it down like they do on YouTube. In YouTube, you, you can't do anything. It, on YouTube... If you sing a song, I mean, I'm never doing that, but other people like to sing songs. If you sing a song, the, the detector picks it up and, and you can get flagged. That's crazy. Anyway. All right, let's see. What's the next one here? Uh, this is Dave. Dave says, have you ever played God of War 3? The game has a dude rip off Helio's head and use his head as a lamp for the rest of the game. That's fucking awesome. Your description of that horror scene sounds similar. That's fantastic. No, I've never played that game. Um, I hear it's good. Uh, I've never played any of them. I'm currently playing... Um, I, I'm at the tail end of Red Dead 2, where there's no more missions left, there's no more stranger missions, and all you, there's left to do is, um, is uh, like have dinner with the family and do farm chores. So I'm pretty much done with that. And uh, I'm going to play Red Dead uh, Redemption, the original one. Um, and then go back to Red Dead 2 and do the uh, Arthur uh, segment. Um, I was just gifted Dark Souls 3, which I believe is a good game. So I'm probably going to fuck with that as well. Um, yeah, I do. There's other good games. I just always end up back in, in, in some sort of Rockstar game, whether it be... Uh, Grand Theft Auto or uh, Red Dead. I just, it's, I can't stop playing them. It's fantastic. But there are other good games. I did start playing that game. That was a Japanese game. Uh, Ghost of whatever. That was fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I probably played for maybe 90 minutes, and it's great. It's just weird that, like, then I get caught up in stuff, and then I kind of forget about it, and then I get off track, and then it's, it is, it's, but that was, uh, the, that was phenomenal. That was uh, very violent. I liked the violence. Was I, samurai shit is fantastic. The violence was very. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. So I'll probably get back to that as well. There's a lot to play, a lot to play. And I also downloaded an old one that I never finished. Um, what the hell was the game in China? What the hell was the name of that game? It was like Grand Theft Auto in modern day China. And a solid fighting system. It's a good game. Whatever the hell the name of that game was. Anyway, whatever. Um, with that said, I still can't play Grand Theft Auto 4 or Max Payne 3 on PlayStation 4. What the fuck is that? PlayStation 4 is over. PlayStation 5s are not only have been out for years, but they're readily available. Why can't I... You can play other... You can play Max Payne. If you can play Max Payne, why can't you play the best one? Because 3 is the best one. 3 is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And Grand Theft Auto 4, how come you can't play that? You can play all the other ones, but you can't play 4? What the fuck is going on? Total bullshit. Total fucking bullshit. All right. 
Let's see here. Oh, and you know, you can't play uh, Stranglehold. That was a good one. It's a John Woo. It was a, it's the sequel to Hardboiled in video game form. That game was phenomenal, too. Anyway. You know, it's funny. I remember. This is the last thing I'll say about video games. Um, remember back then, I don't know, was it like 2004? I, I just remember for years, I was like, why don't they make a John Woo video game? What the fuck? And then someone said to me, well, you should play Max Payne. And I was like, okay. And, and, and that was pretty close. Max Payne is very close to like the whole slow motion thing. It's like John Woo. Uh, no problem. But I, I, I wanted I wanted a fucking Chow Yun Fat in a game. And they did it. They, it was called Stranglehold. And it wasn't bad. It was, I, I was happy with it. You know, if you're probably hardcore, you, you could probably find flaws with it. But uh, that, was, uh, that was a pleasure. You could do the Tea House shootout from Hardboiled in a video game. You can't beat that. That was phenomenal. Can't play that on PS4. What the fuck? Anyway, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Okay, let's let's see here. You have uh, uh, Michelle Kincaid says, Welcome back, HB. Thank you. Good to be back. Did you see the Tucker Clay Higgins interview on J6? I have not. It was pretty good. He said, he said, based on research and interviews, he thinks there has to have been at least 200 Fed assets. Holy shit. Also, Epic Times put out another J6 video, part two maybe. Oh, good, yeah, Epic Times is fantastic. Their J6 videos are absolutely phenomenal. That's where I uh, uh, learned about... Um, it wasn't just Ashley Babbitt that was murdered. It was also Roseanne Boyland. Um... Higgins, I hope Higgins delivers on what he's saying. He seems very serious. I like Higgins. He talks just like, did you see? I forget who was watching it. There was this Louisiana sheriff. You know, some of these sheriffs are fucking phenomenal. You know, the guy in Florida, I forget where in Florida, there's this notorious sheriff. He's fantastic. He gets up there, says all this base shit. Uh, he's a pleasure. There's this guy in Louisiana he, who put out like a commercial. He's standing there uh, with a gun and he's like calling out actual criminals. Like he's putting their faces on the screen and he's like, he's like, we're fucking coming after you and there's nothing you can do about it. And I was like, oh, this is what you need. This is how you have to handle these fucking people. Like, don't let them control you. Don't be victimized by them. Fucking destroy them and call them out in front of everybody. It's fantastic. So hopefully we see more of that. I forget the guy's name. I was watching a show. I forget who was covering it. And I was like, this guy's all... Anyway, he reminded me of Clay Higgins. He talks exactly like Clay Higgins. And I was like, this is fucking... This is... We need more of this. We need more of this. We need more sheriffs to come out like that. What's that guy's name in Florida? Grady or something? He's always busting pedophiles. He's always doing these press conferences where he's like, yeah, we had another pedophile bust. And they're always from, like, Disneyland. Disneyland is rife with pedophiles. There's been multiple pedophile busts that this sheriff has done. And every time there's somebody from the, an employee at Disney World. Crazy. Not unexpected, though. All right, thank you, Michelle. Appreciate that. Biz says... Um, so if you're talking about a religious cashiers, do the unwiped refuse to sell toilet paper and wipes to the wipe? That's a great question. That has to be that has to be figured out. Also, if the war in the grocery store escalates to the wiped going into their lands and force wiping the 
encrusted shit in the anus. Complicated. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, you know, it's, uh, well, th that remains to be seen uh, as far as the forced wiping. Uh, but the question about religious accommodations for the wiped uh, and the unwiped, yeah, you got, you got it, you got to have those. You got to have those. Um, I see because this is the problem. I've watched as um, atheists, some atheists, successfully used the concept of what is considered in their mind, a preposterous religious belief. And and I'll acknowledge, like, I, I do think there exists something as a preposterous religious belief. But the problem is you can't give them anything because what they did is they used that to encroach on Christians. And so I think you, you, you have to have, as long as you're not, like, hurting someone, I think all of it has to be protected because if it's not all protected, then they're going to go after everybody, and now and they're go going after the Christians right now. You know, they act like it's unreasonable. Like you, you, you saw how they were talking about Kim Davis. You know, the uh, AIDS commie, uh, AIDS uh, Kaepernick, was just giving. He was enforcing his interpretation of the Bible on to Kim Reynolds. Kim Reynolds should be free to choose whatever her interpretation is. Some commie does not have the right to tell a Christian how they need to interpret the Bible. That's crazy, and I don't. It, it, and it doesn't matter what you, you can pick certain things. You know, I don't think there was a talking snake personally, but that doesn't matter. People should be free to believe whatever they want, and and within the eyes of the law, it all has to be protected. Because if it isn't, then well, you see what's happening. They're going to come after everybody. Same with, but by the way, they came after the Jews. That was a hell of a thing when they came after the Jews in New York during COVID. They had people. It, I, I hope there's a reckoning on this shit. Because man, I was listening to Rogan um, on the way down, and uh, he, he was interviewing uh, Henchcliffe, right, the Kill Tony guy. And uh, he seems like he understands some shit. About, I don't. I'm not too familiar with him. He seems he, he seems to understand like the bullshit about COVID though. That's good to see. Um, you know, comedians aren't aren't necessarily going to be political, but at least if they understand that the media is lying to them, that's good. But Rogan was saying like he came across like old masks and it kind of made him like want to forget about that time. And I get that, but like I there's got to be a reckoning. Like they had police officers spying inside i guess it was synagogues or rooms where these jews were praying I, I would apply this to anyone if they did this to christians or, or muslims like it's ridiculous and then if they were in there praying they find them like you gotta that's that's just crazy that that happened in america and also there was a ton of shit they did to christians um there were especially in california and in new york they find these churches crazy amounts of money because they had church you know I remember before the Jehovah's Witnesses fully sold out on their previous religion, because their religion now is completely different to what it was when I was in there. Back when I was in there, the idea that you would cancel a meeting over COVID, it, it was like apostasy. That was like blasphemy. Okay. And um, the old school governing body would have never have gone along with it. This idea that you cancel the meetings the in-person meetings and you do online Zoom, they there's no way they would have gone along with it. But all those guys are dead and they were replaced with new people. 
And uh, the new people, yeah, the JWs were like the first to cancel. They gleefully canceled their meetings. They gleefully went along with it. And then the people who they called demonic, you know, any other type of Christian, they're the ones holding out and being persecuted, or like Arthur Pogowski or whatever his name is in Canada. These people, like, they stay true to their religion. And they were like, no, we're not, we don't, we don't cancel our, our meetings. We we do our meetings. Everyone has to be able to go to church if they want to. And, and I mean, P Pawalski was put in jail multiple times. He's still being fucked with. Unbelievable, the shit that they did to people. That, I, I hope, I hope there's some sort of, uh, there's some sort of, uh, I don't know, retribution or, or, reckon, or something. There needs to be a reckoning. Brick Dictator says, uh, super fan confirmed. Let's have a look. Or, oh, TYT super fan confirmed. So this is a, yeah, clearly, Quincy man sentenced to 18 months after being caught with horses. Yeah, this is a Chank Uger enthusiast. 18 months for fucking horses. That seems a little light. I don't know. I think that's, uh, that seems a little light. 18 months. I think you got to keep the animal fuckers out of society. Can't have that. Aunt, Johnny, uh, Aunt Jenny says, glad you're back. Thank you. I was having HB and chat withdrawals. Ha ha. By the way, are you going to talk about this debate? Alex Jones, Zero Hedge debate, major guest clash, and a must-watch broadcast. Yeah, tomorrow we will cover the Zero Hedge, Alex Jones, um, Glenn Greenwald, and um, Darren Beatty versus three rabid homosexuals. We'll, we will definitely uh, do that. Um, and there's the link. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Mojack420 says, short video from the grocery store. Bidenomics is just wonderful. All right, let's see what's going on with the grocery store. Okay. Oh, God. $65 right there. Let's see what we got here. $65. This one was... Seventeen twenty-six, and this one was twenty-one ninety-five. And what did I get? Four tomatoes, two avocados, a bag of lettuce, a cucumber, a bell pepper, some squash, a bag of potatoes, saltine crackers, salad dressing, the cheap kind, creamer, some oranges, two pounds of coffee, case of sodas, twelve pack of beer, a little block of cheese. I got four stuffed pork chops, some pork sausage, a ham steak, and some pork steaks. And the grand total on that should be about, oh, 65, 75, 80. That's about $100. Jesus yeah, fucking Christ. Yeah, that's what I got for 100 bucks. Your economy is really doing good. You guys destroyed everything. You fucked us over. You're sticking it in our ass. You don't give a shit about us because it doesn't matter to you. Fuck you. Go to hell. By the way, that's, I, I think that's Mojack. I think Mojack made this video. The, uh, the viewer that submitted it. All right. Hope you're doing well, sir. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I I had an epiphany. Uh, I, I, mentioned, I, th I think I mentioned it earlier. Or was it the soft gentleman? I forget. So... I go to Wendy's and I'm with somebody 
and we each get a value meal. And it was like $32. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> you know, look, there are some things that I remember from a long time ago, and I'm not expecting them now. Like, I don't smoke anymore, but I remember when I smoked, Winston and Camel Lights were like $2 a pack if you got a deal. You know, like, if they were like two eighty a pack, that was like normal price. But, you know, from time to time, you know, a buddy would be like, yo, uh, <clears throat> the Hess station has Winston Ultralights for $1.50 a pack, and we'd go there and, you know, whatever. I'm not talking, I'm not expecting that, okay? I'm not talking about 20 years ago. I'm talking about when Trump was in office. When Trump was in office, you could go to Wendy's and they had a value meal, or excuse me, a value menu, and you could get burgers for a dollar each. I remember, you get like two burgers and two fries and nuggets and for like five bucks. And, and then all of those, I just real, I realized that all of the dollar menus are gone. They're all gone. I remember the McDonald's one. I remember I used to get the double cheeseburgers. They were a dollar. Taco Bell. Taco Bell had less than a dollar menu. The tacos were like 59 cents. All of that is completely gone. And that was only a few years ago. That was only a few years ago. How the fuck? $30 at fucking Wendy's. What are you kidding me? That's insane. That's how much you spend if you go out to like a regular restaurant. Not anymore. That's going to be 70 now. Holy shit. And and I realized for some reason, Chick-fil-A, and, and this is probably all regional, but anytime I go to Chick-fil-A and I'm with another person, it's like 21 bucks. Now, granted, I don't love $21 on fast food, but compared to 30 or if you go to Five Guys, and I like Five Guys. I fucking love Five Guys. I wish I could try in and out because there's no in and outs around here and there's in and out people that talk shit and they're like, oh, it's better than Five Guys. I, that might be possible. I've never had it. Um, five Guys, look, I, I like it. I think their fries are phenomenal. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm just not dropping almost 60 for two burgers, two fries and two drinks. Like, that's, I'm just not doing that anymore. I'm just, I'm just not fucking doing that. It's like this local pizza place that has the best goddamn fucking greasy wap pizza. It's like when I was a kid. Uh, there's there's a certain texture, a certain kind of pizza that is the fucking greatest thing ever. I don't know what the hell... It's probably because everything's so expensive. They they launched their prices. Two giant pizzas, 60 bucks. I, I'm just not doing that anymore. It used to be like 35 60 $60? Like, I'm just not doing it. I'm just going to go. There are other places that have it cheaper. It's just not as good. Yeah, I'm just, it's fun. This is crazy. And probably it's going to get worse. It's probably going to get worse. And the whole time they're going to gaslight you. And they're going to be like, oh, guys, it's great. Everything's fine. David Pakman. What did he say? He was buying like faggot eggs for $7. $7. I've never even seen that at Whole Foods. I remember before all this happened, Whole Foods, which I'm not really a fan of. It's fine. I'm not like... But somehow, locally, Whole Foods was the cheapest... Whole, Whole Foods delivery in like 2017, 2018 was the cheapest option out of going to Target, going to all the places. I don't know why that was. But I remember it, it was cheap to have shit delivered to my house. And uh, that's all over. That's, that's, that's just over. The cheapest place right now is Giant because they're selling this... I don't know. I, I think it's probably fucked up chicken. 
I don't know why it's so goddamn cheap. But uh, yeah, I have thought about like I am I am eventually going to just uh, I've been doing research on farms, local farms. And uh, it's just it's like an investment, though. Like you got to buy in bulk and you're going to be dropping like hundreds of dollars on meat. It's going to last you a while, but, you know, it's going to there's going to be a bulk per purchase. I think I'm going to do that. I just have to, like, get freezer space. And that's probably going to be the best move because I'm trying to avoid. They keep saying that they're going to they're going to deliver mRNA vaccines to the livestock because they want to get the, they, they want to get you filled with spike protein as much as possible. I had a, a guy last week, I think in Streamlabs, talk about this plan, and I've read about this before from Bill Gates, where they're like pumping these mosquitoes filled with vaccines, and then the, if the mosquito bites you, that's how you get the vaccine delivered. Yet no one authorized these fucking faggots to do that. I didn't vote for that. I don't want. I'm not doing that. There's no way. And if they can fill that shit with a vaccine, what else can they fill it with? Probably AIDS and all sorts of shit. Yeah, this is uh, this is no good. Anyway, it's uh, it is what it is. Yeah, there you go. That's fucking crazy. Hundred bucks. Jesus Christ. Okay. I don't know what, what what it's like for you locally. Soda here $65 though. Sixty-five dollars right there. Is ten dollars a case? Ten fucking dollars a case. I don't even drink soda anymore. Seventeen twenty-six. Ten dollars a case. This one was twenty-one ninety-five. What did I get? Oh shit! Four tomatoes, two avocados. Has this been playing the whole time? A bag of lettuce. I apologize. Oh, I think this just started playing. Bell pepper. Some squash. Yeah. Um. Ten dollars a case. Just come fucking crazy. Uh, Cooper sees the truth. Says HB. You appreciate this little factoid. And speaking of bathtub shitters. Did you know that the goat, Andre the Giant, had to shit in bathtubs when he stayed at hotels? Because he was literally too big to sit on toilets. His friend slash driver told the story on Rogan and how he always shat in tubs. I love wrestling stories. I fucking love wrestling stories. I love listening to... Uh, who's the big motherfucker, the tall guy, Nash? He has a podcast. I forget what it's called. Kevin Nash telling these stories and maybe there's some embellishing like these guys they were just they were fucking animals they would they would do a wrestling show and wrestling is scripted but it's very physically demanding and like especially some of these guys like mankind jumping off cages i can't do that i'm not jumping off even at my physical prime at like 18 years old i'm not jumping off a goddamn cage i would die what are you kidding me See, these guys, they're built completely different than everyone else. And yet, they would, like, talk about how they would, like, do all this crazy physical stuff. And then they would do, like, an unreasonable amount of drugs that would kill almost anybody while driving over to the next city. And then each of them drinks, like, a case of beer. And then they do it all again the next night. Fin absolutely fascinating. All of them. All of them. Um, now, to answer your question, I don't think I've heard... That Andre the Giant had the shit in the tub, although he was a he was huge. That guy. Like if you're if your criteria for Nephilim is that guy, well that guy is a he is a giant. That guy was a giant. He was uh and the way he talked was very scary. I remember as a kid. And, and there was a period of time where I remember he was good. Um but then he turned bad with the million dollar man. And then he became very scary to me. It's the way he talked. Yeah, was it at the Million Dollar Man, man Ted DiBiase? I think he was aligned with Andre the Giant, wasn't he? At one point. I forget. He was fucking... Yeah, wrestling is 
old wrestling. I wish they would make it like that. You know, it just sucks now. Is there any good wrestling now? It seems like it sucks. Although there was a match recently where they uh, they they got out all the barbed wire and shit. I forget who it was. I don't really know the new wrestlers. But they, they were beating the shit out of each other. I like the Those I could watch now. You don't even have to be a good shit talker. If you're getting in the ring with barbed wire and thumbtacks... Because, you know, they really are cutting themselves. And, like, I know that, like, head cutting a person on the head isn't really as serious as it looks. But I'm not doing that. I'm not cutting my head. Like, if you, if you, for your craft, are willing to slice your head open and bleed like that, I don't know. I think that's, uh, I, I respect that. I fucking respect that. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Cooper. Appreciate that. Yeah. Who knew uh, tub shitting would be such a, such a subject today? All right. Let's see here. Let's go to, uh, let's see how they pretend. Okay, so this is a video that's supposed to be about Bill Clinton and the Epstein revelations. And I wonder how many seconds it's going to take before they start pretending that Trump is a client. Let's see. They have them in the thumbnail. Long-awaited documents finally released. The first batch of sealed court filings pertaining to the late sex offender Jeffrey Epstein were made public Wednesday. The documents stem from a civil defamation lawsuit brought in 2015 against Epstein's former girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell. Prominent figures, including Prince Andrew and former presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, included in a 2016 deposition of Johanna Schoberg, a former employee of Epstein. A court has finally released 950 pages of unredacted documents regarding the case against sexual predator Jeffrey Epstein and his accomplice Ghislaine Maxwell. But despite the huge amount of hype surrounding their release, honestly, no giant revelations have come out from the- Well, how do you define a giant revelation? I think it is a revelation that we now have direct evidence that Alan Dershowitz is pretty much who we thought he was. I've always said, if you've watched my show, I always preface, whenever Dershowitz comes up, comes up I, I go, good on legal stuff, probably a pedo. Uh, because even before this confirmation, his story was not believable at all. His story was, yes, I was on the island. Yes, I got massages, but I kept my underwear on. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Also, there's articles that he's written years ago about how you should lower the age of consent. Get your obvious pedo. Alan Dershowitz was an obvious pedo. Now we have confirmation. And of course, in classic perfection internet meme style when confronted about this what does alan dershowitz do he starts complaining about hamas <laughs> you can't write this better you can't write that better and starts complaining that people aren't respecting the jews enough motherfucker i'm not talking about the jews i'm talking about you being a pedophile now if you want to have a broader conversation about how this it seems as the whole epstein thing was kind of like a Mossad operation to try to get dirt on powerful people you know that's uh you could that i think that is the case so that's 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 no good you know why would our parents do that to us oh man release of the documents. Um, so we kind of poured through them to figure out, well, what are some of the more interesting elements of this story? Oh, and you know what else was interesting? Stephen Hawking. I, at first, because there was a fake Kimmel document going around, I thought 
the, I'm like, this Hawking thing's got to be fake. It, it, it's as if the internet wrote the perfect Stephen Hawking meme, but it was real. I'm almost, I'm almost 100% sure what was written about Hawking was real. This is what was written about Stephen Hawking. That he, he had midgets, and I'm assuming they're talking about children. I mean, maybe they were talking about midgets, but it was, the way it's worded is that Hawking would have midgets, naked midgets, writing complicated math equations on a chalkboard that was too high for them. It's so bizarre. So bizarre. Um, and this was going around at the same time that there was a Kimmel excerpt, but that turned out to be fake. Now, the problem is, I've said this before, with the Kimmel excerpt, it kind of reminds me of uh, a couple weeks ago, there was something going around, and I remember warning about it. I said, this is a trap, because what they're going to do is if a couple commentators go with it, then they're going to say, ha ha, that's fake. I forget what that was a few weeks ago. But anyway, the Kimmel thing reminded me of that, because the document was fake, and so what they would do is if you posted the document, they would say, see, Jimmy Kimmel didn't do anything wrong. But see, that's not true. It's a de deflection from the fact that, at least as far as I'm aware, Jimmy Kimmel had a relationship with Epstein's chef after the revelations. So he deliberately associated with a guy who was on the island. Now, granted, maybe you could argue, well, the chef didn't have anything to do with it. You want yourself associated with anybody from the island? I don't know. And also, like, I, I think the way he seemed to overreact when uh, Aaron Rodgers simply said that he's uh, he, he some people are going to be nervous about the list. Yeah, I think he he gave his hand away. It's not direct evidence. So maybe it's possible that Kimmel's not a pedo. But um, but yeah, I think that's probably why that was sent out there. I could yeah, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just speculating. But uh, um, but yeah, the Hawking thing is real. And there are some interesting things to mention. So before the documents were released, it was alleged that Epstein's client list was going to be publicized, exposing wealthy and powerful people connected to the criminal who sexually abused underage girls. Instead, the documents were actually filled with previously released information, deposition transcripts and legal briefs, including formally blocked out names that we already knew like who they were, they were already like publicly reported on. But nonetheless, there were some noteworthy nuggets in there. And we wanna share them with you. In particular, Bill Clinton's name was mentioned in the documents about 50 times, which is a lot. It was already publicly reported that Clinton had traveled two decades ago on Epstein's private jet. In a 2019 statement, Clinton said that he knew nothing about Epstein's terrible crimes. In fact, in regard to the release of these unredacted documents, Bill Clinton was in favor of releasing them. But in a 2016 deposition of Joanna Schoberg, one of Epstein's alleged victims, she claimed to have had a conversation about Bill Clinton with Jeffrey Epstein, and here's what she said. He said, meaning Jeffrey Epstein, he said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. That's not good. 
Yeah, it's not good. But um, now let's talk about Donald Trump. But the, see, there it is. Two seconds. Two seconds. It takes Cenk Uger two seconds. So the part of the story that drives me crazy. Hold on, hold on, Cenk. We will talk about Donald Trump. No, 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 no. I want. We will talk about Donald Trump. No, we will. But I <laughs> but, want to give this quote, which is directly related to the Bill Clinton quote. Okay. okay? You know that back in 2002, but a lot of you probably don't know it because the Democrats never talk about it. Said Donald Trump said about Epstein, "I've known Jeff for 15 years." Again, this has been a coordinated media narrative multiple times. Terrific guy. He's had a he's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. So Donald Trump always knew what kind of a creep Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, you are jumping to conclusions, and that is not consistent with the publicly available evidence of Donald Trump banning uh, Jeffrey Epstein from Mar-a-Lago. Was well, his name is all over. And also helping uh, an investigator. He was the only rich guy to give information uh, about Epstein. All the other ones stayed silent. The documents, but the Republicans don't like to mention that. Okay, Jenk, but when well, you because you're lying. That's that's why immediately jump to okay but Trump can you just take a second to acknowledge how gross Bill Clinton is yeah I'm acknowledging that they're both gross they're both gross yes. yeah no no because what I don't like is Republicans pretend that Donald Trump's an angel about this and that they're super upset about Epstein super upset the minute you mention a Republican they're like no that's my daddy he could do anything he so, wants okay. to win. No, no one said that. You're making up a conversation that never happened. I mean, he could grab them. Young women, who cares? Who cares? I don't care about children at all, as long as Donald Trump is doing it and is cheerleading for it when Epstein did it. So let's be fair. I got no love for Bill Clinton. Say anything you like about him. All these men are just disgusting. They're so disgusting. Now, even though. She said that in a deposition, um, the records do not indicate that there's any evidence of illegality on Clinton's part. So got to mention that the documents also include references to major figures like Donald Trump, Prince Andrew, which we knew about as well, um, Stephen Hawking. Well, but why don't you get into the details of the Trump reference? That's amazing. How dishonest. Didn't appear to have any smoking gun details about their ties to Epstein, meaning there's no indication that they engaged. They were in like, was Trump there? And she was like, no, never. Although with Prince Andrew, obviously we covered this story in regard to what he has been accused of. And, and I think it's the same with George Lucas and Michael Jackson. They were like, did, did you see Michael Jackson? And she was like, no. Again, all these guys like really do disgust me. Now, Trump is mentioned in the 2016 deposition of Joanna Schoberg. Schoberg said that she was on Epstein's private plane once when it diverted to Atlantic City because of bad weather. She said they went to one of Trump's casinos where she and Jeffrey, who's one of the other victims, who was then too young to gamble, walked around before <clears throat> excuse me before returning to the plane where Epstein mentioned an idea to call up Trump asked if she was ever massaged by Trump Schoberg said she was not and um, in regard to Prince Andrew's connection to Epstein um, that's already widely reported including here at TYT Schoberg's accusations are that Andrew Prince Andrew groped her and the claims from uh, Virginia uh, was it Jufrey? I can't remember her pronunciation, my bad, uh, said that she was trafficked to Prince Andrew by Jeffrey Epstein. And in regard to Stephen Hawking, um, he is mentioned in an email in which Epstein 
uh, told Maxwell she could offer a reward to friends of uh, Jeffrey if they could disprove certain claims, including that the late physicist had taken part in an underage orgy. There are no further references to Hawking in the documents. And That's a lie. There is further references to, to, to Hawking when it comes to the midgets. No evidence that he did, in fact, take part in any illegal behavior. Yeah, guys, this is super important. I, I think uh, I'm disgusted by the whole Epstein thing. I hate that they didn't prosecute him sufficiently back in 2008. Totally let him go. That was under the Clinton administration. Um, uh, sorry, it wasn't. It was under the Bush administration. Uh, and uh, and so interesting that it was a Republican who did it. And then the guy who let him off the hook then later became Trump's labor secretary. Interesting. Now, having said that, there's no evidence that Bill Clinton or Donald Trump ever got a massage, ever did anything sexual. Now, the fact that they're mentioned a whole bunch of times. Yeah, but Clinton was on the island, retard. Is worrying, right? And And I know like the bias is unstoppable. So if you're a Democrat, you only care about Trump. And if you're a Republican, you only care about Clinton, I know, right? But to be fair, we don't know that they even got a massage, okay? But like Prince Andrew, on the other hand, we know. We know that there's specific allegations about him. Yeah. And Alan Dershowitz, we also know, got massages. But he's got very interesting excuses for that. Oh, Dershowitz is a total pedo. Okay, let's see here. Um, this was a hilarious video uh, uh, where this guy just, uh, he just uh, chimps out. He chimps out in court. He's like off the top rope. In accordance with the laws of state of Nevada, this court. Oh, oh, hey. Oh, 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 hey. Oh, oh, hey. Hey, hey, That's amazing. That's amazing. A judge in Nevada was violently attacked by a defendant that she was sentencing in a felony battery knock. case. What are you going to do? 30-year-old uh, Deborah, who has a lengthy criminal record, leapt over the defense table and over the judge's bench in order to attack her. Here's more of the disturbing video. Absolutely disturbing. Um, now, the name of the defendant is Deborah Redden. And I want to give you some more context about what happened. But before I do, I'm going to go over to jump for, uh, to Jank for a brief comment. Go ahead, Jank. Uh, the Raiders have already signed him. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's going over all over social media. Um, but I, here's another thing I learned from that tape. Apparently, some dudes don't know how to punch. But hey, thanks oh, for trying. Come on, Jank. <laughs> Anyways, that was an amazing leap. Are we not going to say that before we go forward? That was like record breaking. What's he doing? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I would have preferred that we didn't say that. Okay. Yeah, I would have preferred that. Oh, uh, well, nevertheless, <laughs> here it is. Uh, and my one comment here for now is no one has ever been more correct in denying uh, parole to someone. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
All right, so first let me just note that the judge is okay. The judge, Mary Holthus, who fell back in her seat and was pushed up against the wall during the attack. She did suffer some injuries, but luckily nothing too serious and she was not hospitalized. A courtroom marshal was injured though and he Came to the judge's aid, unfortunately, he suffered from a gash on his head, his forehead to be exact. And he also had a dislocated shoulder and did go to the hospital. Now the defendant, Deborah Delone Redden, 30, was arrested and jailed at the Clark County Detention Center where records showed he faces multiple new felony charges, including battery on a protected person. Dude's name is Deobra, D-E-O-B-R-A, Deobra, what the fuck? I'd like to be a protected person. Well, you're not. <laughs> Referring to the judge and court officers. In fact, I mean, literally, if the same thing happened to us on the street in, uh, in California. Well, we're not protected people. No, so. we're not. <laughs> believe me. With that said, though, um, it happened so fast, it was hard to know what to do, said Richard Scow, the chief county district attorney who prosecuted Redden on a case that stemmed from an arrest last year on allegations that Redden attacked a person with a baseball bat. Which I now instantly believe. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Redden was not in custody when he arrived to court on Wednesday. That is when this incident happened. So he had asked the judge for leniency while describing himself as a person who never stops trying to do the right thing, no matter how hard it is. Interesting thing to claim about yourself when you have a lengthy criminal record, but nonetheless, I'm not a rebellious person, he told the judge, later adding that he doesn't think he should be sent to prison. But if it's appropriate for you, then you have to do what you have to do. And so she, went back and looked at his lengthy criminal record. She actually heard a case involving him, a separate case involving him last October. And when I say he has a lengthy record, it's not for small things, domestic battery, that kind of stuff, usually a lot of violence involved. And when his pleas to the judge didn't work and she was about to sentence him to some prison time, that was when he reacted the way that he did. And so his defense attorney told local news that he's been diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. He's been to mental health court twice, okay, twice amid a string of violent crimes, including domestic violence. And the judge who oversaw one of his, pre, the judge oversaw one of his previous cases and that involved malicious destruction of property. And so, you know, although he has that history of mental illness, he was evaluated to see if he was competent to stand trial, and they determined that he was. Records showed that Redden, a Las Vegas resident, was evaluated and found mentally competent to stand trial before pleading guilty in November to a reduced charge of attempted battery causing substantial bodily harm. He previously served prison time in Nevada on a domestic battery conviction, state records show. He said uh, he never stops trying to do the right thing. He's not a rebellious person and he can't jump at all. <laughs> all of that was of course written by his lawyer. I'm kidding about the jumping part. Um, and so it's the exact opposite of what reality is and you saw it through his actions. And so look guys, on a very serious note, some folks have to be involuntarily incapacitated, institutionalized, okay? And so, if that guy is willing to do that crazy thing to a judge in court, 
What do you think he'd be willing to do to you when he thinks no one's looking? It doesn't matter, we're not protected people. Yeah, so <laughs> look, we obviously crime's a real issue. We've gotta get it under control. We've got folks like this. It doesn't help to pretend that they don't exist. We just have to have the right solution. And maybe the right solution isn't, oh, you know, give him this extraordinarily lengthy sentence when he's a schizophrenic. But then you can't turn around and say, just let him go. Of course not, that's ridiculous. He's like obviously a significant danger to anyone. So then, okay, then we've gotta make a hard choice. And, and I, either you go to prison or you get institutionalized. And it doesn't mean forever and it doesn't mean you can't get better, but he's obviously not well now. Yeah, look, I, listen, mental health court is never gonna work unless it is mandatory and forced, enforced, okay? Simply sentencing someone to a facility and creating a situation in which they could easily just walk out of the facility and not spend any time you know, at a mental health facility, that's not gonna work. And that's how the system currently works in many states, including California, including New York. That's so, not a thing. No, if it's you, crazy. If you, like, if you say you have to go to a mental health institution, you have to go, it's not optional. You can, oh, okay, what if he had jumped over the thing and gotten a good punch in and killed her, like to her throat or whatever it was? Are we just supposed to be like, oh, okay, we're suggesting you go to a mental health institution, but if you want, you can just walk out. No, no, it has to be. Mandatory. It's not. It's not optional. As otherwise, it's crazy. And by the way, if you make it like that, then judges are going to be worried about giving people, you know, basically mental health institutions, assigning them there instead of a prison. So they're just going to send them to prison, and that's not going to help anybody. You see what I'm saying? If you really believe the person is mentally unwell, you don't want them going to a prison. You want them to go to a mental health institution. But if they can walk out the door, then they're going to send them to prison instead, and nobody wins. If you enjoy this, all right. Let's see. We have uh, okay. Here is uh, David Pakman claiming that a caller is being crazy about pronouns. We have a voicemail number two one nine two David P. Here is a furious caller who says I'm totally wrong about my pronoun thing. With respect. Does anybody in my audience know what on earth this guy is talking about? Hey, fuck you, you worthless piece of shit. You want to know something interesting? You are completely wrong about your pronoun thing. Of course progressives are pushing pronouns and puberty blockers on people. It's the, even a PBS article said that the progressive What could this guy possibly be talking about? He just doesn't make any sense. The environment in the schools is dangerous because it's leading kids into puberty blockers and they don't even know about it. Fucking 15 year olds getting double mastectomy and you don't think progressives are pushing puberty blockers? Man, you're fucking ignorant. I don't know of anyone pushing puberty blockers. Yeah, guys, no one's pushing puberty blockers. Definitely not Planned Parenthood. And we also know that the stories about 15 year old double mastectomies, remember, it used to be it was seven year old, then it was nine year olds, then Matt Walsh got humiliated and it's like, yeah, that's actually not happening. This, uh, so that's a blatant lie. This guy may not have all of the. It is absolutely happening. It's happened many times. Here is David Pakman again, very faggily lying his ass off. Information you may be shocked to hear. Missing the plight of the common people. It's funny you guys are really the elitists, the progressives. Fuck you. Hope you have a nice life. 
you're completely worthless, and you're just like that stupid bitch Anna Kasperi. Woo! Yeah, I like this caller. This is a great caller. Worthless piece of shit, Chank. Fuck you. Fantastic. Yeah. Would you be shocked to know that this guy's a neurosurgeon? Would that would that surprise anybody in the audience? No, I have no idea who that is. Listen, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Yeah, guys, what is this guy possibly talking about? I can't even think of the last time I spoke about pronouns on this program. Now, I will admit, and I hope this doesn't get me canceled. I use pronouns on the show all the time. I use verbs. I use nouns. I will sometimes uh, make declarative statements, sometimes interrogative statements. This program is riddled with both parts of speech and sentence formats. And at this point, I don't know which are allowed and which which are not allowed. But I don't know what on earth that guy is talking about. But remember, that guy votes probably or at least he's allowed to. And so if we are all saying, well, I if you say I'm going to stay home, th this is the most important takeaway. If you say you will be staying home, what you're saying is you will let people like that guy decide who becomes the next president. I don't want to live in a country where it's that guy deciding who the president is. So I'm registered and I'm going to be voting. We have a fantastic vote. So there is David Pakman once again, like a piece of shit, doing damage control for child mutilators. Um, Trumpist Project 2025 is terrifying. Good. I hope you get caught up in it somehow. I hope you get what Let's you deserve. Let's go next to Steve from Seattle. Steve from Seattle, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today, sir? David, it's great to be with you. Likewise. You know, I'm watching your, your stuff here on the Project 2025 mm -hmm. and it's pretty scary. Yeah, absolutely. What's um, have you been on to the project2025.com website? I have. And the questionnaire that that is no. the I, I guess the template of the recruitment of, of who they're looking for. No, it's, it's I have a, not seen that. Um, you I can would definitely, see. Submit your I application. Yes, this seems it, pretty nuts. It is. And uh, I would just kind of recommend that, you know, folks take a good hard look at that. It's, it's <laughs> something that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a fence sitter right now. I'm, I'm waiting to see who actually, I guess, gets nominated and what happens here in the next few months. And that's that's the one thing I think that really more than anything else that America needs to be and the whole world is really concerned about. But explain and, uh, to me, Steve, what you mean that you're a fence sitter and you want to see who the nominees are. Who are you thinking of voting for? Who might you vote for? You know, more than likely, more than likely, it'll be Mr. Biden. OK, um, definitely, definitely not Trump. But, uh -huh. you know, there's still rumors going around that Michelle Obama might jump into the, the race. You know, Michelle Obama has said unequivocally she will not run. Yes, indeed. Of, of course, that would be Mike Obama. According to Fox News, you know how they do it over there with the uh, <laughs> the taunting and the uh, the twisting of the stories. OK, yeah. So but so it sounds like if it sounds like you'll vote Biden. But if someone replaces Biden, you might vote for that person. I, I would prefer somebody else, maybe a little younger, a little more pro progressive got in there. But, All you know, right. I know yeah, how same here. the incumbency I've, I've I've actually written in Ross Perot every every chance I've gotten. So mm. it's uh, 
Well, I guess voting in Washington, it wouldn't make a big difference. Not much, you know. Not much. My friends up in northern Idaho, they're a little different with, with that being so red at 72 to 73%. Right. You know, that that vote almost is a wash as well. So. Yep. Which is where well, I listen, Steve, let's do let's actually go next to Idaho to Idaho. I really appreciate your call. We're going to go next to straws in Idaho. Since it was mentioned, I feel like I should go there. Straws, what's on your mind in Idaho today? Hey, David, how's it going? Um, it's going well. I was just um, thinking about the, you know, this unitary executive stuff that they're talking about with like the Project 25. Yes, but but okay, and then in the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court lets them kind of get away with this, wouldn't that diminish their power? Like the Supreme Court, wouldn't they? They won't need the Supreme Court anymore. And, and I'm, I'm just so let's an, explain what you're I'm talking about, Straws. Let's explain what you're talking about, okay? So, unitary executive theory is the idea that the president can control the entire executive branch. And it comes from article to an interpretation of Article two. It is this whole idea that says the president controls executive functions. There's limited checks and balances. They say they have a historical basis for it. It's very much not accepted uh, in any serious way, but it does align with the kind of autocratic ideas of, of Trump. Listen, here's the thing. There's all these hypotheticals, right? If Trump takes over and he's a one day dictator and he does this or he does that, or if Trump tries to steal, stay in office again, or if Trump gets in and he hot fires 50% of the federal workers and replaces them with loyalists, or if Trump gets in and they execute unitary executive theory, we need to be concerned. So sometimes I think we miss the forest for the trees. Everything you're saying is a concern, but the big picture of all of it points back to the exact same thing. Trump's a danger to democracy and must be defeated. I don't necessarily know that we convince more people by going narrow and saying they want to push unitary executive theory to Project 2025. Yes, that that's absolutely true. But the big picture is these people are anti-democracy. They're authoritarian wannabe dictators. Total projection. And we must prevent Trump from getting into the Oval Office. That's the big picture. We don't want to lose sight of that. Right. The way I was thinking is just like they would they wouldn't the Supreme Court like they want to maintain their power. Like, wouldn't they? I don't know if they would want to allow so much of not only the unitary executive thing, but all of these things. Like if they let them keep doing this, they, they won't need a Supreme Court anymore. Right. You're I think what you're saying is why would the Supreme Court reinforce these autocratic ideas because they put themselves out of jobs. Essentially, exactly. it sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's That's a fair point. I just think, again, the bigger picture is uh, where we where we should be focusing. I don't know how Supreme Court justices will. The Supreme Court justice, the Supreme Court is not going to make itself irrelevant in the next presidential term, no matter what happens. So so I don't think that that's really where I would focus. Yeah. OK, I was just thinking about it, but I appreciate you taking my call. All right. Straws from Idaho. Great to hear from you. Thank you very much. Let's go to Rodney from St. Louis. Rodney, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Rodney from St. Louis. Welcome to the show. Please accept my invitation. And last chance for Rodney from St. Louis. 
No go. That is truly a shame. Why would you keep that in? Let's go to Jack from Warsaw, I believe it is. Jack from Warsaw, Poland. Hello. Welcome can you hear me well? Yes, I can. Hi, David. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry for my English and my rugged voice. You're doing um, great. Right. So, the thing I wanted to bring into your attention is uh, something I noticed about the entirety of left-leaning media in the U.S. I'm an okay. outside observer. Um, just an outside perspective here. Um, which is, when you try to make a point that Trump is a danger to democracy, mm -hmm. you bring out those sound bites where he said that he's going to, uh, you know, uh, stop. Like, can't remember exactly what, what it said, like, suspend the Constitution or that he wants to be a dictator for a day. Now, for your side, uh, for people who are already against Trump, this sounds like good enough reason. Mm -hmm. uh, for re Republicans are not going to buy it, and many undecided, I think, are also not going to buy it because they kind of, they're, they're um, how do I call it? They are okay with giving Trump the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was just joking. And the point that I want to make is that there's, I think, um, a much better way to make the case that Trump is a danger to democracy. Tell me. By... Yes? Yeah, yeah, tell me what that is. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, and I think the perspective should be, hey, look at what Trump is saying that the left, quote-unquote, or Biden, quote-unquote, or the Democrats, quote-unquote, are doing to him. He is saying that they are politically persecuting him. He's saying that uh, they're destroying democracy. They're... All of those things that he is saying that the left is doing to him, and he also makes a point that he's going to do the same, that he feels justified in doing the same to the left. And right. I believe this is much clearer indication of what kind of danger to democracy he is. He is basically twisting the entire reality into a vision of like, you know, being Navalny oppressed by Putin. Um, and then he's saying that when I'm going to be Putin, I'm going to do the same that Putin did to me. <laughs> kind of. I understand the uh, point you're making, Jack. You know, for me, it's really an all of the above. I mean, listen, it, it is absolutely the case that Trump is already pre-justifying some of the things that he will try to do by saying they're doing it to me, so it would be fair for me to do it to them. Trump is also threatening to target media outlets that he doesn't like, which is an absolute democratic. Hopefully he targets you. That would be glorious nightmare. Trump is also saying that he is going to deploy the Justice Department against his political opponents. Trump is also saying I will be dictator for a day. Trump is also playing coy with all of the global dictators that he likes while criticizing allies. I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't think, Jack, that there's the one thing that will really change people's minds. First of all, a huge swath of people aren't going to have their minds changed no matter what is said to them. So, so they're unreachable. So for a lot of these people, it's like there's no one thing. There's no 10 things with all of this other stuff. We never know in advance what is the most effective thing that if people knew they would then change their mind. So we need to take an all of the above approach. I think what you're pointing out makes a lot of sense. And I think I think some of the other things make a lot of sense. So I, I would take an all of the above approach for sure. And that's perfectly fine. And I wish 
the left-leaning media would take the all of the above approach, as you say. Mm. But what I hear as I'm, you know, listening to to these debates and 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 uh, and all the stuff that uh, that appears on YouTube, basically, um, is that there is this strong focus on those dictator for a day, dictator for a day. Yeah. Um, and, and remember, part of that is, is part of that focus yeah. is because he said that more recently. You know, now we're already moving on to other things. It, I, I don't share the concerns you have. I think is where I'm coming down. Okay, okay. I wish it, it would be revisited uh, to make a list of all the things that Trump said he's going to do because they're doing to him and demolish his claim that these things are being done to him. Uh, um, just to remind maybe people who just started. But they are doing those things to him. Left-leaning media yeah. uh, recently that, no, in fact, what Trump is saying that is being done to him is BS and uh, and what he threatens. But that would be a lie. Back is actually dangerous. All right. Well, total bullshit. Now, apparently, David is claiming a bar in Florida plays his show. What kind of faggot place in Florida would play his show? I want to send a huge shout out to state market restaurant in It's got to be in Broward County. Sanford, Florida. Now Sanford, Florida, I've never heard of it. To tell you. I think this is a like a right-wing biker bar. Oh, get the I fuck out of here. Sure. There's no way they're playing the David Pakman show. You can invest. Or they might be like, "Hey, let's watch that ridiculous faggot and see how crazy he is today." Investigate it, but it seems that they like the David Pakman show. Get out of here. I heard from our viewer Dylan, and Dylan sent me this picture. Dylan told me I was in this restaurant the other day, state market restaurant in Sanford, Florida. They had the David Pakman show up on the TV. Um, when you look around, it looks like there are some some biker gang dudes in there. Well reviewed spot. They seem to have extraordinarily hearty breakfasts, to which I say uh, Mazel Tov. Absolutely. And uh, love to see it. A heroic notice. Uh, no one was even looking at the TV. Uh, a moment in the redder parts. of. So it looks like what's going on is this restaurant has a homosexual employee and that employee put the David Pakman show on the TV and no one gave a fuck. Florida. Because they probably didn't even know who he was. Definitely Florida, not Florida, right? Um, state market restaurant in Sanford, Florida. If you ever go into a restaurant, a cafe, whatever, and they are playing the David Pakman show, Please take a picture or even a video and send it in. Thanks to Dylan and uh, hello to everyone there. Hello to everyone at State Market Restaurant in Sanford, Florida. I've never been, never had the pleasure. What a bunch of bullshit. Um, he's pre still pretending the economy is great after this caller, apparently. We have a voicemail number. That number is 2192 David P. I'm going to make a promise. I'm going to make this public so that you can hold me accountable. We get so many voicemails that last year I told you, hey, we have like 2000 voicemails that we need to go through 3000, 3500. Upon return from the New Year's break, we have 4100 voicemails that we have not been able to listen to. I am going to make every effort to get that down at least under 3000 and soon. We're going to work our way through the voicemails. And here is a voicemail that came in over the weekend about a caller who's very triggered and says, how can I say the economy is any good? The economy is obviously trash. 
Let's see what he has to say. I'm interested. David, why are you acting like the economy is so booming and good? Because I look at the data. This is not a show about my opinion. My opinion is irrelevant. Oh, yeah. This is not an opinion show. I'm looking at the data. Yeah. And that's why I say the economy is good. The economy is absolute trash. Oh. There are no jobs. Oh. We actually have record low unemployment. Yeah. Everything is so freaking expensive. Yeah. They're great jobs and the and the prices are low. Inflation was zero in October, 0 0.1 in November. And year over year inflation is down to 3.1%. Interest rates are through the roof. Interest rates are down two points and coming down further. They're it's, still fucking high as shit. Can't even buy a house. Well, okay. Kids can't even buy a house. I don't know what age you're thinking of. That part may be true. What would you be doing if you weren't doing YouTube, man? I Sucking cock at the bathhouse. That's a softball right there. It'd probably be working in finance, to be honest. I was all set to go into finance, and then they pulled me into podcasting. I did everything right, and they indicted me. <laughs> uh, no, I would almost certainly be working in finance, yeah. I mean, you have to sit there and talk crap about Trump every single day to put food on your table, man. I don't have to. I choose to, sir. And that's a big difference. If you didn't have that, you'd be totally screwed, man. Right. But I'm telling you that. Uh, I think he'd be okay. I think David is very special and he's well taken care of. This right here. There is no job. Nobody is spending money. Actually, it's GDP has been up dramatically. The economy is in the hole. I'm not talking about Trump or Biden. I'm not saying right or left, red yep. or blue. I'm telling you the facts. The economy is in the dumps. I would love it if he was able to present a single statistic that suggests that we don't have a perfect economy. And again, you know, we started at the top of the show by pointing out just because they're lying about oil production being down when it's actually up doesn't mean we like using oil as a source of energy. They are lying about oil production being down, and I wish it were, and that we were getting off of oil and going yeah, over. David to wants the price of gas to be even higher. Green energy. In the same way, just because the economy is doing really well by all historical metrics doesn't mean that we say, hey, I'm satisfied. We don't need to do any better. There are people without access to health care. Forty percent of the country can't meet an unexpected thousand dollar expense without putting it on a credit card or borrowing from friends and family or otherwise going into debt. Wages have not kept up with inflation over the longer period of time. There's a whole list of problems, but we are doing way better than we were. We are not the be all end all of a northern European style democracy and economy, but we have made improvements. And we have to recognize that if you are measuring how well the economy is doing differently, depending on who's president, then you're being biased. OK, mm, yeah, mm -hmm. I look at the same metrics no matter who is president. Yeah. I don't go into a rabbit hole. Total bullshit. And focus on one metric when it's a Democrat and then another when it's a Republican in order to make the Democrat look good and the Republican bad. That's literally what you do. Um, but we have to be honest. We have to be uh, uh, forthright here. You're not honest at all, ever. And say, if we take the top five, six, seven metrics we use to say, how is the economy doing? Uh, the economy is doing quite well. All right. What
Keep trying. Keep trying. What is coming up in 2024? What a bitch. Okay. Oh, so Trump posted a very thorough document with tons of citations related to election fraud in each state. I was, I was, uh, I was very pleased with it. Uh, I don't. I, I sometimes wonder about like who the hell is around him, and sometimes bad people are around him. I whoever put that document together, I thought did a very good job, and uh, and I posted about it, and I said they're going to hand wave it all away. No one's going to walk through it to quote unquote debunk any of it. Let's see. Let's see if I'm right. Here's the first person I've seen. Donald cover Trump it. has finally posted the proof of 2020 election fraud. This on his platform, Truth Social, Truth Central. posting a PDF yesterday along with the message, quote, summary of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election in the swing states. I am pleased to share a report that is fully verified. Most of the information was gotten from government sources, tapes and other public records and compiled by the most highly qualified election experts in the capital C country. These numbers are determinative and in all cases are hundreds of thousands of votes per swing state more than I needed to win that state. If the Republican Senate does not step forward and address this atrocity, it will happen again and be virtually impossible for Republicans to win elections in the future. Now we're going to get to the proof, but Trump continued adding. Remember, I was not campaigning. The 2020 election was long over. What I was doing is bringing to light the fact that the election was without question rigged and stolen with a capital S. As president and commander in chief, it was my duty to do so. If I did not do this, I would have been in violation of my oath of office and the take care clause, which requires the president to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Therefore, I am entitled to total immunity because that is exactly what I was doing, taking care with a capital C of our capital C country, guarding it with a capital G from capital R rigged and capital S stolen elections. Why these capitals? We will never know. All right, listen, I think it, I'm going to start writing like that now. Let's skip page three and go right to the report. Oh, yeah, I reviewed it. the document. Oh, guys, I can't wait to hear it. David has reviewed the document. And it is complete and utter BS. Oh, well, there you go. Case closed. I don't know any other way to say it. You can look up this document on your own. It's I mean, 32 pages is really not that long, but just about every every line contains a lie. Oh, so let's look yeah. at an example. Claim. Oh, let's do that. Um, the document claims the set that, that in Fulton County, Georgia, quote, the second machine count was over 17000 votes short. Fulton County was instructed to reconcile the results by the secretary of state and recertified its results without divulging the extent of the vote deficiency to members of the Fulton County Board of Registrations. And let me guess, Georgia investigated themselves and they found that everything was fine. This is one of their smoking gun bullet points of proof. Now they cite a source. Well, I encourage. Listen, if you want to do this seriously, just follow it through. OK, so here's a bullet point with an allegation about a machine being 17000 votes short. We look at the source. The source is uh, another document. OK, this document is merely a letter. This letter 
is a complaint letter written in July of 2022. Remember, this is their proof. It's nearly two years after the election, and it's a complaint submitted to the election board, which includes conjecture. It includes opinion. Yeah, guys, we 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 don't even have to look into it. It's just an opinion, man. No need to look into it. And we don't need to look into the thousands and thousands of affidavits. There's no reason to. It includes out of context screenshots, but it includes absolutely no proof of the underlying <laughs> matter that a 17,000 vote discrepancy was just reconciled despite the numbers being, as they are alleging, completely wrong. This would sort of be like, imagine I file a lawsuit, right? Like, imagine I thought Sam Cedar stole my set, right? And I file a lawsuit and I go, Sam Cedar stole my set and uh, he put up a camera in my studio so he could actually preview what my set looked like. And then he had it manufactured so that he could deploy a copy of my set before I even did to then claim I stole his set. Like, imagine I filed such a lawsuit. And then later, a report com comes out and says, hey, we have proof that Sam Cedar stole David Pakman's set. What's the proof? The proof is David's lawsuit. <laughs> Hold on a second. My lawsuit's not proof. My lawsuit is the allegations. How could it possibly be the proof? That's what most of these sources amount to. Bullshit. Through the 32 pages, Bullshit. there are countless other examples. Yeah. The document says about 43,000 Dropbox ballots in DeKalb County and 59,000 in Fulton County violated chain of custody requirements and weren't transported in the right way to the registrar. However, those claims were investigated. Yeah, and, and they, they found that everything's fine. Guys, Brad Ratzenberger, he investigated and everything's fine. They were found to be unsubstantiated. <laughs> they make the allegation <laughs> and they, they point to, hey, here's someone who yeah. made this complaint, mm -hmm. but the complaint was investigated and it was yeah, found. It was investigated by the people in on the steel and magically they said, yeah, there's nothing to see here. Everything checks out. Uh, lacking any kind of substance. They make claims about so-called QR code mismatches in Dominion voting machines in 65 of 67 Georgia counties. The problem is that state and federal authorities investigated that yeah, claim. Guys, the authorities investigated. Everything's fine and found it completely without merit. Yeah, guys, Bill Barr said there's everything's fine. Don't worry about it. I could go on. OK, this is not proof of anything. And if so, it, uh, I, as I predicted, a total hand wave, a total hand wave. If anything, this tells us if this is the best they've got, we can feel really confident that this election was not actually stolen, regardless of how many times. Yeah, just like we can be confident that you exclusively date women. Uh, Donald Trump says it. And one last thought on this as well. If this so-called proof was actually compelling. Some court would have found it compelling yes. and meritorious. Oh, there we go. Back when they were let, trying trying uh -huh. to litigate this. Now you could say, well, right, right, exactly. Even though they were shutting down the cases on standing. Well, they hadn't had time to gather all of this stuff. Most of these allegations, if you actually look back, there are pre-existing or similar allegations from around the time that they were trying to litigate this. It is true. They've come up with some new doozies since. Uh, but if even a fraction of this stuff was true, you would think that at least some court would have found it with merit.
finally the smoking gun proof. And there is nothing there. But the Trumpists <laughs> don't care. It's a PDF, guys. I mean, PDF. again, total projection. PDFs look official. You type it into your browser and it downloads a file. It's much more official than just a website. It turns out that at the end of the day, it's just nonsense. What a lying faggot. But what else do you expect from David Pacman? This is what he does. Um, he's claiming that, first of all, I don't like Bill Maher at all. And I give commies nothing. So I will give Bill Maher no credit for being right about a couple obvious things. Fuck him. With that said, Seth MacFarlane is even more of a retard than Bill Maher. And he is a absolute abject retard when it comes to the vaccine. And of course, David is a vaccine salesman. He lies about the vaccine all the time. So here he is defending Seth MacFarlane. I'm going to play some back in extraordinary video for you today of Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane just intellectually dribbling Bill Maher's head all over his own podcast. Bill Maher invited Seth MacFarlane on. And I think it's great that Bill Maher regularly has people on who make him look uninformed. I, I, I'm not saying that sarcastically. It's great that he doesn't just shoot fish in a barrel and he brings people on who can say, Bill, you're wrong about a lot of this stuff. The topic of covid came up. The topic of vaccines came up and Bill Maher says many things that aren't true. Seth MacFarlane very calmly and rationally takes it all apart. Let's uh, let's just jump right into this and I'll give you my thoughts as we go. Like 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 what would be an example of that? I would think uh, this country did not allow for um, uh, natural immunity to be considered. And I know this is a subject dear to your heart. Yes. Like even if you had the disease, you still had to get a vaccine. That's powerful, stupid. They don't do that in Europe. I think they do that here. There's mandatory vaccination and grade in schools. Right, but if you already, but if you already had the disease, you have natural immunity. We didn't see that. Was, we didn't, that, that we didn't was, seem that was, to believe in that. That was here. debunked, though. I mean, that was that, that's I mean, not debunked. Don't no. you know people who've had COVID four or five times? I do. That's so this is interesting because, of course, this isn't what they mean by natural immunity, but it's actually a really great point. If natural immunity was useful, then you would think that having gotten covid would either protect you from getting it again or protect you from future strains or whatever. And it actually doesn't. Now, it's not untrue to say that when you immediately recover from covid, you now do have immunity, at least for some period of time against that same strain. But the the genesis of the idea was let it run rampant and then there will be norm, no more covid. But as we know, because it evolves and because it changes, that's that just doesn't work. If you if that worked, you wouldn't get sick from it five times. And Seth MacFarlane points it out. It's not natural immunity. There's no immunity there. You've had covid five times, probably because you had too many vaccines. I didn't now, now this this is crazy. OK, there is that is complete. Th this happens often with these folks. They make a point and you go, that makes no sense. Here's a very simple counterpoint. Oh, well, that's probably because of something else. The reason getting covid doesn't protect you as much as it could is because you had too many vaccines. You won't find that anywhere in any kind of evidence based trial. That's OK. So again, total bullshit. It has absolutely been proven that the uh, COVID vaccine fucks up your immune system. 
That is why people who get vaxxed and boosted a lot get sick all the time. You're totally full of shit. Hopefully that happens to you because you're vaxxed and boosted unless you're lying about how many boosters you're taking. Hopefully the spike proteins do what they're supposed to do inside your scrawny little faggot body, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. For sure. I'm COVID. Did, did, you, did the vaccine gave you COVID? Uh well, that's certainly nothing unscientific about the fact that the vaccine, which does weaken you in order to strengthen you. Says do all vaccines. Exactly. Yeah. But while you're in a weakened state, yes, that's why so many people like me got it, did not have it while the thing was raging and I was taking zero precautions. Now, this is an anecdote. But again, he's he's putting forward another claim that is not based in reality. Lie, total lie. In the, pre in the period after you've been vaccinated, you are weakened and thus more yeah, likely- your immune system is completely fucked. ...to get COVID. Like AIDS level, it's crazy. I looked for evidence It's of called VAIDS. Here's the tactic David uses all the time. I looked for evidence, but I couldn't find it, and therefore it doesn't exist. Wasn't able to find it. Because I was never that afraid of it. I've said this before, you know what would be beautiful? You know what would be a storybook, excuse me, storybook perfect end, ending is if David became the evidence. Oh, man, that would be a hell of a thing. You could write a book about that. But that's anecdotal. Like, I've okay. had yeah, every booster there is uh, anecdotal that, yeah. And I have never had COVID. I get a flu shot once a year. I haven't had the flu in 20 years. Right. Well, I haven't either, and I don't get a flu shot. Okay, so, so th this is yeah. all. I haven't right. had the flu since I was in sixth grade. I've never had a flu shot in my life. But but right. But, but you know the difference between anecdotal and, and statistical. I do. And, and, and statistically, you still have a 90% better chance of not being hospitalized, not dying. if you're uh, Again, total made up uh, propaganda from Pfizer. Absolute bullshit. Vaccinated. Oh, okay. well, that, but that's assuming all people are alike. And that is one of the giant fallacies in your way of thinking. We are not all alike. Yes, I would recommend and have recommended the COVID vaccine for the high risk people. By the way, it's funny, the idea that Bill Maher is evaluating people and saying, I think you should get the vaccine. Well, faggot, that's what you did during COVID. You were telling everybody to get the vaccine. You you acted like a doctor. That's why I think you should be held criminally liable. Because people, other people, like Tim Poole, I think he said, talk to your doctor. I have no problem with that, telling people to talk to their doctor. No problem. Okay? But you tried to act like people's doctor, and I think you should be prosecuted for that. I don't really recommend it for you. Who, who is Bill Maher to be recommending vaccines to specific You recommended the vaccine to everyone, you fucking piece of shit liar. People based on their whatever status he assesses them to have. Like if you're 90 or fat, get it. Absolutely. You need it. Some people don't. But you had Djokovic didn't need it. But you had Aaron Rodgers didn't need it. But you had something like 1900 kids who died of bullshit. Totally made up. No, I don't think that's right. No, just don't believe that statistic. How many how many of them died from the vaccine? None. Again, completely preposterous. These people are sick. They are sick liars and they deserve nothing other than imprisonment or helicopter rides. New York. And, and, and the, the thinking there is that, well, probably most kids are not going to die from COVID. So why bother with the vaccine? Because it's only going to be a few hundred kids, right? I don't know how many kids died. Um, that seems very high this, to me. I, I know at one point the New York Times grossly 
talking about misinformation, they had to apologize. They got it completely wrong. She this is called a red herring. The, the, uh, no, it's not. It's addressing the exact claim. Order to challenge Seth MacFarlane's number of 1900 kids dying. He says one time the New York Times got something wrong. OK, well, that was that was years. Uh, no, they deliberately lied ago and it's been corrected. How does that have any bearing on what Seth is saying? This is a classic. It's again pointing out that people like you and the New York Times have constantly lied about the amount of kids that have died of COVID. This uh, uh, distraction technique. Reported something like 900,000 children have been hospitalized and it was like 63,000. So maybe those facts should be Paper, Papers can get it wrong and they print Faggot, they're not getting them wrong. They're lying on purpose. And also, and you know the, but also, the, with COVID or from COVID, did 1,900 children die with COVID? Yes, it's a whole different okay, story. Okay, but take 7 million people worldwide. 7 million people worldwide who died from COVID. Like, if, if even just Again, a... Preposterous. It's a preposterous number. It's totally made up. Fraction of that is... And, and it's probably a larger fraction who died of COVID than who died with COVID. Bullshit. The CDC admitted it's like 96% died with and 4% died of. Even If even just a fraction of that is, that's still a lot of fucking people. Yeah, people die, asshole. That's a lot of fucking people. Yes, and... But why? <laughs> okay, that's, but, that's, some, but that's some people... That's 7 million people. Things are... And you cannot prevent that. You, you can, though. I mean, you... you no, you can't. You, you can prevent at what cost but is what's the, the yes, cost of yes, getting a vaccine what what's why your health your your life potentially why what's well the, the fact that you don't the, the fact that you don't even have a clue what's the cost of getting a vaccine that oh, you don't know the that? answer to that <laughs> no you're 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 you you completely want to shut your eyes to the fact that there are repercussions to all medical interventions inclu including a vaccine all vaccines they come they say side effects just like every medication does sure. you can see it in the literature they can't write it on the back you know on the vaccine so you have to dig them and and of course there is a vaccine court because so many people have been injured this is not a screed to say don't do vaccines i'm not against doing vaccines i'm against doing vaccines that i don't think i need i should be able to decide that for myself inside my body uh but yes, there are there are but pathogens don't you, don't that you think that would the, come along that I would fight you for? But don't you think to the, get but the that, vaccine? Okay, but that's a good point. To get the vaccine, and and you bring me to my next point. Don't don't you think that the the vitriol and the the, the just the the aggression towards the the the, the uh, that the anti-vaccination movement um, the way it souped itself up during all this, that the next time there is a pandemic, our public health system oh. is so weakened. Yes. Hopefully by that time, you've all been tribunaled and hung. But we'll see again after a fair trial, after a fair trial. Exactly, so because, of the, because of them and their misinformation that made people skeptical. The but fact that everybody Trump. came out and said, if you get the vaccine, you, you, you cannot get the disease. And then, of course, that was wrong. And, you, and if you get the vaccine, you can't transmit it. <laughs> but and they that were learning right alongside. No, they weren't. They were deliberately lying. They were just like you are right now, deliberately lying. I understand. I understand. They're, not, they're not, they're, I, you just said yourself, doctors are often wrong. They right. are, especially when okay. they're researching I, a brand new disease.
but the media pretended that they must be obeyed. And I am not blaming them for it. I'm just saying that's why there shouldn't be the science. There's no <laughs> the in science. That's what you want. You want just to be the, no. the, the one. No. This is bonkers stuff. It's right not now. bonkers. It's just he's not doing as good as I would like him to do. I think he could be better on this. I think he could be arguing better. But he is right. Now, I don't... Fuck Bill Maher. Uh, but he is right about this. And it's not bonkers. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not true well, at all. Well, it is. No, the strength and of you science... Don't wanna, you don't know the what strength it, of science is that it has the capacity to evolve. But just acknowledge that some... That vaccines affect... Have ill effects on some people. I, I, and, they do. Of again, course they anecdotally. Do. But statistically, it's here and it's here. It's like... It's, it's people... How many, not with the COVID vaccine, retard. If seven million people died of COVID, how many yes. people died from the vaccine? Probably, well, okay. probably a few. But but I don't know what the number if, is, but I know it's we not seven million. If we were more judicious about who needed it versus who it might hurt. The thing that's missing from this goes on for a while. The thing that that's, of course, missing from this is that um, there really is no more of this widespread mandate to get this vaccine. And I've too bad you already tried it uh, and I hope you're all punished for it. In the first to say, once it became clear that this vaccine did not prevent transmission or getting the disease, but worked extraordinarily well at preventing you from getting really sick or dying, which is totally made up. The argument for mandating it certainly was diminished. Now, the argument for mandating it uh, uh, was that it's wrong to force people to inject their bodies with an experimental vaccine. And if you did propaganda, trying to coerce people into doing that, you should be criminally prosecuted. I was one of the first to say it. And I think one of the people- I don't care, you should still be prosecuted. That, that is finding the right balance on this issue is actually Sam Harris, who in- an Sam Harris is another absolute fucking retard. Episode where he did a sort of review of everything on COVID. He pointed out that this was an emergency situation with millions dying. It's no excuse, you all need to be prosecuted. And when people were dying by the thousands daily in so many countries, including the United States, you use all the evidence and information you have to make the but they didn't do that best decision possible. But you didn't do that. And when that you censored people and persecuted them when they had accurate information. First version of the vaccine did work well at preventing transmission and infection. that's completely made up uh, within two to three weeks of the vaccine rollout, you already had Israeli hospital data showing that more than half of the people that were hospitalized were fully vaccinated. Okay, so fuck you, you're a goddamn liar. A lot of those requirements made perfect sense. No, they didn't. Over time, those requirements have been done away with. The effectiveness of the vaccine on transmission, on, tra on getting infected at all, uh, has changed as the variants have gone forward. Bullshit. And that doesn't mean that because now we're doing something different, what was done in that unique hundred year pandemic explosion moment was wrong. And so I think where Marr misses the mark is that he goes too far in some areas, but is not nearly charitable enough in others. And he ends up making himself sound like an extremist. Now, this is not new for Bill Maher. I think on many things, Bill Maher makes sense. And on anything medical, for a long time, you go back and watch interviews that Bill Maher did with Larry King 25 years ago. He was already weird. Like he had an anti-aspirin 
moment where he said, why would anyone take aspirin? The body isn't aspirin deficient. So why do you take aspirin? Well, that's not the way it works. The reason you take aspirin is not because the body is lacking aspirin. It's because you want to reduce a fever, for example, or whatever the case may be. So it's not new that Bill Maher is a little bit all over the place on medical stuff. Seth MacFarlane is really good at this, and I'm glad. No, he isn't. He's a total retard that he was on. Disgrace. What a disgraceful piece of shit. So now uh, barely attractive Emma and Sam Cedar are claiming that Jimmy Dore is trying to kill his audience. Speaking of uh, falsifying uh, uh, scientific data, um, yeah, earlier in the program, um, oh, let's do the other one. Earlier in the program, uh, we started off with a clip of the uh, Florida Surgeon General who is saying that the, he's trying to get rid of the, uh, or calling for basically halts on the uh, COVID vaccine because uh, it is, uh, I had the quote here somewhere, the Antichrist or probably mm. the antichrist of va vaccines uh, and God doesn't want you messing with the human genome. And okay, so again, you didn't say that you're totally making that up. Uh, therefore, my scientific opinion is that the uh, uh, the covid vaccines don't work. Um, here is uh, Demi Jor, uh, J uh, Jimmy Dore. I'm sorry, I I, I, uh, I got the vaccine booster, and so obviously I have a cognitive dysfunction. I hope so. Um, that would be what you deserve. You would absolutely deserve that. Talking about uh, from the Daily Skeptic, which is some uh, vax-denying uh, uh, site that he's decided is, uh, you know, real news, uh, written by uh, Will Jones. I wonder if that's actually it. Uh, like, uh, uh, like a... AI. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, Will Jones. I mean, it could be. I can't imagine someone would come up that. Lancet study on COVID vaccine autopsies finds 74% were caused by vaccine. Study is removed within 24 hours. Now, yeah. you, you they lean on anyone that uh, writes anything that Pfizer doesn't like, and, and they've done this before. Not quite clear, like, who these autopsies are from this, but it's, they were ostensibly um, people who supposedly died from the vaccine. So that's the universe mm. of people. And this study supposedly finds that 74% of those people were uh, caused by the vaccine. And um, let's listen to, uh, I don't know if we should uh, force you to listen to the four minutes that Jimmy Dore <laughs> reads the entire article as as I don't he works know what, out like, his brain. As, yes. He reads the entire article, and of course, he doesn't really know where the important parts are, so it's like he's, he's reading like a children's story half the time. He's reading the method section, yes. thinking it's like the conclusion section. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead here. Listen to this. Lancet study on COVID vaccine autopsies finds 74% were caused by the vaccine that got published at the Lancet and they immediately removed it 24 hours later. Let me just break it down and then we'll come to you for your comment. A Lancet review of 325 autopsies after COVID vaccination found that 74% of the deaths were caused by the vaccine. But the study was removed within 24 right, hours. Pause for one here. Now, I just want you to just ask yourself a question. And now, uh, Jimmy has absolutely no curiosity about this. And the, uh, the, the site that is reporting this 
what 325 autopsies? Like, how did they decide these 325 autopsies? Is it they just randomly chose the autopsies around the world and they found that 74% of the people died from vaccines? That's not. He's simultaneously arguing that Jimmy Dore is not. What did he say? He's not inquisitive about this, but he doesn't even know. Not relevant here, because if let's say it was 100 percent of these autopsies, which were the entire universe of autopsies that found that these people died of an adverse reaction to the covid vaccine. Right. Of the hundreds of millions of millions of people who got hundreds of millions of uh, COVID vaccines. If 325 died, as opposed to, let's say, the 7 million that died. Retard, if you took a random sampling and 100% of them were, were from the vaccine, that would, would... Oh, my God. These people... So even if you had a worst-case scenario than 74% of the deaths being caused by the vaccine, it would be fine, according to, to Sam Cedar. Right. from COVID. But we don't know because this uh, paper, which was a preprint awaiting peer review, so it was not a peer-reviewed paper. They would dismiss it if it was peer-reviewed. They've done that before. Was taken down from the Lancet. Now, why? Do they, what is the process at the Lancet where they're just like, well, we always just publish stuff. And then we just realized, wait, this doesn't say something we want it to say. Yeah. It's maybe they all of a sudden realize like, oh, wait, there's a problem with this study. No, That's no, no, so no. so glaring. But no, it couldn't be it. It all couldn't right, be that. Let's go. Preprint was waiting peer review. It was written by the leading cardiologist, you, Dr. Peter McCullough, a Yale epidemiologist, Dr. Harvey Reich. Pause it for one second. I like how he says Yale epidemiologist because a, a Yale is valid when you want to hear from that guy. That's exactly yeah. what I said earlier. Exactly. They're, they're obsessed with credentialism when it's, or they, they Total projection. It all together when it's the general scientific consensus and people that have worked and dedicated their lives and epidemiologists to understanding this. But when they can find their one crank who has an association with an Ivy League. Yeah, none of these people are cranks. You're totally making that up. School or something like that. They'll blast that to, to, to the high heavens. Yeah, I mean, and he says, uh, uh, or the Daily Skeptic says, a Lancet review found through... Actually, the review isn't a study published in the Lancet, as some social media users claim, but a preprint that was uploaded to a server associated with the journal. It wasn't peer-reviewed or published in any scientific journal, and was actually removed from the server by the journal, because they're like, oh, this is some bullshit. Okay, yeah. so it was never in the Lancet. Now, just to tell you something about Harvey Risch. Um, he is a Yale emeritus. He is emeritus professor at, 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 at Yale. And I suspect part of that reason is because of his time at Yale involving um, hydroxychloroquine. This is something that... Good. All right. So that makes him better. ...was put out by the Yale faculty. Now, so we're going to say Yale in the same way that he says mm -hmm. Yale epidemiologist. We write with grave concern that too many are being distracted by the ardent advocacy of our Yale colleague, <laughs> Dr. Harvey Risch, to promote the assertion that hydroxychloroquine, when given with antibiotics, is effective in treating COVID-19. It was. 
in particular as early therapeutic intervention for the disease as his colleagues. We defend the right of Dr. Rish, a respected cancer epidemiologist, uh, his opinions. But he's not an expert in infectious disease epidemiology, and he has not been swayed by the body of scientific evidence from rigorously conducted clinical trials which refute the plausibility Bullshit. of his belief and arguments. Bullshit. <laughs> Over the last few weeks, we all of us had spent considerable time explaining the evidence behind HCQ uh, research as it applies to late-stage COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera. We're seriously alarmed for the safety of patients and the coherence and effectiveness of our national COVID emergency uh, response when misinformation about hydrochloroquine, uh, hydroxychloroquine, HCQ, they say, and I tried to say the whole word, is spread when rigorous scientific evidence and consensus produced by the community of expert researchers in infectious diseases, federal agencies, and national global health organizations not heeded. Let us be clear: we are unanimous in our desire to see the development of therapies to treat COVID-19 and prevent transmission. If HCQ was shown to be effective, even among subgroup patients with COVID-19 in ongoing high quality trials, we would join our colleagues in promoting access to it for all who need it. And then we should say that this guy, Yale, uh, <laughs> epidemiologist, cancer epidemiologist, not infectious disease epidemiologist, Dr. Harvey Rich, uh, had a paper that was uh, listed on the, um, the national LLM. Uh, this is a another um, uh, database mm -hmm. um, that is just a database that you can upload. Uh, wrote back in uh, around this time in May, this journal published an opinion piece by one of the members of the editorial board, Dr. Harvey Risch, that reviewed several papers and argued that using hydroxychloroquine and AZ, Asimuth, early to treat symptomatic COVID-19 cases in high-risk patients should be broadly piled. As members of this journal's editorial board, we are strongly supportive of open debate and science. No, you're not. However, we must also be thorough in our examination of the facts and open to changing our minds when new information arises. In this commentary, we document several important errors in the manuscript by Dr. Rish. Hmm. Review the literature he presented and demonstrate why it is not a sufficient quality to support the scale up of HCQ. So all this, so this, one of the guys, essentially, who is no longer at Yale because of his shoddy work, um, writes this thing, pretends that it was in the Lancet. And we should say today, this headline, and again, I'm gonna be very specific. This is just an analysis by French researchers but they uh, found that nearly 17,000 people across right. six countries, this is just a, there needs to be more research on this. I saw this earlier. They're claiming tens of thousands of people died of hydroxychloroquine, absolutely impossible. 17,000 people across six countries may have died Bull because they took shit. hydroxychloroquine. That's impossible. That's absolutely fucking impossible during the first wave of COVID-19 in 2020. This is a new analysis published by French researchers. In February, March, the use of this treatment was widely promoted based on preliminary reports su suggesting a, p a potential efficacy against COVID-19. Subsequent studies showed that not only did the drug have no benefit, it resulted in significant increase of death. Bullshit. The researchers from Lyon, France and Quebec, Canada obviously huge obviously. Pfizer uh, totally. uh, 
A provider still prescribed hydroxychloroquine to some patients hospitalized with COVID-19, um, despite the absence of evidence documenting its clinical benefits. The analysis found an estimated 16,990 excess deaths across six countries, Turkey, Belgium, France, Spain, Italy, and the US, were likely attributed to hydroxychloroquine use. Researchers analyzed other studies that tracked hospitalizations, exposure to hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine, and the relative risk of death from the drug. Um, and uh, you know what? I the only way that would be possible is if the doctors literally poisoned them with lethal doses of the drug. That's fucking, this would be like one of the biggest mass poisonings in history. This is fucking retarded. Ironically, um, it was cardiac side effects. Oh my God. That, Hilarious. That if you had uh, any type of like pre existing condition with the hydroxychloroquine, now we don't know, but the point <laughs> being yes. that, uh, no, let's This shit is so desperate, man. To some of this BS, and then we'll get out of it. I mean, he just reads it like it's a storybook. This you is, just did that, fucker. This is job now. Uh, this is how he drives his... Uh, his uh... It's like doing a book report. But he's right. Jimmy's right. You're wrong, dumb bitch. Colleagues at the Wellness Company and was published online on Wednesday on a preprint site company, on the yeah. prestigious medical journal. However, less than 24 hours later, the study was removed and a note appeared stating that this preprint has been removed by preprints with the Lancet because the study's conclusions are not supported by the study methodology. While the study had not undergone any part of the peer review process, the note implies that it fell foul of the screening criteria. The original study abstract can be found at the Internet Archive and it reads, the rapid development and widespread deployment of COVID-19 vaccines combined with the high number of adverse event reports have led to concerns over possible mechanisms of injury, including systemic lipid nanoparticles, NLP, and mRNA distribution, spike protein associated tissue damage, thrombogenicity, immune system dysfunction, and carcinogenicity. The, the aim of the systemic review is to investigate possible causal links between the COVID-19 vaccine administration and death using autopsies and post-mortem analysis. His viewers we, can't read. Here's the method that you used. We searched for all published autopsy and necropsy reports relating to COVID-19 vaccinations up until May 18th of 2023. <laughs> See, notice what's going on here. This is fascinating. Jimmy's actually reading through it. They're mocking him for it. And when he explains exactly where they got the autopsies from, which Sam lied and claimed that, that it was random, they play music to distract their audience. It's unbelievable. This is absolute cover for Pfizer. These people are a disgrace. They should be criminally prosecuted at minimum or... If they can just maybe all get boosted at the same time, and then maybe if we can just, you know, spike protein one time. Spike protein one time, and then you can have one big majority report reunion with Michael Brooks. Oh, that would be phenomenal. It would be exactly what they deserve. 
We initially identified 678 studies, and after screening for our inclusion criteria, included 44 papers that contained 325 autopsy cases. None of this says anything. All they're saying is we looked for autopsy reports, and we came up with some screening things. We're not going to tell you what those are in this. And we looked at this, and um, we think 74% of them yeah, of this 354, it's, it's, I mean, it's, and it's Lancet just, said that like the methodology did not meet the criteria there in terms of like their selection process as well, which Jimmy's completely obscuring. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, can re- I'll read some stuff. This is from uh, healthfeedback.org. The author's list included several names well known for having spread COVID-19 misinformation in ah. the past, including Harvey Risch, Roger Hodkinson, and William Mackis. The, the last author is... Again, Car- that's made up, though. They didn't spread disinformation. That's just made up. Theologist Peter McCullough, whose false claims about Peter co- McCullough, it's McCullough. It, first of all, I think he's fantastic. I have now four times, four times have had close contact. So this last time when I was in Florida, and um, uh, another time I had close contact with people that were sick. The other two times I had super close contact with people that were sick. Okay. These are situations, at least two out of the four, where I would be guaranteed to get sick. But somehow, because of this fucking, I don't know, iodine, viralidine, whatever the fuck this shit is called, nasal spray, if someone's sick, I don't, I don't do the nasal spray all the time, but if I'm around someone who's sick, or I've been clearly exposed to someone who's sick, I, every couple hours, do the viralidine spray and then gargle with Listerine. And I have not gotten sick. Now, could be a coincidence, but I, I think, I think there's something to it, obviously. And, um, and in some instances, I was the only one that didn't get sick. I felt like the guy in Red Dead Redemption that works at the fucking um, store, the grocery store in uh, Amarillo. You know, when everyone's dying of uh, whatever the fuck, cholera, and that guy's totally fine for some reason. You know, he has the, uh, he has the uh, picture of the. What do they call that guy? The tall man or whatever? In the whatever, okay? So that's number one, uh, why I like uh, McCullough. But what's interesting about McCullough is that before COVID, he was like highly respected, one of the most cited uh, 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 cardiologists, one of the most cited, one of the most well-respected. And then suddenly, because he, he said things that they didn't like, which were true, he's now a crank. Oh, he's now, he has no credibility. Isn't that fascinating? COVID-19 vaccines eventually led the American Board of Internal Medicine to recommend revoking oh, his- Oh, also, board. also Zelenko. Was that the guy's name? He's dead now, unfortunately, he passed. Zelenko, I think the Zelenko protocol, that also, I do some of that. I don't do it completely, but uh, a lot of zinc, I think zinc's very good. So maybe that's also part of it. So I, I have no idea how long. Maybe I'll, I'm jinxing myself and I'll get sick tomorrow. But uh, it is, uh, it's a hell of a thing. And if this is true and there's something to this, why isn't this common knowledge? It's, first of all, it's completely safe. You can buy it over the counter, okay? And uh, zinc is also over the counter. If it takes something that simple to avoid getting sick, why isn't it common knowledge? That is ridiculous. Who the fuck wants to be sick? It's the worst thing ever. Holy, it's one of the worst things ever. It's not maybe not the worst thing ever, but it sucks. 
board certification in October 2022. It is noteworthy that they're six, all part of the establishment. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is noteworthy that six of the nine authors of the review are affiliated with the Wellness Company. McCulloch is the chief scientific officer of. They the, are way more credible than any of you or the CDC. Company which market supplements that allegedly protect against vaccine injuries. Oh wait, yeah, uh, this is what Salty Cracker was advertising. I, I was thinking about getting it, but I'm, I think I'm just going to get some shit off Amazon. But they, yeah, if you have been, if you have, um, and, I, and again, I know someone that did this, and they have not had the side effects of the vaccine that other people that I know uh, have had. Uh, this, what is it called? Nidocanase, I think. And it, it removes the spike protein from your system. That's what they're talking about. That's the wellness center. So yeah, there's a whole thing where if you've been exposed to the to the spike protein, they have ways for you to remove it. And they're, and they're they're criticizing and, and smearing people who are helping you to make sure that the spike protein doesn't fuck up your heart or whatever else. These are again, these are the most despicable fucking people. I don't lightly I don't lightly say that I want a reunion with these people, with Michael Brooks. There's not a lot of people I would say that about, but I absolutely would say that about these people. They, they, are, they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. As long as it happens through a karmatic way of their own doing by them taking the fucking vaccine <clears throat> or another booster. That's all I'm talking about. That's all I'm talking about. Unbelievable. These people are pure evil, pure evil. I mean, yeah, even the go. way it's framed where it's like potential causal links between COVID-19 and death. Like, put I'm not that wellness, familiar. Put up the page. Yeah. I'm this not, is amazing. Wh what is it? Like all green? And, get back to. Is it in Comic Sans? Get back to that pre-COVID feeling with some of our spike support. Oh, my God. Spike support. Yeah. Kids oh, living as. Please, my God. Spike proteins. Please do your job with these people. Come on. Spike protein one time. Please intended uh well year-round wellness for resilient kids where'd you send um, this no just go to wellness uh it's the twc.health <laughs> ah the Wait, wellness I, company yeah here we go <laughs> remember the days <laughs> they're laughing at people that have gotten fucked up by the vaccine that's what they're doing so I think maybe the Lancet was stolen. How the Lancet was so quick to get that thing off of their server was that you know how bars will have um, sort of patrons that aren't allowed in because they're regular, like yeah. causing problems. Probably all these guys that have a pharmaceutical, like a, a supplement company, right? Uh, literally pharmaceutical uh, <laughs> commodifiers. Except just this one is just like more underregulated. Right, exactly. I like spike support. It's more, it's more free market, so you can trust the medicine more because you're. Don't get the government involved. Let's, uh, JR in Philly says I go to Blue Chew for my spike support. Let's go, 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 uh, go back to the video again. Sorry. Here we go. Matt's driving solo today. He's going back and forth. Three physicians uh, independently reviewed all deaths. And, uh, independently like, what does at that their mean? Independent from whom? Yeah, independently in the same boardroom. 
78 studies, and after screening for our inclusion criteria, included 44 papers that contained 325 autopsy cases and one necropsy case. Three physicians independently reviewed independently, all the deaths and determined whether COVID-19 vaccination was a direct cause or a contributed significantly to the death. Their findings, this is from the paper, their findings, the most implicated organ system in COVID-19 vaccine-associated death was the cardiovascular system, 53%, followed by the hematological system, 17%, the respiratory system, 8%, and multiple organ systems, 7%. Three or more organ systems were affected in 21 cases. The mean time from vaccination to death was 14.3 days. Now, that's an interesting stat that we'll come to in, back oh, in a second. Oh, really? But most oh, great. That's yeah, occurred yeah, within a week from the last vaccine. And this is also very consistent with the New Zealand data that that Patriot whistleblower leaked, and then they arrested him immediately. Duration. So they would consider those people that CDC and the FDA and the government would consider those people not vaccinated what? because they don't consider you vaccinated until at least two weeks after you had your second shot. So when those people died, they were counting them as unvaccinated deaths from COVID. Oh, A total of 240 deaths. That's true. 73.9% were independently adjudicated as directly due to or significantly contributed to by the COVID-19 vaccination. And so the interpretation, the consistency seen among cases in this review with known COVID-19 vaccine adverse... Have you ever seen stupid retards mock a person for reading through a study? I don't know if I've seen that. I, I think this is the first time I've seen it. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that they're doing this. They're mocking Jimmy Dore for reading a study to his audience. That's unbelievable. That's really, that's just, that's incredible. That is incredible. They, they want people to be stupid. They want you to be stupid. And they want you to just obey. Even if it means killing yourself or injecting poison into your children. They are, it's just, it's an evil I've never seen, but now I've seen it. It's just, this is, I've just, it's unbelievable. I really, I had no idea what these people were. Four years ago, I would have never have believed it would reach this level. This is like, it's just incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Brands, their mechanisms and related excess death, coupled with autopsy confirmation and physician-led death adjudication, suggests that there is a high likelihood of a causal link between COVID-19 vaccines and death of these no, people in most failed. cases. Further urgent investigation is required so for they, the purpose of clarifying they, our findings. They, but, they, we know. Where did they get these 340 autopsies that they uh, examined? Faggot. Uh, retard faggot. Gay retard. They, they told you that. He read it. That was the, like, the criteria. Um, oh, my now, God. We, they had to be vaccinated, and yeah. they had to have died within two weeks of that vaccination, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what any of this stuff. So you don't know. You don't know anything about it. But you're claiming that Jimmy is wrong. This is like absolute retardation. It's just all just, it's just junk. Also, No, it isn't. That's a retarded comment.
Creating a causal link. A causal link mm. is a very- Hopefully you get a causal link. ...high threshold to clear oh. from an academic perspective when studying something like this. Oh, like, yeah. To make such a claim, I, that Hopefully should... you become a causal link. Immediately- You'll be like, hey, Michael, I didn't expect to see you so soon. I think I became a causal link. By the way, it's kind of hot in here. What's going Why is it so hot down here? <laughs> raise alarm bells but for don't anybody. don't you understand? No one died yeah. from the vaccine because the CDC does not count deaths by people who get vaccinated within 14 days. That's completely true. That's 100% true. Yeah. This is all just junk. It's you know, not junk at all. It's absolutely verified. What, it, it, what's ridiculous is, remember how like when you get the vaccination, particularly early on, you had to wait 15 mm -hmm. minutes mm -hmm. at the place? That was just so that they could say that this was not an adverse reaction to the vaccine because you didn't really get vaccinated yet because we don't count it for two weeks. It's just yeah. absurd. They, the idea that they don't count vaccinations for adverse effects until two weeks out is just gunk. Uh, again, it's completely 100% true. You're a lying faggot. They don't count it in terms of the echo efficacy of the vaccine exactly. to mitigate the implications of COVID. That's it. Right. Mm. Um, I, also, this uh, healthfeedback.org write-up uh, keyed in on something from the method section that he read out as if it was impressive. But they write, the authors excluded a majority, 90 of the studies that identified in their uh, search. While 25 of them were excluded because they hadn't conducted an autopsy or didn't report vaccination status, 55 studies were excluded without clearly stating the reasons for doing so. This is important because including or excluding such a large number of studies could greatly alter the results. Those did not in any way support our conclusion, so we're not yeah. going to look at them. Like, yeah. even those, those methods, and I, I mean, I, I'm not a social scientist. Brandon Sutton's closer to that, but I did take some, did do some of this in college and yeah like those methods the methods section he read where they're like we uh, look at a bunch of studies and used our independent criteria to weed them exactly. out exactly what are you talking what about? is that criteria if it doesn't support our conspiracy theory we're not going to include it in the study it's called the file drawer effect <laughs> also we're going to pretend like this was actually on the lancet Right, yeah. right. It's a Lancet study, uh, yeah. In the same way that they pretended... If you put some on the Discord, it's a majority report. Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was the same thing with VAERS or whatever, when people would post alleged vaccine injury and they would count that as if it was some sort of verified case. It's total nonsense. Uh, again, stupid retard. The CDC goes through and verifies and then releases the Red Box report. It's, it's just all... This is all just un... This is just really... Man, I never thought I would see behavior that would make me go, no, nah, I can kind of see why Pinochet threw him out of helicopters. I'm not saying, you know, but it's kind of like, yeah, I get it. I get it now. I get it. Sense. I get it. Pseudoscience. I never thought I would reach a threshold where I'd get that. Isn't that weird? That's not something I ever expected. By definition. Six I six never two, expected five, seven, that. 30. That's something I would always have thought of been like, well, no, that's too far. I can't see. Well, that doesn't seem right. Well, no, I, I get it. I get it. Again, as long as you got to do a fair trial. Got to do a fair trial. Anyway, so um, what's the one I was going to go to? Hold on a second. What was the next one I was going to go to? Rogers? No. Hold on a second. No, I don't... Let me think. I thought there was another one. Let's see. Now, Aaron... Ro I don't think he was Aaron Rogers. Oh, actually, we... Actually... We saw them mock people that have been vaccine injured. We might as well 
now watch them do damage control for pedophiles. I mean, there we go. You want to do this Aaron Rodgers thing? Because this is oh, your God. former... Um, I mean, this is... <laughs> let me just say this, Emma, as a way of setting you up. You know, mm-hmm. when... And anybody who grew up in the Northeast knows this. You want to be sitting in your glass chalet mm-hmm. and watch the snow fall during Christmas. <laughs> and it's like you fall in love with that, that feeling. feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then if someone mm-hmm. comes by and says, this is all fabricated, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking. I don't know why I want to uh, say that before you talk about Aaron Rodgers, but go ahead. Well, he was at one point my favorite player in the in the sport. I was a big defender, big, big fan. Let's just contextualize this. A, uh, the favorite player in your favorite sport, and I mean, sports are like your favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. So really, like... I was a big, big fan, you know, and I thought he was actually yeah, like I a... Think three or four... So, b- like, when you were a normal person before you became a full-blown AIDS commie, you liked Aaron Rodgers. Eggs might describe but it a huge. little bit better. Uh, <laughs> Matt made fun of me earlier today and said I was describing him like I would an angel falling from heaven. But so you said fall from grace. I yeah. did. He had a fall from grace in my eyes. I just thought he was like, and he supported Black Lives Matter. I was like, oh, this is great. Like this guy, you know, he's not afraid to speak out against like, you know, in this NFL world, like what he really And he stays thinks. in the pocket for like four seconds oh, no. per day. Well, he didn't stay in the pocket. He was a very mobile and athletic. That was also his <laughs> exciting about him at the time anyway turns out he's a huge douchebag <laughs> huge douchebag and it's painful for me to even like acknowledge it but i have to so what makes him a douchebag he told the truth about the vaccine i'm intellectually honest now, you're what, not intellectually honest at all is this show uh, oh my god it's pat mcafee's show so he goes on here every week and speaks about his feelings um because he thinks he's the most interesting guy on the planet and in this yeah that's just retarded He's a guest on a show, and he talks. Because of this compulsion... um, Someone can make that argument about you barely attractive. May have also uh, slandered Jimmy Kimmel. (laughs) Yeah, so a little bit more context is Aaron and Jimmy Kimmel have gone back and forth a few times. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, with regards to the COVID vaccine stuff, because that's another thing is like, McAfee, and I don't really know much about him, but like, why do you have... I, I guess because he's he was a good player, but like Aaron Rodgers is a moron. No, I mean uh, Matt. Repeatedly... Uh, no, he's not. He's completely right about COVID. Does put his <laughs> yeah. foot in his mouth like this and is a liability for that show. So I would maybe stop. Uh, it's not a liability. Him. I mean, not to yeah. like McAfee was a barstool host, and then was I think, uh, and then FanDuel picked him up, and he got a multi-million dollar right. ESPN deal because of like these weekly, basically. Aaron Rodgers appearances where he would break news specifically about Rodgers and that guy on the right there is one of Aaron Rodgers' old friends from the Packers so like whenever Aaron needs a safe space to speak about how he thinks without getting any pushback he goes to this program well what's to push back on he's completely correct about COVID and I think it's highly likely he's correct about Jimmy Kimmel Mm-hmm. Bring it up, bring it up, Foxy or somebody back Seats here. Seats on it. Bring up Super Bowl 58. You'll see it. The emblem, put it on the screen. And then bring up 57 and 56. Does that have something to do with the Epstein list that came out? 
Feels like, <laughs> feels like. That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been waiting in his wine cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't Die. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's oh, fucking we're... fantastic. We're to get Look sued. at that smog. Look what's happening. And, and I know it's not enough. I know it's not enough. But look what has happened. Donald Trump comes in and starts saying shit that no one has ever said in a position like his. Okay? And then Vivek comes in. And and look, I think Vivek is just saying whatever the fuck he needs to say. And, I, and I've said this before. If I'm wrong about that, if Vivek's for real, then he is the greatest politician in history and is actually the savior. Now, I don't believe that for a fucking second, okay? Because it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be easy that some fucking Indian guy is just going to come in and save the day. No fucking way that's happening. But based on what he says, what he he gives almost every answer, almost every answer he gives. He was a little, a little bit wonky about Israel, but almost every answer he gives is like near perfect, okay? Now, it's probably because he's very skilled at telling people what they want to hear. And I hope I'm wrong about that. But like I said, there's people that believe in Vivek. Well, if you're right about Vivek, he's going to be the greatest of all time. Uh, I just don't share that sentiment. But look what's going on. Vivek comes in, starts talking mad shit because Trump was talking mad shit. And then you get people like Tucker Carlson, all these people, and now athletes are starting to talk shit. You see some of these UFC fighters saying all this shit, and now Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, super popular, starts coming in and talking shit about Jimmy Kimmel and all of this. This is fantastic. And so more and more people, I hope, are going to start talking shit. Um, but this this is something. It's just, unfortunately, it's not enough. We need more. We need a lot more of it. And um, I, I hope that there's time. Because if it's too late, then it's too late. What can you do? But it is, it is something. Trump did something to the kind of like mainstream. He did move the Overton window in the mainstream from the standpoint of like talking shit. He did move that which is great. Hopefully, we can just obliterate it completely somehow. But uh, So I, I like the fact that Aaron Rodgers does this, and then it pisses them off. And they're like, how dare you go on ESPN and say things we don't agree with? A little small. Oh, and then on top of this, now you might recall a while ago I did an article about Pat McAfee, and I said I'm interested just from the standpoint this is he's super popular. He has a huge audience. People really like him. And ESPN signed him. And ESPN is total AIDS. And he's like, he's white. First of all, he's a, he's a straight white male. That's like three strikes against you to start out with. You know the activists are going to fuck with him no matter what because that he, he's a straight white guy. Um, and then he, you know, sometimes there's like some... Well, the other thing they don't like about him is that he mostly talks about sports. He most, I think it's football, mostly football. It's mostly talking about football. But from time to time, you have on Aaron Rodgers, and he might make fun of Fauci or something. Well, apparently, uh, uh, McAfee, there's like some problems at ESPN, which I expected, because I think they're eventually going to fire him. But apparently what he did is he's he is just straight up now talking shit about his producers at ESPN. He's just on the air talking shit about them. And I think 
What's interesting, it reminds me a little bit of Howard Stern, just not on the level of Howard Stern. Now, I don't. the new Howard Stern is a total sellout pussy, fuck him. The old Howard Stern, I like a lot, because if you recall, Howard Stern, on the back of his audience, became so fucking powerful, because so many people listened to his show. He had such a large audience that he was able, if you remember during the days when he had his his show on E, he would bring in like the head CBS guy and just berate him because he could get away with it because there was nothing they could do. There was nothing they could do. He was the king of media and no one could fuck with him and he could bring in whoever he wanted. He could do whatever he wanted. And, and why could he? Because so many fucking people listened. That's the power of a large group of people. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. And now, it's not at the scale that it was for Howard Stern with McAfee, but I think McAfee knows that he doesn't need ESPN. Like, he's going to be fine on his own. So he's decided he's just going to talk shit about the people at ESPN. That is interesting. That doesn't happen very often. So we'll see. They're probably going to fire him because ESPN is AIDS. And, uh, and I hope McAfee has a very successful independent career. And we'll see what happens. We're about to get sued. Yeah, and Jimmy Kimmel said, you know, I've never met him. I'm not on those logs and uh, maybe prepare for a lawsuit. McAfee is today saying, you know, look, we're just joshing around. <laughs> uh, you know, of course. what happens when you joke and you occasionally make some uh, really. I mean, that's what the thing about this is like in how the right wing particularly engages with the Epstein flight lock thing is it shows a pretty uh, I think psychopathic level of unseriousness because yeah. this is really serious things we're yeah. dealing with and to just cavalierly make an accusation like that about it's not cavalierly it's based off of Epstein's chef it, it's there's absolutely something to this Jimmy Kimmel is just disgusting that so, really it, is, I, I is think it's that accurate. really is the point is that like you know there is such a also they completely ignore all the shit uh, that Kimmel has talked about Aaron Rodgers axis between the COVID denialism and the anti-vaxxer stuff and um, the, the, the sort of uh, Pizzagate pedophile. Uh, yeah, all of it's true. All of it's true. That's the connection. It's all true. You're a denier of reality. You protect pedophiles and uh, pharmaceutical companies. And the people you're talking shit about tell the truth about pharmaceutical companies and pedophiles. Rings where... Um, there is no it is really more of like a totem than it is about trying to um you know root out like corruption and you know this is a story of corruption and there could be a story of like of of blackmail associated with it and i don't think that every single person who is you know going to end up being on these lists are necessarily um you know uh, uh corrupt or were being blackmailed by epstein or you know, who knows for what purposes and by whom uh i think some people are there to give him credibility to make other people feel comfortable that he wants to put into a compromising position uh never mind the victimization of these uh women and girls um i mean this is it is serious stuff and it is like sort of dragged into their sort of like creepy ass uh worldviews yep. that are really more about sort of self-stroking themselves yeah um, oh no rogers is good at that i mean and and you see like how that conspiracy hole begins i don't know when he started going down this conspiracy rabbit hole um he came from what's 
I, what I, again, initially liked about him was he had a very fundamentalist or evangelical, like, Christian background family where he had cut himself off from his family when he got into the NFL because of some of those differences in religiosity. But you can see how, like, it's still completely the same frame of mind that he applies. Uh, how? How would that be? to like the magical thinking associated with anti-vax stuff. What do you mean magic? What the fuck are you talking? Magical thinking? What are you talking about? And how all of this is... The bitch that thinks that men can give birth to babies, which is an impossibility, is criticizing someone for magical thinking. That's a hell of a thing. That uh, would be like her criticizing another woman for being barely attractive. You know, and, and, and on Xanax. A lot of the conspiracy theories that he espouses. So like... Yeah, I mean, he's just an athlete or whatever, and he's a complete faux intellectual who thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Um, but whether he's it's... never said that. I don't, I don't think that. You that. know, him or Kyrie Irving or whoever, guys who have made a lot Kyrie of money. Kyrie Irving is fucking hilarious. I, I love... <laughs> it's just the black Hebrew Israelites are fucking hilarious. <laughs> And that was that was really that was one of my favorite stories. I hope he does it again. He got into to just show you how fucking crazy these people are. They freaked out because Kyrie Irving shared a video of like the black Hebrew Israelites. Who can are you kidding? How could you take that serious? And they took that shit deadly serious. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Can the the Jews that got mad at Kyrie Irving. Can you imagine? There's got to be plenty of Jews. I would fucking hope there's plenty of Jews that are not in any way bothered nor threatened by the black Hebrew Israelites claiming to be the original Jews. Are you kidding? How do you take that serious? I think that's what made it so great is they took that so serious. Because I want that. I want to see people take the black Hebrew Israelites seriously. And, and I, I ultimately want it. I want a big debate. I want to see like rabbis debating who the real Jews are with black Hebrew Israelites. That would be the greatest thing. That would be the greatest thing. I one day, if this ever takes off into something, I, I will try to facilitate that. I will try to facilitate. It's difficult though, because a lot of people won't debate. I will. I, I wouldn't be debating. I would moderate, but I, I would try to hold a total circus debate between rabbis and the black His Hebrew Israelites. That would be that's that's like my dream. That would be phenomenal. And then kind of hermetically seal themselves off from any kind of other criticism. They do influence people, and and I would be asking the questions, and I would I would treat it seriously. I'd be like, I mean, I'd try not to laugh. I'd be like, all right, well now it's uh, Jamal's turn. Now, Jamal, you say that uh, you, in fact, are the original Jews. Is that right? I'm telling you, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, the, the, the Epstein stuff when the left approaches it is about, like, let's talk about influence and how we can get uh, big money out of and, and blackmail and those kinds of folks out of power. And, and for those and, and Rabbi Goldstein, now you're saying that you're the original Jews and the black Hebrew Israelites claiming that they're Jews is like a, another Shoah. Is that correct? Oh, my God, that would be phenomenal.
kinds of guys. It's just like, ah, oh, you know, no one is no it's one is as pure as us against yeah. yeah political rivals. It's not like oh look at uh, both like multiple presidents from both parties, uh, uh, Trump and Clinton, and also the royal family. Like <laughs> there are serious things implicated. What do you mean Trump and Clinton? Here, Such maybe bullshit. you're scoring a point off of Jimmy Kimmel because you're mad that he made fun of your dumb shit uh, anti-vax stuff. Uh, yeah, like be, be a little bit, be a little bit more serious around the things you're using as a vehicle for attention seeking. And the thing is, is that you know, obviously people. <laughs> now we're gonna go to a statement from a young black pharaoh. <laughs> what was that guy's name that got kicked out of CPAC? It was like young black pharaoh. <laughs> By the way, how do you not know? Look, I think they should have let him speak. But, like, you don't check out what the person you invited to your conference to give a speech has said on the Internet in the past. It wasn't hard to find. Because, oh, see, the, the, the big mistake with that is because leftists made a big deal about what he said. And so now it looks like that Matt Schlapp and CPAC cut to the left. So they gave, so they just, they handled that terribly. But man, oh my God, that shit was hilarious. Uh, it's like wearing pharaoh, what are they even, what is that called? What the pharaohs wear around their head? <laughs> or Joe, you're in a situation where you're joking oh. around, you're joking around, but there's a reason why the guys on that show reacted that way. Yeah. Like the closest people to him in the world reacted that way. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just a joke. It was his way of trying to attack Kimmel. Yeah. I mean, he goes on the show. That's when he called Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer. He goes on there to be an attack dog. It's, it's so insecure and bizarre. Um, and just last point on this. He's mid. He's like, that's the thing about him is like he was an all-time great quarterback. He wasn't. So hold on a second. Now Aaron Rodgers was not an all-time great quarterback. That's completely insane. He's absolutely a lock for the Hall of Fame. Although, although in this day and age, they keep people out of the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame for bullshit reasons, including politics. Because Kurt Schilling would be in the Hall of Fame in two seconds if it wasn't for the fact that he's an outspoken conservative. That's a disgrace quarterback and he's a midwit he, he, he isn't actually clever and that's going to drive him crazy as people forget about who he was on the football field. oh totally i mean that's that's part of why he's doing this he's been he played four snaps and then he was out for the year um and just last point on this good example of like psychedelics don't necessarily make you a liberal <laughs> he loves shrooms ayahuasca weed he talks about it all the time um actually for someone like him and i'm also reminded of the sopranos episode where uh tony takes um what is it? Uh, damn, some psychedelic to get over after he uh, he did whatever he did something horrible. Like sometimes it just makes people who are narcissistic more obsessed with their own thoughts. So like the theory of it is not good for uh, yes, it is for, not good for for folks who are, are narcissistic. Narcissistic. So uh, for for Rogers, it's made him more obsessed with himself. Um, and like we can disprove that theory that psychedelics make you in some way more open or left wing um, for other pe for people like this it actually just makes them more convinced of their own bullshit what a crock of shit alright let's see which one is this um, um, oh experts fear AI misinformation tsunami in 2024 well, they got to stop the memes. Experts are ringing the alarms about the role that artificial intelligence could play in this year's election. AI can create deep fake videos. I, I would tell you, I would love it. And, you know, it's very possible. It's very possible that the Internet 
somehow uses AI this election season to make memes that are beyond anything we can comprehend. Uh, similar, I mean, you know, 2016 was incredible meme-wise. That was really, that was unbelievable. It's possible that something like that could happen at, at like another level, which would really, that would be, I'm rooting for that. I think that would be great. Sound clips, images that have a significant impact on what voters believe. Talk about deep fake. Give us an example of deep fake. Yeah, uh, th there's a lot of videos going around right now that, you know, appear to show uh, just some funny ones, not harmful, but President Biden and President Trump playing video games and talking over the headsets. The voices sound identical, and that's fun and harmless, but if you were to see these things, a lot of these are getting really good. And if you didn't know it was fake, I'm sure some people out there say, oh my God, why are these guys actually doing this? Because they are very realistic at this point. And you can take that and you could say, hey, look, we've got this politician having sex with a penguin. Here's yeah. the video. You can make that video fairly easily these days because of this AI technology that has just blossomed in the last 12 months. I think on Fair and Balance, the show that you do, you did the story on Ron DeSantis and how he, he took images of Trump and he made it look like, like Trump was putting his arms around Anthony Fauci. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. And so, so that, but it was so real. Yeah. I mean, actually, front pages of papers were, were covering that. But you, there's no limit to what they can do here. Right. Uh, they, can put, they can make anything look legitimate, and they can create, in, in the voters' minds, ideas that are completely so far off base. They have no no anchoring reality. Well, you know, let me put it this way, because, again, the experts are saying, one of them says, I expect a tsunami of misinformation. Yeah. Oh. Because anybody can... That would be great, because this is one of their obvious homosexual experts, okay? So what they mean by misinformation is accurate information that they don't like. So I hope there is an absolute tsunami of what they call misinformation. Do it. Other <coughs> countries can do it and send it over here. But let me explain it to you this way, how easily duped the voters are. Because we all remember Sarah Palin when she said, I can see Russia from my house. Except Sarah Palin never said, I can see Russia from my house. That was Tina Fey impersonating Sarah Palin that said that. No kidding. But everybody wait, wait a second. Wait a, Sarah Palin you know saying what? that. I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. She never really said she it. She never said it. Okay. Uh, but the, it took on a life of its own. It does because all it takes is that one pop culture moment or that one really good fake video. Right. It, it's almost like the Mandela effect. You, you think you remember something and then other people think they do, so it becomes reality. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, that's the hit on Sarah Palin. I, I had, no, I, first of all, I did not know that. Thank you for that information. <laughs> and I've used that so many times when I talk about her. You know, she can see Russia from her house. Right. But but that's the idea. Now we've taken it to a whole new level, though. Yeah. Right. And now you can and actually now, have her say that. Right. With her voice. Not Tina Fey. Actually, somebody looks exactly. Right. It, it is her. And, and we're going to see that, especially yeah. when you look at the two people at the top of both tickets. OK, it's not out of the ordinary for either one of them to say something crazy and stupid. Well, you know, they so might you have, don't have to go too far with it. Right. They might have <laughs> Biden falling down. They might have him stumbling downstairs or saying stupid stuff. They might have Trump saying most outrageous damn things that you go, I can't believe he just said that. It's hard to know what's true and what's exactly. not. Exactly, exactly. Oh, hopefully Next. it becomes fantastic. Um, let's see here. Oh, Jack Smith filing hints at other serious crimes Trump may have committed. Yeah, I'm sure. 
I'm sure. More indictments coming, I guess. Jack Smith recently submitted a filing in court arguing against giving Donald Trump immunity from prosecution. But in this filing, he says some things that have legal experts and journalists across the country kind of scratching their heads, and it's raised more than a few eyebrows. Here's what Jack Smith put in this filing. He says that uh, if, if immunity is upheld by the courts, you know, this would include things like accepting a bribe, ordering an FBI director to fake evidence against a political foe, ordering the military to murder critics, and even selling nuclear secrets to a foreign enemy. And Jack Smith says, you know, if we give the president immunity, then that means a president could do all of these. Again, that's not what it means. And they do have immunity. Weirdly specific things. So now this fucking abject retard is suggesting to his audience that Jack Smith might have evidence that Trump murdered someone or had someone murdered. Uh, it is blue anon. Is it's incredible and get away with it all. Wow. Now, as we all know, Donald Trump has not been charged or even accused of accepting a bribe, ordering an FBI director to fake evidence against a political foe, ordering the military to murder critics, or selling nuclear Well, Biden, uh, well, I guess it would have been Obama did it with Kleinsmith, I guess. Secrets to a foreign country. He hasn't been accused or charged of any of that. But, man, those are weirdly specific things to mention in a court filing. And here's the thing that everybody needs to understand about court filings. And again, this is coming from 20 years in the legal profession. I am not a lawyer, but I have spent 20 years in the legal profession. <laughs> lawyer. How does that work? How does that work? You're not a lawyer, but you spent 20 years in the legal profession? I mean, I guess technically under your standard, I've spent like two years in the legal profession because I was a fucking file clerk at a law firm. That's bullshit. You're that you're fucking lying about your resume. In the legal profession, what were you? What were you a fucking uh, what do they call those? Uh, usually women, not always. They like keep track of the fucking shit and they write stuff. What the hell was that called? I knew a girl that was one of them. Whatever the fuck that is, I don't know. Paralegal. There Typically. It is. Not 100% of the time. Frankly, I would say a paralegal is more in the legal profession than Farron Cousins. What the fuck is Farron Cousins? I'm willing to say about 95% of the time. Lawyers, prosecutors, whoever, they don't put hypotheticals in their filings. Hypotheticals do not okay, work. So in he's co- saying that Jack Smith has evidence that Trump had someone murdered. Court. Hypotheticals are exactly that. They are a situation that may occur. It may not occur. We don't know. In court, you don't deal with things that may or may not occur. You only deal with facts and you only deal with the facts that you can prove with the evidence that you have. Deranged Jack Smith doesn't do that ever. Have. Knowing that, now it becomes a little stranger as to why Jack Smith would put these hypotheticals in this filing because prosecutors do not do that. Prosecutors do not tell a court, hey, we need to charge this guy because if we don't charge this guy, then maybe somebody will get murdered. Maybe some nuclear secrets will leak out. They don't do that. They don't. So why did Jack Smith do it, right? That is Because he's no- completely out of control. 
million dollar question that unfortunately we do not have an answer to. Is Jack Smith alluding to evidence he saw that Donald Trump may have done some pretty serious crap in office? Maybe. We cannot rule that out. I mean, these all seem like things Donald Trump would do. But until Jack Smith charges him, if he charges him or if he accuses him, up until that point, these are all hypotheticals, which again is a very weird thing to include in a court filing unless you plan on using those somewhere else down the road. What an absolute fucking retard. Anonymous93 in Rumble says, Is it possible Chank Uger went to Epstein Island with Katzenberg? I, I, I don't... I mean, anything's possible with these people. Um, I wouldn't... That, I'd be a little surprised at that. Not that he would be a pedo, but that he, he would be accepted into this group of elites like that. I, I, I think Chank is pretty much universally a laughing stock and i think that would include people of epstein's ilk i i don't know if there's anyone that would take chank uger seriously but you know who knows at this point um michelle kincaid says also what do you think jordan's gender is the co-host from chank's segment not the cocks in the mouth guy but the other I've suspected for a while that Jordan is a female. A few others in the chat agree. Thoughts? I I believe I refer to Jordan as a he, but I also call him a lesbian. Um, he he looks like a like a lesbian. Um, I mean, so what his actual gender is? I I yeah. I actually I no idea. I've no idea. These people make it impossible. You're, you you might as well flip a coin. I mean, really, you might as well flip a coin. Yeah, what gender is Jordan? It could be either. I mean, these people are like, oh, what a freak show this is. Yeah, he, he could be either. It could be a she. It could be a, a female-to-male uh, tranny. Unbelievable. Yeah, who knows at this point? Man, it's a good question. Um, YGGS Gallus says, According to the lawsuit filed by Ashley Babbitt's family, Officer Nog who shot her, was in plain clothes, so she had no clue that he was even a cop. I hadn't heard this before. Yeah, there was a lawsuit, a wrongful death lawsuit filed. I hope they win. They're pr- some corrupt judge is probably going to dismiss it, of course. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't aware of that part of it. Um, yeah, I don't think the video was clear. I don't really remember seeing... I remember seeing the gun. I don't remember seeing uh, what he was wearing. Um, yeah, I hope I hope they sue the shit out of him and whoever else uh, they have to. She was absolutely murdered. Um, I hope the family of Roseanne Boylan also sues people, especially that uh, dreadlocked whore that beat her to death. Um, okay, let's see. YGGS Gallows says, Tub Girl was a Japanese model. Are you serious? Wang had a video on it. I figured. It was all paid for by some probably normal Japanese person. Well, the Japanese are very normal with their sexual proclivities, apparently. That is the one thing that's interesting about the Japanese. It's like a high-trust society, and there's a lot of honor there. There's a lot. The sex shit is wild now i imagine it's like any other group in any other country there's probably plenty of japanese people that are like yeah it's ridiculous i don't like it i'm sure there are 
But man, it, there has been Japanese porn that I've seen that doesn't eat, that is the most bizarre out there shit that I can't even compare it to anything. It and it's like an action movie. Like I'm not talking about like sick shit. I don't know who would be the worst. The Germans seem, or the Russians, or I don't know one of them. The Germans or the Russians seem to be the worst, but I don't know. I don't even need to know. But the Japanese, they like combine action movies and porn. And it is, I remember there was like a video of this woman, naked woman, and she pulls a gun out of her pussy and starts shooting people. I've just never seen anything like that. So they're just on another level. It is, uh, it's a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing. All right, let's see. YGGS Gallo says, HB, steroids give you huge shoulders because deltoids have a lot of androgen receptors. Not big asses, you lunatic. Now, that, that could very well be. Steroid ass might not be a thing at all. I, I fully acknowledge that. I do think it's weird, though, that all of those guys had gigantic asses, and they didn't used to have gigantic asses. And there's other stuff, too, like Barry Bond's forehead got way bigger. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't, like, it just seems weird. They all, it's just, uh, it's weird. But they should all be in, let in the Hall of Fame. And obviously, Kurt Schilling should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, I don't believe there's any steroid allegations with Kurt Schilling. Um, th that's purely political. He's been an outspoken conservative for many years. Great pitcher. And he played for the Phillies. I remember, I remember, I, yeah, it's when I paid attention to sports. Um... <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't watch full baseball games at the time. Uh, periodically, I did, though. Like, I remember, I remember watching a lot of the, uh, the, the Yankees-Red Sox series when the Red Sox were down uh, 3-0. And I remember after they won two games, I started watching because I was like, if they come back from this, it's like unprecedented, unprecedented impossible. And they did. It was like nuts. So I, I did watch a little bit of baseball, but it was mainly hockey, basketball, and football. And I remember the I remember the bloody sock game. Uh, that was crazy. That was fucking crazy. Um, okay. Let's see here. Biz says uh, making food and electricity expensive is part of Agenda 2030 to make you uh, healthy against your will and control the means of production, like the commies. They are so you become hostage to central control. Fuck this EU-led agenda. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that I haven't seen the increase in electricity. Some people have seen the increase in electricity. Um, yeah, it is just unbelievable what they're doing. Biz also says, HB, did you see that Germany is facing a massive farmers uprising? I did see that on Twitter. Yes. Apparently, the media isn't covering it, but the footage I've seen is that country will stop due to diesel prices going up. I hate the unelected bureaucrats in the EU who want to rule the world. Yeah, I, I want to. Um, I didn't come across any articles today on the sites that I aggregate. I, I definitely want to cover uh, some of that. Um, but uh, I, I hope they win. I, I hope they win. Um, Mega Jehovah says, last stream. You closed out before reading all the super chats. Just came to the stream. I don't know if you got caught up. I talked about a possible reason why the left wanted to fuck the kids. Almost most of David's hater mail is made by David himself, grammar and all. 
Yeah, I thought it was like there was like a Minecraft reference. I, th I thought I read it, but I'll go back one second. Um, what was that date? That was uh, that was here. Uh, eight commies like think like reason, like and even behave like children. They even throw temper tantrums like kids. I believe AIDS commies truly do see kids as their peers, and that's why they want to fuck the kids. I say we should ban all of them from Minecraft. Um, th there's, there's, uh, it's not as prevalent, but it probably will be. But there are some AIDS commies that I've seen argue about age identifying. So like a 35-year-old man could identify as like a 15-year-old. There is a little bit of that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that become a thing. Because then it would allow the pedophiles, if they could sell that, it would allow the pedophiles more access to children. Uh, and this was, I think, was this? Yeah. Hold on a second. This, what time was this one? This was uh, January 3rd, 7 p.m. Okay. All right, so I'll open, that's a breaking news. I'll open with, from Gunfox, uh, next stream. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Michelle Kincaid says, did my super chat about Jordan come through? Yeah, the uh, gender. It seems like Anna is at a point of, if they were a couple, where everything about Shank is going to greater nerves. The jumping thing was kind of petty. Not that I care. Just pointing out how over she is with him. Yes, yeah, she is, and she's calling him out more than she used to. Uh, and so that's interesting. Um, and I imagine, I mean... There's no way they're not going to... They already fought, like, worse than I've seen in a long time um, about... What was that about? Oh, the, about uh, the plagiarism. Okay, so g given how crazy this election season is going to be, I imagine there's going to be some knockdown, drag-out fights that they have on air. Uh, it, it is going to be very interesting. Um, Mega Jehovah says, here's a video download link of Fauci himself saying getting infected is the superior vaccine. All right, I'll check that out. That's, um, yeah, wasn't that like, they also had him on video saying how masks didn't work. Like there were a couple times where he told the truth. Like he told the truth about immunity one time, and that was before they decided to go full ham with the vaccine narrative. And then he pretended immunity didn't exist, which was ridiculous. And it, yeah, they did a similar thing about the, the masks. Michelle Kincaid says, you should add the tactic that you mentioned earlier to your whiteboard videos. Don't know what it's called, but we should give it a name. It's where they put out a fake crazy line and debunk it so that the right loses credibility for the next true thing. Yeah, there's, there's probably an actual name for that tactic. I think all the tactics there's probably actual names for um, I have no idea what it would be. Yeah, it's like they put out like a fake story hoping that independent commentators pick up on it and roll with it and then they use it as evidence like haha ha, and they take it too far and they're like oh that means we're completely right and it's like no that's not what that means at all. It means that they got it wrong. This is the thing. If an independent commentator gets it wrong the key issue is whether or not they acknowledge it. If they acknowledge it and they say oh this was fake my bad no problem. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Um, but the media never does that. I've never seen the media acknowledge any of their lies. And they lie nonstop, nonstop. We're in the hundreds of lies that I've covered from the media. I've never once seen them say, oh, that wasn't true. And I've never seen... When have they ever done that? 
when have they ever done that they'll do this shit where like the, with with the vaccine like we just saw where they'll be like well it was they got new information again an argument jehovah's witnesses make they got new information and and uh, and then it turned out that the different variants bullshit bullshit the different variants no the vaccine never stopped uh, uh the spread not once I stand with monkeypox, says HB. Have you seen the video from inside the plane that lost part of its fuselage? Surprisingly serene, separately eradicate feminism the same to save humanity. Good night, everyone. Yeah, maybe we have to do that. Yeah, I saw that uh, on Twitter. Uh, I think we covered the uh, article earlier. Um, there were people speculating that it was some sort of like failure of the crew i don't know if that's the case but anytime i see airline problems it makes me think of like diversity hires and like that's an area you really don't want to have diversity hires fucking pilots like that's pretty serious you want good pilots um so i don't know this is going to be uh i hope we don't see planes fall out of the sky but i i expect it uh okay let's see one second where is entropy? Alrighty. Let's see here. This was, um, one second. Alrighty. One moment. Let's go back here. Where did we leave off? Then we did that. Horrible Gamer says The other day I went to Home Depot, and you know, when you come out, there are usually illegal Mexicans waiting to take construction jobs. Well, not this time. There were packs of the darkest black people I've ever seen. That's not good. That's not good. Now, I might be wrong in my assessment that these are North Africans. Um, I know that it's not only North Africans, right? But, like, it just seems like the North Africans are the rapiests and the most violent. I could be wrong about that, though. Um, yeah, you don't want that. It's, again, it's not all of them. I understand that. But the problem is it doesn't matter whether or not it's all of them if you're not vetting them. Okay, like if you're vetting them and you're only bringing in law-abiding ones, and I don't know, I mean that that whole that that's like a fucking 1985 meme anyway. That's over. That time is over. Okay, we're in a completely different time now. Um, but unvetted, how do you know? You don't know. You know, you know what I, I'll say because I'm always looking for clues around my area, and I I have no doubt that eventually my area is going to change, but I don't see that, uh, at least where I go. I, I've never seen that where I go. That's a good sign. I'm, I'm, now, are there areas around Philly and shit that you'll see that? Absolutely. But at least in in my pocket here, and this is the thing that I realized as I, I've now driven to Florida multiple times and in, and in like the, the rural areas of Florida, and, and I realized something. See, where I'm at is dense. And you can go like eight blocks and be in a totally different area and not a good one, right? But you can have like a couple blocks here or there that are totally normal and fine. The places I drive, and it's not just Florida, there's parts of South Carolina, and you know, there's plenty of states where this is. There's even parts of Pennsylvania that are very rural. And, and, and I was thinking as I was driving, because, uh, you know, like once, once I hit Florida, I hit Jacksonville, and that's kind of like a city. And then I go down whatever it is, 10, and then it starts just getting nice and wide open and chill, and there's not a ton of cars. Uh, and, and then I just realize how much of a distance you have to travel 
to get to places. And I compare it to like what happened here during the BLM riots when they they got close. They 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 got from Philly almost to out here. And the only reason they didn't get out here is because the police did their job and they blocked them from coming here. And I thought about in Florida, there's you could never do that. The terrain would eat the nogs alive. There's no way they could they could even do it. And that's not even getting to the people with the guns. That's not even approaching that yet. Just the terrain itself. There's nothing they could do. What are you going to do? Do you know how fucking long it would take you to travel to a place? I mean, there's no way. There's no fucking way. What is George Soros going to drive you in his van with the Jewish star on it? Like, with the, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little. Soros wasn't personally driving those trucks, but they did have uh, the Jewish star on them. Are you trying to help the internet make the memes? Zionists, what are you doing? Anyway, that's a whole other story. That was the caravan. And, and I'm just like, yeah, this it's just rural and lots of distance. It's just, it's so much better. And then, of course, the people down there are way better. It's not 100% white, but the black people in these areas, they're like normal. There's like no problem. Uh, yeah, I'm in this like restaurant that's like f- themed it's a law enforcement American themed restaurant, right? And there's, it's like American, it is fucking phenomenal. And yeah, and there's a black dude in there, but he's wearing like a blue lives or like a, a, a thin blue line shirt. It's like, it's total, it's just, it's a completely different world. It's way better. So hopefully my area holds for whatever the next year or so. I don't know when it's going to be. I'll know. That's the thing. I'll know. Moving's a bitch. That's the thing. Moving's a bitch. And I want to be—I want to do the nomad thing. I don't want to just be in Florida. I want to be in multiple areas, and I'm trying to find the best areas, um, or at least good areas. I, I think there are still a lot of good areas. I'm trying to find good areas, but uh, but yeah, it is—it's um, just so much better down there. It's just so much better um, out here. And I'm also looking for migrants. I'm looking for like you—you just brought up. I'm looking for people like because you know Biden. Well, here's the thing. There are, right now, as we speak, there are towns in America. One was just in Wisconsin. I think the quartering tweeted about this. He, he's in Wisconsin. There's a small town in Wisconsin with about a thousand people. This is a wonderful town, as far as I understand it. Law abiding. This is a phenomenal town. This is the type of town you want to be in. And Biden, in a town of a thousand people, Biden. Uh, or, or no, no, I think actually, I'm sorry. But I think Biden dropped a thousand migrants into a small town. And you'll never guess what happened to this town after Biden dropped in the migrants uh, without asking. He just puts them there. You know what what happens? Get You'll never guess. The crime rate goes up. Kidnappings go up. It goes totally crazy. It's very possible that where I'm at, where you're at, I mean, some of you are at places where there's probably a very low chance of this, or if it happened, that they would figure it out. They would probably escort them out. Um, but there's plenty of us that live in areas where we could just wake up tomorrow and there could be a thousand migrants a- 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 around. Um, and that would that's my emergency criteria for getting the fuck out of here, if that happens. Now, I, I doesn't mean it's going to happen. But if I were to wake up and all of a sudden, you know, it's like Mogadishu, I'm out. Because this shit, from what I understand, can happen pretty quickly. Um, So, yeah, that's my emergency criteria for getting the fuck out. I have a plan. 
So hopefully it doesn't have to happen. But that's not good if you're driving past your Home Depot and it's a Home Depot where you got the Mexicans. Because, by the way, I'll take the Mexicans over the North Africans. Uh, the North Africans seem like a whole different breed. You see this footage of these North Africans coming on these boats and they're being they're being videotaped and they're like, they're just, I don't know what the fuck they're saying, you know, the booga booga shit. But like you can tell, like they know, they know what they're going to do when they get into the country. It's really, I can't believe this is all happening. It's like the, it's like a movie. It's like a movie, man. Horrible Gamer also says, I figured they were illegal from Africa. I was far from them when I went to my car, started uh, placing an item into my trunk. Before I knew it, one of them placed their hand on my cart and grabbed an item. Like instinct, I grabbed him by his neck and I said, what the fuck are you doing? And he said, sorry, in broken English and left. Wow. Bro. That's wild. Yeah, it's a person that they have no... They, they just... That's a person from a whole nother world that is in a far inferior culture that doesn't even understand basic manners. That you don't just take shit out of someone's cart that they paid for. Man, that's not good. That's not good. Whew. All right, well, keep me posted. Hopefully, hopefully you don't see them again. Hopefully they go to uh, Sam Cedar's house. That's what I'd like to see. Two Supernova One says, honestly, every Pac-Man caller uh, should start like, fuck you, you're a piece of shit is a good opener. Also, I thank my lucky stars that I'm not David Pac-Man. Yeah, that was a good call. That was a good call. I like that guy. And then he was like, he was like, he was like, yeah, what did he say? He's like, you remind me of that dumb bitch, Anna Kasparian. That was fantastic. Cooper sees the truth says I think as a f flavor uh, excuse me I, I think as a favor this is Cooper sees the truth by the way he says I think as a favor to be bagels fagman anytime there's a restaurant where you can change the channel on the TV people should play the YouTube clip of Alex Jones saying I thank God every day that I'm not David Pakman and send bagels a picture or video of it <clears throat> yeah that I think that would be great Th that would be fantastic Cooper also says, Bagels, if natural immunity can't protect you from future strains of a virus, then how the fuck is a vaccine that takes months and months to create going to protect you against a strain when it was designed from a strain from 10 months ago? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. If, if, if Trump was in office, they would be making arguments like that because they were making arguments about, for example, how long it takes to make sure a vaccine is quote unquote safe. It's like a decade. And I remember CNN, when Trump wanted to do Operation Warp Speed, CNN, and I hate to say it, but correctly pointed out how it's completely unprecedented to go this fast with a vaccine, and it's not a good idea. And they were right. But then once they saw political capital that could have potentially be gained for Joe Biden, they completely reversed course. And now suddenly they're like, oh, no, this is great. This is totally fine. Forget what we all said. Crazy. What an insane time that was during COVID. It is, uh, and the crazy thing is, is, it probably is going to be nothing compared to what we see in 2024. So hopefully the good guys win. It's possible the good guys win. We'll have to see. And uh, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a thing. All right, very good. All right, that's um, that's the end of the stream. Next stream is uh, well, I'm going to stream tomorrow. I think I'm going to be streaming tomorrow and Thursday. So tomorrow, one of the things we'll cover is the Alex Jones, Glenn Greenwald, um, and uh, Darren Beatty debate versus the three rabid leftist homosexuals. 
um, and who sound exactly as you would expect. The Krasensteins really do sound exactly as you would expect. It's really, it's crazy. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we'll cover that. And obviously other stuff we'll do, regular news. It'll be a, a regular stream, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And also, if I don't stream Tuesday, then we will release the book, What a Liar Would Say. We'll release that on Thursday. And so, um, yeah, I think that's what we'll do. Excuse me. Thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats and Streamlabs. I appreciate your support. Uh, you can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork, or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com. Uh, or you can go to Twitter, which is at LiveHNN, wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive. I appreciate it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.